Bobby Kelly five, got us. Four, three, two, one. Can you talk about that on there or no? Yeah. Yeah? What are you going to say? He got us these knives made. We weren't bushwhacking. Oh. Uh, and he got this one guy was like, I want to make you guys knives. And me, Joe Listen, Robert Kelly, like custom knives. Bushwhacking knives, huh? Yeah. Like machete type knives? Yeah, to chop up some wood. Oh. If I could what were you guys shit. doing? Out camping, hiking, and then hiking like four hours to a campsite. And Bobby camping. Kelly loves fly fishing, right? Isn't he a big fly fisher? Yeah, yeah, he uh, maybe he likes doing shit that he his body shouldn't allow him to do. Mm. Um, yeah, it's you crazy. Know, I knew him when he was skinny. That's nuts. I see that video, that picture of him, that headshot, the comedy seller. I'm like, that's that guy, dude. He was like my size. He was like a normal sized person. I, it's nuts to me. It is nuts. Yeah, when I met him. We were working together, yeah. And he um, lived in um, a home with uh, special needs kids, and um, he would like take care of them. Oh, like, oh, that was, oh. He was uh, like a like a counselor or some some sort of a teacher or something like with special needs kids, and um, he was totally normal size. Wow! Like you would see him. Like, uh, let me compare him to somebody. He's a fat fuck now. I haven't seen him in a long time. I mean, I, let me just trash him for a minute about his being overweight. I'm sad, because I really like that guy. He's a sweetheart. Yeah, well, enjoy him while you can. <sighs> he has a kid, too, right? Yeah, he has a kid. Great yeah. kid. Well, why is he um, allowing himself to eat himself to death? Okay, well, I think a little bit. In the addict's mind, you don't really have it. You're not really right. an addict. You got It's like the replacement thing is real. Yeah. You gotta replace one with the other. What was his attic before? I think coke and and um, and booze. Oh, yeah, that's a thing, man. That's a yeah. real thing. And so now it's food. Every time he tries to get in shape, he does a month, and then like it just it falls off a day, and then can, just keeps falling off. Mm -hmm. He's fatter than ever now. Yeah, I saw a photo from that cruise that Bert went on with him. I was like, oh god. Yeah, they couldn't let him go anywhere but the middle of the boat, otherwise it would like tip. They said. That's crazy. Sharks and shit were yeah. circling. <laughs> yeah, they're like, come to this side, come to this side, Bobby. We have a chance to eat all those. <laughs> well, you can't be on a boat with those fucking buffets, too, man. Those buffets are brutal. I gained twelve pounds on a week on the Joker's cruise last year. I believe it. Oh yeah, buffets are rough, man. Uh, we uh, in last time I was in Vegas, I ate that at the buffet. And I mean, they're great. Just I ate crepes, all kinds of shit I should never eat. I'll go for thirds. Sure. Yeah, right why there. not? A small, a small portion. Fried chicken and waffles. And it's like your friends go, your friends go, uh, do you want to eat? I'm like, nah, I just ate like four hours ago. Like, well, come sit with us. You're like, okay. okay. And you're like, I can saw some fries. I'll go get us some cupcakes. <laughs> some cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how rich you get, yeah. it's, the fr it's free. You free. just take whatever. Yeah. You don't have to open your wallet. It's such an easy process. But it's right there. I could just grab it. Dude, the best is these fucking Filipino and like these immigrant type like employees that are like, are you guys done with this? And they're like, oh yeah, I'm done. They're like, are you kidding me? This could feed my whole village, which you're throwing away. I know. Yeah, it's so like they have to like keep their smile on their face. When you find out the real statistics of like how much people make in certain countries, you know, like I was reading something about how much people like a, the average salary of a person who lives in Thailand. Yeah, it's like a thousand dollars a month. Dude, I was on a it's bus. Amazing. I was on a bus from in Indonesia to East Timor, to crossing the land border, and some guy was talking about how much people make, and I told him, he's like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Yeah, but cost of living is way higher." He's like, oh, "That's great." I showed him a fifty dollar bill. He was like, lost his mind. Wow. Like, how many? How many? Uh, chat. I forgot how much, what their currency is. How many is this worth? And I told him, he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm wrong too. About a thousand dollars a month. I think they make well, less high. than a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it might be like one quarter of that. A lot of them also don't use currency that much. They're like, oh, yeah? we farm, we trade with our neighbor mm. for milk. 
Um, you know what I mean? Like we don't need currency. Dude, we took these lessons on how to how to grow, how to like uh, take rice, plant it, and like they they take you through the whole steps in Thailand. They they give you the outfits and oh, everything neat. that all the the people that farm rice wear. But you realize like before industrialized agriculture, what a process it was to actually get rice. Like, fuck that. It is a giant process. Yeah. It's crazy how much work is involved. Yeah, you see them up to their fucking waist in water. Yeah. I, I saw a dead dog in a rice paddy once face down. Ooh. And we're like, oh, that's just, Ooh. they're still serving that rice. I'm sure. Yeah, they're not going to waste that rice. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they wash it off at all? I don't know. Like, Maybe. But they're yeah. like, what are, you're going to put dead dog on it anyway. Yeah. Like, oh, because it's uncooked. It's so wrong. Well, the thing about the rice is, like, I thought that at least when you get the rice, you'd just get the rice off the plant, and then you could boil it and eat it. No. No? It's like a husk, and you got to beat it down and break it open, and then the actual rice is underneath it. Oh, I'm just finding this about weed. I thought you just pick weed off a plant <laughs> and smoke it. And they're like, no, you got to cure it and dry it. I'm like, cure it? What? What? You know what's the worst? Female weed is what you want, right? Oh, right. But male and female weed get together... And they, if the male weed and the female weed get together, it ruins the weed. Yeah, like kind of like kind of like real life. <laughs> kind of like real life. Yeah, yeah. men ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, that that plants like I don't know jack shit about horticulture or agriculture, but they they breed. Like there's yeah. a male and a female version of these plants. I was like, what? Like some guy who was a grower was trying to explain it to me, like how they isolate the female plants. Like, wait a minute, what? Pete knows female. a lot about it. Of course he does. But like, yeah, yeah. it's like, none of this makes plants. sense. Female, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, like, plant a girl? I'm talking about plants. You're wrong. Yeah, no, they're plants. They don't have vaginas, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you idiot, you dumb idiot. <laughs> hey, guys, this thing I've never researched, I know way more Ever. about than this guy who lives his I've life in it. I looked into it. I, 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 was, I was stunned. I was like, there's a male version, a female version of a fucking plant? <laughs> what? Yeah. Dude, I, the more I've uh, researched plants, because uh, I, I had on this guy who's fascinating, man. You should really, if you can get him on your podcast, he, he that's the guy who, Paul the, Stamets. Yeah, yeah. I heard him on NPR. Oh, you should have him on. Yeah. I, I'll hook you guys up. Okay. You would love it. Especially yeah. when he finds out that you invented uh, Shroomfest. Shroom <laughs> you know, he would love you. Yeah. But um, when he was explaining to me the system through which plants exchange nutrients and information with fungi and that fungi mm -hmm. yeah fungi actually supply these plants with certain nutrients and they they there's like an information network of these mycelium that's underneath the ground weird that's how it is i've heard about this how like what trees will do is communicate with each other. Where yeah. one tree's dying, they'll send nutrients to the other. Mm -hmm. I guess. I guess Through fungi is the, is the context yeah. or oh, whatever. Oh, dude, it's fucking bananas. Wow. Yeah, and it, all underneath the ground. I mean, underneath the ground is this whole almost like information exchanging network of fungi. Wow, and like this one needs help. Yeah, man. They they know when others need more resources. They have like a socialist network of allocation of resources. Strange. It's fucking crazy. And and they communicate with each other when they're being eaten. That's what do you mean? Please help me. They know. They know that other ones are being eaten, and they'll change their flavor profile. They're actually they actually make their their leaves more bitter to avoid predation. Because like someone's here eating them, fucking put up your defenses. It's so crazy wow. that you can have the sound of caterpillars chewing leaves. You could play it like on a recording next to a plant, and that plant will change its p flavor profile. Wow, 
Yeah, they become so disgusting that giraffes won't eat them and they'll starve to death. Because it's gross. Because it's, like, it's disgusting. It's like when they're trying to get kids not to eat their nails, they like paint them with that stuff that tastes gross. Oh, did they do that? Yeah. Stupid kids eating yeah. their nails. Stupid fucking kids. Ever I seen a kid eat their boogers and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You eat your boogers? For all the time, bro. Still? What are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with oh, them? Oh, you fucking throw them away. <laughs> throw them away. It's a What's trash wrong? receptacle for boogers. Oh, God. You put them in a tissue and you be gone with them. You don't eat your boogers, you savage. And you'll run out of boogers. Well, okay. You do what you got to do. I have one of these JRE shirts. Oh, I have this one actually in my house. Oh, nice. I got one of your uh, crazy mushroom shirts. Which tour was that from? Do Mushrooms tour. Uh, I think it was two specials ago, not the last one. There was one. that one, and then there was the other one with you with your tongue open with a, with a uh, Oh, that's a, that's a 2012. That's oh, a 2012, 2012 shirt. shirt. Yeah, that's the coolest shirt. I might now I like bring those shirt. back since I fucked up and didn't do a shirt this year. You should bring that back just yeah. to sell it. You should just sell it, period. It's a cool one. Yeah. I like the idea of going like, because um, Iron Maiden had that with like a shirt per year. Yeah, you you can show it off at the next Iron Maiden concert, but that means you it. had to be at that concert, otherwise you're is. fucked. That's the one. That's my favorite one. Yeah, I got that one. And the hot black chick on top. Ted Park did that. That's the guy that did the Korean Zombie shirt. Oh really? Yeah. Damn, he's good. He is good. <laughs> That's a great fucking shirt, man. Yeah. And your eyes look sufficiently whacked out. Yeah. People are like, why is Mark Maron in his shirt? Ah, that's <laughs> not Mark Maron. Or uh, the guy from Grateful Dead. Imagine if Mark Maron went the other way. Super like, drugged out. Yeah. <laughs> He gave up on sobriety and just went all mushrooms. Just totally the other way. As sobriety going, Mark? Oh, good you should ask. <laughs> I bailed. Put this on After your tongue and then let's years, talk. I yeah. realized, what the fuck am I doing avoiding all the best parts of life? <laughs> yeah, that's that's teaching me. This sober October thing is teaching me a lot. Dude, my bartender last night I went to O'Neill's wedding, Ryan O'Neill's wedding. And I was like, do you have any? It's at a brewery. Right. And uh, I was like, do you have any non-alcoholic beer? Like I was saying, like it helps us social because socially it's like, yeah. fuck, everyone's drinking, you know? Um, and he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, sober October? And I'm like, yeah. But he, he didn't know. It. A lot of people know this contest, yeah. but he was just like, I'm doing it too. Did you know about it before last year? No, because no, we were going to do it earlier or later, yeah. but then Bert had an Australia thing. I'm like, there's no way you're doing it in Australia. You right. can't be sober in Australia, and you can't be sober for the Joker's Cruise. Right. And that was November, I think first week of November or something. And so we like just settled on October. So we just stumbled upon it. Mm -hmm. And other people have been doing it for years, apparently. Uh huh. How long has Sober October been going on for? A long time? Yeah. yeah. Jamie says a long time off mic because he doesn't realize we're podcasting. For sure, a while. <laughs> oh, who's that? Oh, what's well, that sound that in the God? distance? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's um, apparently been going yeah, on for a long time. This guy we was just doing it? Completely lucked into it. Dude, somebody, I was at the Jets game. Somebody sent me a beer, ah! and I was like, "What?" And then I turned, and there's like, I was like, oh, "I can't." And the guy's like, "I was trying to catch you." <laughs> Some dude from the stands. Diaz thinks Bird's drinking. He does. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Really? He goes, "I think Bird's drinking." He goes, "I saw him the other day. He looked guilty." <laughs> <laughs> he ducked his head down, wasn't looking at me. I think he's drinking Joe Rogan. Oh, I've wanted to so bad. I actually oh, needed man. a break this time. I went to sushi. I told you I went to sushi. And when was I was like, oh, yeah, get a nice cold Asahi. Asahi. Mm -hmm. That would be fuck. It's October. God damn it. It's like it makes you realize now it's not just casually drinking that there's moments where booze really does go well with an experience. Oh, yeah. Steak and a nice glass of red wine. Oh, yes. Yeah. November 5th, son. We're going off. November 5th, we're going November off. November 5th. That's when we're going to do the recap podcast. We're all going off. So Ari and I have been battling for first place recently until today when Tom Segura snuck in to second place. 
with his 400 plus uh, points today. That really puts a pressure on me. It really has hurt me to not. I finally joined a gym because of this. I have to. Blink. It's a small gym, but it's like right near my. It's seven minute walk from my apartment. So I can pass on the way home from the cellar. I can get a workout in right then if I want. That's good. Yeah. It's 24 hours? 24 hours weekdays. Mm. New York has a crazy fucking life. There's a crazy life in New York. Everything's 24. There's so many 24-hour things. Restaurants, pool halls. Yeah. I passed by that place we went a bunch of times. Which place? All the time, actually. Amsterdam? Amsterdam. Yeah, that place is always there. That place is only up until 2. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's still pretty late. There's a few real sketchy joints that are 24 hours. But if you go in there, you'll get a bunch of creeps that want to gamble with you, and they look like they're cracked out. Oh, fellas, out. I'm good. I'm just trying to hit some balls. Yeah. I'm trying to take my mind off things. Yeah. They're cracked out and trying to hustle. There's very little of that anymore, though. It's New kind of, York is cleaned up for the worse or the better. I mean hustling. Pool hustling. It's just kind of died. Really? It's, yeah. So it's like pools dead. They have lot, like leagues now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like... Well, I mean, that's good. I'm just happy if people play. It's a fun thing to play, but it's dead in terms of, like, the way it used to be in Manhattan, where there was just gambling everywhere. You know, at the turn of the century, there was a 1,000 pool halls in New York City. What? Yeah, 1900s. The early 1900s. Did you ever see the, the, the pool tables, like, outside in Thailand when you were there? No, I didn't, but I hear in the Philippines. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's just like, there'll be some, like, an awning or something. Oh, or I just did see a, Like, one. a setup, kind of like a, people who go tailgating, those kind of tents, and yeah. they'll be under that, and you can just pull over and be like, play, and they'll be like, white guy, for sure, let's play. <laughs> no gambling, just, like, having a fun time. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw one in Chiang Mai in that downtown marketplace area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw one. How fun was that fucking Thai kickboxing? Pretty fun. Thai fight. It's so cool. Yeah. And they played the, the, the instrument, right? Dude, how fucking fun is that? Yeah, it's pretty wild. I've been to those out here where they play it, but Americans get real bored with the Y crew, the dance they do. Uh-huh. Yeah, before. they do a dance for their, for their own dojo. Yeah. Well, they do. Everybody does it. And there's a real logic behind it. The logic is, is it? that you warm up and that you, re- you relax yourself. Okay. I can see you're, that. Because you're kind of performing in front of all these Going people. Going through these dance moves yeah. and like down. And also people are staring at you, so it kind of wears off your nerves. Yeah. There's, a re- there's a reality to that. It's, it's actually really wise, wow. you know, and you, you limber up your body, too. Like, a lot of the stuff they're doing is, you know, they're getting down on one knee like a lunge, and they're bouncing a little bit, and so they're limbering up their body, and then on top of that, they're actually doing this dance in front of all these people, and it calms the nerves a little bit. Wow. Yeah, John Fitch would always talk about that, about, like, the idea of people watching you is actually mm-hmm. a big thing, and the UFC is, like, a bigger people watching you than oh, yeah. anywhere else. It's a tougher... People watching you is fucking hard. I mean, people watching you tr- and you shoot a free throw, you know? Go ahead, dude. Go ahead, dude. A bunch of people watch you. Oh, fuck. Here I go. Here I go. That's real. Even <laughs> if it's just like five of your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Pressure. Pressure's <laughs> fucking <laughs> real, man. I mean, that's what everybody's most terrified about what we do. Public speaking. Mm-hmm. I had somebody that we were giving a talk on Shakespeare or something. It was a group project. We each had to write one paragraph. We wrote three paragraphs. Each one of us read one. So I think I read mine, just reading it off a of paper. I was paying attention. This next lady's like, and then later Shakespeare had the um, time with his wife, and I was just looking at her like, "What the fuck?" And the teacher's like, "Okay, okay, okay, it's all right. Let's uh, let's uh, somebody else read." And I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's crazy. It's way before I was a stand-up, but like, yeah, doesn't make any sense." I used to panic when I would talk to bank tellers. What? Yeah, I used to go to a bank teller. I get super nervous right before I'd have to talk to a bank teller. Why? I don't know. Yeah, there's no reason for it. Well, when I was a kid, I, f- I really felt like a loser. 
I really did. I, I had like serious low self-esteem issues up until like high school year, up until martial arts. And then once I started doing martial arts and getting really good at it and then teaching, it kind of calmed me down. Experience. Yeah. And then it, it kind of like was a, a, believe it or not, almost like a natural path to stand up. But I remember before that uh, being very awkward talking to people, like very nervous talking to people I didn't know. You know, I just didn't, didn't feel I get that. like. I still yeah. get that where I'm like, I don't know how to talk. I just, yeah. you're a stranger. I don't know how to talk to you. Yeah, I know. Right. Especially if it's an odd thing and, you know. It's, it's worse when they know you too and they ask you questions that are so broad. What's Joey Diaz like? Oh like, boy. What's he like? Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. Hey man, I gotta ask you a question. Uh, what should I do for a living? Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, Trying to get my shit together. Oh, okay. Fire, fire truck operator. Yeah. Um. You should make ladders. Yeah. Like what? Wow. I don't know anything about you. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you used to be a carpenter, but I don't want to do it anymore. Okay. I'm thinking um, of doing stand-up. Should I do it? Like definitely. I don't know. Go for it. Whatever you want. I say go for it. Sure. If you, I guess. If you want to do it, do it. Yeah, like, but the, everything is like that. But if it doesn't work out, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Like, I'm yeah. a, no, I'm not being responsible for hey, this. bro, you told me to become a fighter. Now I'm all fucked up. <laughs> you told me to do jiu-jitsu. I got a broken arm now, bro. Who's going to fix this? Huh? Huh? You, bro. That's the answer. You, motherfucker. Fix that shit. <laughs> Go get it fixed. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine who, uh, I don't want to name his name because he's got a pretty significant injury. And uh, we are talking about uh, his injury. Yeah. And it's fucking bad, man. You know, he needs surgery, and he's, he, the, his bone is changing shape because of arthritis that's building up in his joint. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And he's a young guy. And it just makes you realize, like, the fucking punishment these guys are putting on their body and that's, like, totally below the surface. Like, the people don't know. It's behind the curtain. Yeah. No one knows about it. And they've got, like, these devastating injuries that they're fighting off and then competing against world-class fighters. With injuries. With these torn ligaments and well, It's like what you're talking joints. about with uh, Tony Ferguson. You're like, he doesn't mm -hmm. look comfortable on that leg. No. And he's like, yeah, he wasn't. You know what? He went six months from catastrophic knee injury where the bone literally separated from the ligament. The ligament tore off the bone. Oh. Did you ever see the, the, the picture of his no. surgery? Oh, Jamie, pull Jamie, that shit up. pull that up. Pull that shit up, Jamie. It's a crazy surgery because it's, I'm not exaggerating, it might be a 12-inch scar. It's enormous. Wow. It's like that big, and it's all jagged and shit, and it's just, he ripped it apart. They had to open him How up like a trout. How did he fight again in 12 months? Not even. Six months. Six months, I mean, yeah. Insane. I don't understand how that, that guy doesn't clearly get the title shot. He does. He does. We should talk about that. Look at that. Wow. That's crazy. And the thing is, that was just from a trip. He just tripped. Wow. Fucking bananas, man. Ew. Yeah. What's the second image, Jamie? It's a different angle. Oh, the other Top side. Yeah. Okay. Way worse angle. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the extent of that injury, the, the fact that he came back in six months. And what's really interesting is he came back in six months. He didn't spar, apparently. Really? I need to talk to him about this, and I'm going to have him on with Eddie. Um, he didn't spar. He just prepared. Is he trained with Eddie? Yeah, he's one of Eddie's black belts. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Damn. I believe he's a black belt. He should be. I think he is. I'm I pretty think he's sure good he's at fighting. I'm pretty sure Eddie gave him his black belt after he submitted Kevin yeah, Lee. He did, yeah. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's 10th Planet guy. Wow, that's pretty cool. It's pr pretty badass. He's got a nasty Darce choke. Probably yeah, he should clearly business. get the title shot. There's, it doesn't make sense to me. Even that when he came back, 
He shouldn't have even gotten stripped mm-hmm. in hindsight. I, I agree 100%. And then it's like you have Khabib, who's the title holder, fair and square, I guess. But like you never beat the champion. Well, he's more of a legit title holder, in my opinion, than Khabib yeah. was before Connor. Because Khabib he beat didn't... Al Iaquinta, who wasn't even supposed to be fighting for the title. Whereas Kevin Lee is a way more like... Who did Ferguson get it from? Well, Ferguson fought Kevin Lee right. for the interim title. Oh, because but, Connor left it. But Kevin Lee prepared... For Tony Ferguson, they met, they fought for the interim title, and Kevin Lee is like a top contender. Right. Whereas Ally, Ally Quinta, Quinta is like, he's a fucking tough guy, obviously. He went five rounds with Khabib. Connor couldn't go five rounds with Khabib. And he, you know, he put up resistance. It was, it was a good but fight. But he, he would never bring him a title shot. No. Maybe he in the future. He was never in that discussion. Well, he's fighting Kevin Lee. If he beats Kevin Lee, he, that's the next fight. Then maybe for he'll get Ally the rematch. Quinta. Look, Ally Quinta is fucking legit. He's very legit. He's underrated, like really underrated, in my opinion. Yeah. I think his, the way he got up from Khabib taking him down, nobody's been able to do that. He got up like pretty consistently, took very little damage on the ground. Wasn't, wasn't, Khabib was never able to pound him out the way he pounded out Connor. If you go back and watch Al Iaquinta versus Khabib and Connor versus Khabib, you realize how fucking good Al Iaquinta is. Not also, just tough. Connor does nothing on the ground. Well, he didn't in that fight. He's really, that's, his, that's when Mendez. Took him down on two weeks' notice, mm-hmm. and it was like if he didn't gas, Mendez would have beat him. It's true. It's like he Maybe. can't fight on the ground. Well, um, he did very well on the ground against Max Holloway, which was uh, early in Max's career. Max was only like twenty-one at the time. Yeah, but uh, I agree with you. That's definitely his weakest part of his game, and the strongest part of Khabib's game. My point was just that. Al Iaquinta did not get beat up on the ground like that, did not True. get close to being stopped, went full five rounds, and Khabib clearly won the fight. But Al Iaquinta provided resistance and provided more of a struggle than Connor did. I honestly think some of the reason that's holding Al Iaquinta back from the fans, being th- from them thinking of him as like a top, is his name. It's just not. <laughs> he has a name of someone who'd be like in the early round of Mike Tyson's punch out. You say that, but if he started starching world champions, nobody would give a fuck about his name. Like True. If he went out there and destroyed Khabib and fucking head kicked him into another dimension. True. Good point. Good point. Nobody would give a yeah, fuck. Yeah, when they talk about like how hot like celebrities are, and like you wouldn't say that if he wasn't in nine movies. Mm, like who? I don't know. Like Ryan Reynolds? He's pretty hot. Yeah, things like that. Really? Yeah. The Moon guy? He's in the Moon movie? Right? Or maybe like That's Dane, right. even like Dane, people are like he's good looking. Like, he's good. Dane no. Cook? Yeah, but like even back then it was like, but it's like, no, he's, he's fine. He's for a comedian. He's fine, but for a comedian. <clears throat> yeah. But for super successful, so you're like, oh, this guy's hot. It's like, not really. Not like. Uh, 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 um, um, Jeremy Renner. I remember him on commercial days. Oh, yeah, and it was he's like not that hot. Good looking guy, but now people are like, he's so gorgeous. And it's well, like, that success is on that. That's true, yeah. For gals. Isn't yeah. that funny that it doesn't work like that with girls at all? Uh uh-uh. uh. At all. As a matter of fact, it makes him like a little gross. What if they're if they're hot, if they're more successful? Yeah, like nah. super successful and not that good looking. Like ew. it works the opposite <laughs> if they're gross looking and then they get successful. Like Joan Jett. Like I'll fuck Joan Jett now. Oh, Joan Jett's hot, man. Yeah, Joan Jett's always been hot. But in a, in a like, PJ Harvey, those these women without their fame are like, get away from me. Really? We're talking. Joan Jett. Yeah, man. I love rock and roll. Yeah. Put another dime in the jukebox, baby. Yeah, but really? get out of here. Go put a dime in the jukebox. You're disgusting. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I disagree strongly. I'm saying. It's only because of her fame. No, She's great. I always thought she was hot. I know you did. But You're when affected. I was in high school. Yeah. Well, she was hot when I was in high school. Like, Joan Jett's probably 155 years old. Yeah, she's playing like Dewey Beach next week. <laughs> <laughs> she's at the, the Canyon Club. What does she look like now? <clears throat> she looks like, uh, okay. Well, that's a little that's older. That's an issue. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's uh, Sharon Osbourne. 
Yeah. I think you got the wrong photo. No, that's her. I know, I'm joking. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> At first I thought you said you look like her. And then I'm like, no, 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 that is her. Yeah, well, you know, fucking Father Time fucks us all in the God ass. God damn it, Father Time. Yeah. Anyway, the reason I want to come on here. Talk MMA. Yeah, it's because I've had this unique experience that a lot of people, like I mention it sometimes, and they're like, oh, you've been to a UFC? I'm like, dude, I've been to like 50 of them. And they're like, how? And it was just this cool thing where I guess in your contract early on, you got this deal, you get a free companion flight and a free companion hotel. And then you started inviting us, and then we started doing comedy shows on Friday night after the weigh-ins, and then it became like a thing. Yeah. And so we these weekends, we do one big show and then go to the weigh-ins and have, and have uh, the actual UFC the next day. It was just this fun weekend full of like doing something, stand up, and also having fun. Well, how about the classic example of you and Duncan kissing mm -hmm. when C.B. Dalloway <laughs> sure, was that's fighting? Sure, that's a good way to start. Why it, not? It was C.B. Dalloway, right? It Wasn't... was boring. It was a fucking wrestling fight. <laughs> it was boring. <laughs> and, so... and you guys waited until the camera came out. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, it was on the ground. And then he turned. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop that. Look at Frosty. Look at Frosty. Uh, I wish I'd held uh, it longer. Oh, it's Nate Marquardt. That's who it Nate, is. Yeah. Nate Marquardt was fighting somebody. Um, uh, yeah, we were given Illuminati <laughs> signs. Duncan doesn't sit up there normally. <laughs> Frosty was always really cool, letting us sit up there and make us yeah. feel welcome. You know, Frosty's a great guy. Yeah, great guy. Love him. And uh, and then Duncan was like, "Let's give Illuminati signs because he's up there. He, he 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 doesn't really care about the sport." So he's just looking at the monitors, seeing the, seeing the fucking technique of all of it, of what goes into like the fucking filming of it. <laughs> it's like you fucking. Yeah, we, we gave a, jo a joint Illuminati a triangle. A joint Illuminati triangle. That's so right ridiculous. behind Joe Silva. fucking. <laughs> 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 Uh, and people, the really, really dumb people, they think you guys are really in the Illuminati. Well, Duck has that. People have been saying, like, you're oh, in the Illuminati. I know oh, you are. Dude. You and Rogan. I, I, I get people all the time saying I'm in the CIA. That's great. That's great. What, imagine, a, what a terrible operative you are if they uncovered it. Could you imagine if that was the secret to my career? Like, I, I, all the other stuff was just so I could just portray a normal person yeah. all the <laughs> drug use history of martial arts getting in with the ufc becoming the commentator it's like, so public though to be a cia stand-up just to be it's like so i can go deep deep undercover and nobody would buy it yeah it's like wouldn't you just be better to be a garbage man like nah, this is no one would suspect this there's people that just want to believe the dumbest fucking conspiracies period like, yeah the dumbest conspiracies like there was some fucking guy one, one of those infowars guy that was promoting something recently that Hillary was 50% reptilian. 50%? I've yeah. heard 30%, I can believe, but 50? 50 is a lot. Full somewhere. half? Yeah, see if you can find that. Someone said she has 50% reptilian blood. Well, you know, that was a David Icke thing for the longest time. The reptilians. Yeah, remember he was saying, he won't talk about that now, apparently. He Why? gets angry when people bring up reptilians because it's embarrassing. Because he was like, I shouldn't have believed that. Yeah, but it's a fucking foolhardy. Well, and then he became way more mainstream. And then the internet came along. And the and people like, were like, hey, gone you forever. remember that fucking reptilian thing? That's the craziest shit of he all time. He needs to have an answer for that. Yeah. Either, oh yeah, I was just making that up for, for whatever when I was back in the early days of internet. Or, or I believed it. Right, or like, yeah. I believed it, now I realize how crazy that was. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. But you now, like, don't bring it up. Yeah. There's, I mean, look, there's fucking, there's real conspiracy. You know that um, that story about that journalist that was killed by the Saudis this week? Uh-huh. That's real. That he was killed. Yeah, they, they finally admitted that they killed him. The Saudis did? Yeah, they said that they killed him in a fight. Which is, if you see the guy, you're like, what fight? this guy's not fighting anyone. Yeah. Like, 
and some of the the crown prince's top people top security people have been released apparently probably gave him a fucking hundred million dollars and said go chill on a beach somewhere wow somebody said one of them too was like died in a car accident this week quote unquote they kill a lot of journalists man no, not a journalist. Yeah, I mean, one of his Infowars cr- Real News Twitter banned after MSM outcry over Hillary satire. So yeah. it was a satire piece? Yeah, I just found the piece, and I was like, there's no way that this is real. They thought it was satire? I, I don't know who did. But Can I just was- tell you about... About Hillary Clinton releases DNA <laughs> test proving she's only half lizard person. <laughs> only half lizard. Like she's doing, she released it to, to, to clear her name. Did you know Elizabeth Warren released that thing that says that she's got actual Native American blood, but it's literally like one one hundred one thousand twenty fourth fucking million trillionth. Wow. <laughs> she has like the smallest amount. Of... Did you see what Ben Shapiro tweeted about that? What did he say? Oh fuck, Jamie, yeah, try to find like it. The, your great 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 grandfather. Yeah, but like and then it was something else, but. I forget what it was. We'll see if we could find it. Yeah. But I think I'm 1.6% African. I did one of those DNA tests. Are you really? Yeah. And I'm done. See you later. <laughs> I have standards. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I think I'm at least 10 times more African than, than, her? She, than is she is Native Indian. American. Wow. Um, that's how ridiculous it is. I, I might be wrong with these numbers. Because Jamie and I were trying to work it out, and we were both stupid as fuck. Why did she release that as, like, C, instead of going, like, oh, I guess I'm because not? Because she was lying. And she was also lied to. Probably her family was like, well, you know, we have Native in us. I'm like, oh, yes. cool. But that does happen. Yeah. Like, people do check. Like, Jamie. Jamie thought he had a gang gang of Native American in him. He does check. Supposedly do. It's hard to prove is from what I'm trying to find out. Right. I can't wait to, to do out. one of those tests. I, I just have it to see if I'm over 97% Jewish or uh, like <laughs> under 97% Jewish. Mine is almost exactly what I thought. It's mostly Italian. It's some other European like Irish and English. You've got to be part monkey. Yeah, there's some there's some Neanderthal. I found Neanderthal really? in there. Yeah. You ever see the South 57% Park? 57% more than the average person. You see the South Park on that? No. Where he was trying to prove that he was a minority so he could claim victimhood. And, uh, in order to take the test, they swabbed your mouth. So first he found a Native American and just started making out with him and then swabbed. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, uh, it came up kind of weird. You're like 98% Native American, so we can need a blood test. He goes, oh, fuck. So it proved he wasn't any minority, except he was like 2% Neanderthal. And he goes, uh, you wipe my people out. You raped my people. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Stan Marsh is a great character. Uh, yeah, so anyway, the Duncan then, so we're doing that. We, we keep trying to get on the film. Illuminati science. Yeah, he can see the monitor, you know, right. the monitor on your table. Yeah. And so he goes, you know, next time we have to kiss. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> because as a person, I'm like, I don't want to do that. But as a comic, I'm like, oh, I have no choice. Yeah, Obviously, that's to. the right move. You have to. So it's like, God damn it. So I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm watching this fight. Tell me when it's time. And then... A minute later, he goes now. And so, <laughs> and so he Did just you guys turned. touch tongues. Uh, I mean, yeah, we wrapped it around a little. Got to enjoy it. No, I don't. Intense. I don't think we touched tongues. Maybe we did. I think he might have. He might have, actually. I think it was a real kiss. <laughs> and then Frosty's just watching the monitor. He's not even looking at us. He's like, I wish I had held it a little longer. I, didn't think so. I thought it was over. <laughs> yeah, that's intense. You grabbed his face, too. Like, you really loved him. Oh, yeah, I did. Huh? And he put his hand on your shoulder in sort of like a submissive stance. <laughs> and look at Joe Silva. Hmm, this fight is interesting. <laughs> Joe Silva's got his hands crossed, totally oblivious to the homosexual activity going on behind him. This is back when the fighters could actually make a living in, uh, in uh, mm. sponsorship. Oh, yeah. Look at his shorts. Covered yeah. in sponsors. Yeah. 
Yeah, Home that Depot. is that's a big uh, selling point for Bellator for a lot of fighters. Big. Come here and actually make some cash. Well, y- there's a lot more money to be made if you can get sponsors. I mean, Shaw was making more than $150,000 a fight just On his from shorts. sponsors. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and that flag behind you afterwards. The flag behind you, the shorts. They quickly rushed to put the t-shirt on. Yeah, and t-shirts around the week of the fight. Like, you know, people would pay you to wear it for all your training footage. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember when the sponsor, I remember when they did away with it, the fighters going, hey, come to fucking... You know, whatever nightclub, come to Shush. Right, right. Uh, we're going to be partying. I don't want dumb fucking nightclubs they have in Vegas. Yeah, my after parties at Shush. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to open up a Shush now. Uh, and then they're like, hey, guys, you can't do that anymore. It's gross. I think that came out of the time, by the way. I remember one of the earlier ones in Sacramento. I See, I got to see, luckily, not from when you were in the UFC, but from this middle range to where it is now, of like all the fighters would stay at the same hotel mm-hmm. and like, We'd have the after party there. Yeah. We'd all hang out. Yeah. Four or five fans would show up who knew about it. But generally, it was just a way you can drink with Keith Jardine and all these guys. Those are and great like, times. Great times. Yeah. I remember you eventually had to make the decision, like, I can't be here anymore. It's become overrun with fans. But for a while, it was awesome. Yeah. The you ring know, car girls would hang. Cha- two things changed. One, cell phones with cameras. Pictures all the time. That yeah. changed. Because it used to be people just wanted to say hi. Then it was everyone had a phone out and they all wanted to take a photo and they would wait for you in the elevator bank. So you would get out Come of the out. elevator and there would be 50 people there. And you couldn't go anywhere. You were always so late to the event. You're like, I can't. I have to go. Yeah, I should have left mad. 20 minutes they ago. What about the fans? I'm like, I'm doing my job. Yeah, I'm, go I'm do my job. about to do it for a million fans. So yeah. you four don't really matter as I'm much. I'm running to the fucking weigh-ins. These guys are starving to death right now. And I got to get there. I can't be late for the weigh-ins. It's televised no people would get so angry if you didn't take their photo but it was such good times i remember in sacramento there was a hotel bar that yeah. we were all at and it was like this is fucking great. awesome yeah. hanging out casually you happen to get into conversations with fighters yep yeah trainers delagrati people like that you just talk yeah it completely changed it completely changed as a well 2005 is really when it changed because that's when the ultimate fighter came on and when the ultimate fighter took off and Mm -hmm. the sport became it just became much bigger like almost within Mm. a year it was like significantly bigger and then it kept going and then 2000 like what was the iphone 2007 six ish -ish, that's when shit really changed with the cameras on the phones man from then to eight nine and then i was like i can't do this anymore i have to because we would do shows remember you were like i gotta go to dana's hotel well, there was no way. It was yeah. just too crazy. It's like you would get stalked coming into the hotel. You get stalked leaving the hotel. People would find your door and knock on your door. But it wasn't like that. And no. it was so fun. It was so fun. Um, yeah, we were there in the fucking salad days. I remember you doing the weigh-ins once in, I believe, Fort Lauderdale. And this, we, we were walking to there with the tap-out guys. Yeah. Uh, I remember Scrape telling me, Scrape and Mass saying, like, we found it. This is before the iPhone, actually, because he was like, we found out a way to crank text people. Um, what you do is you put in 10 different contacts of a text, mm-hmm. all the same number, and then you say, hey, how you doing? And then they would just get 10 individual texts. That's <laughs> how <laughs> so you just keep doing that. Oh, that's so um, fucking stupid. Yeah, they would take pictures of people, but I remember you doing the yeah. weigh-ins and going, and it was back then it was only the camp showed up. Yeah, it was small. Yeah. It was just in a, in a, in a, like a <laughs> hall, you know, not a hallway, but like a, yeah. like a, like a banquet hall. Mm-hmm. And you go, Aria, I almost brought you up. 
I was like, oh, I wish you would have, dude. That's right. I was going to bring you yeah. on stage. I was like, oh, I would have for sure gotten Ari naked. Shafir. And nobody would have stopped that. No. They would have been like, ha, ha, ha. I would have gone up there, weighed in. Like, <laughs> well, a lot of the stuff, like, imagine if the UFC was going to hire me today. Yeah. And then they, 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 like, watch one episode of the podcast of us getting fucked up. We need you to clean it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, William Morris wouldn't allow that as a hire. WME, like, with, yeah, I mean, they'd be like, you got to be fucking kidding me. There's no way. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Let's get let's get Jeff Probst. Yes, to get do that it. Guy. Yeah. Get that guy. He knows a lot about MMA. Does he really? No. No. Okay. <laughs> and that's not Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, but it was such fucking wild west crazy shit. Yeah. And I was just getting it. I just started training with Eddie. You started paying for that. And so I'd see the billboard at the Hyatt. Now the on does looking over the comedy store. I remember seeing Liddell Couture two. I think. Yeah. Um, and people are like, oh, it's a fight. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? Who are those guys? And having Tate and you go like, yeah, they actually fought an epic fight or two. It might have been three. I'm not sure. Um, and now they're going to have a rematch. I'm like, oh, cool. I didn't really know anything about it. I remember rolling at the old bomb squad yeah. and having people talk about it. I'm like, what is this thing that you guys are talking about? I remember Hoist Gracie, but I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know the terms you're using. Getting them on the ground. And like, it's all it's all a question of matchups. Matchups makes fun. I'm like, oh, I'm just like trying to get a half guard in, trying to figure out how to do that. My rear naked choke defense got good fast. Dude, you got pretty good. You got pretty good. I remember you tapping people. I remember looking over and watching you tap some guys going, damn. It was fun. Fucking jujitsu. If you brought, if bodies didn't break yeah. from doing jujitsu, it'd be the most fun thing to do. If, if bodies were way more durable, like necks didn't give out. And, mm -hmm. Like Eddie's had three surgeries. Damn. Inside of the last year, he had knee surgery. He had his back disc replaced in his back, and then he just had shoulder surgery. It's like your body just gets blown apart. When I tore my meniscus, uh, mm. I had a surgery on it. They didn't know what it was for the longest time. Your buddy, Doctor Steve, Steve Graham. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, uh, MRIs get false negatives twenty percent of the time. Um, just tell them to scope it." Because I was like, "It's showing nothing." He goes, "It's probably, it's probably that." Just tell them to scope it. They went in there and found it and did it right then. Mm. But um. When they did it, I was like, they were like, um, uh, what do you do? What might hurt it? And I was showing jujitsu, high guard, just like on the table myself. Mm -hmm. like, and he was like, and so I'm pulling my leg back like that, you know? And he's like, what? Why? Don't do that. And I was like, oh, that's, I have to do, that's part of it. Like, he goes, why would you bend your leg like that? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, that's every day, man. That's well, twice a week. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That's just a flexibility issue. Yeah. <clears throat> that never bothered my knees. Really? No, no. If you're flexible, that's not I think not it was kettlebells more than jits that I did it to so. me. Yeah, because I remember we were doing some stuff, like you were doing cleans and presses, and I was like, ooh. For a guy who doesn't ever lift weights, this is a pretty explosive movement. Yeah, my technique's not perfect, so then it's like really mm -hmm. opening it up to like more well, damage. And it's also when you, when you get sore from doing something like that, you really should take a long time off. Like the, the real hard thing for people that are just starting to lift weights is the building process. It's like one of the things that we had talked about with this fitness challenge mm -hmm. was lifting the most amount of weights and Im improving your max weight over the month. I was like, okay, guys, let's be let's slow down here because you guys. I mean, I know Tom lifts weights a little. <clears throat> you don't lift weights at all. No, I do not. I lift weights a lot. And I'm like, listen, if I'm going to improve my max in things, we're, we're running the risk of catastrophic injury. Like, we're running the risk of tearing ligaments. It also would be bad for the contest to have somebody yeah. have to drop out. Yeah. It could fuck you up pretty bad. I don't lift max weight. I lift 
like considerably less than my max weight and I don't go to failure. I do this. You don't go to failure. No, I operate under these principles of uh, this guy, Pavel Tatsulin, who came up with this company called Strong First. And what the idea is, is you do less, like say if I can do a 70 pound kettlebell and I can press it over my head 15 times. I don't do 15 times, I do six, five okay. or six. And then I put it down and I leave it alone for like 10 minutes. And then yeah. I come back and I do another five. And I do low repetitions. <clears throat> and unless I'm doing conditioning, in which case I'll use a much lighter weight and I'll do so way higher That's what Cameron reps. was saying. Yeah, but Cam does different shit. He like, does like 40 reps of five. He does a bunch of ridiculous shit. He's a fucking maniac. You can't pay attention to him because he doesn't make sense. He's outside the norm. He's, he doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He doesn't get injured. He fucking runs marathons every day, and he'll do hundreds of repetitions. Like, yeah. he'll do sets of 25, like he four sets of 25. Every day. Yeah, he, like, when he's preparing for one of those big races, he runs a marathon a day. Jesus. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But also, you have to recognize that he built himself into that state over decades. Do you know marathon, where it comes from? Yeah, it was a distance that they had to run to <clears throat> alert someone of something, yeah. right? And do you know the guy, I guess his name was Marathon, or the guy he who was literally... right afterwards. Right afterwards. Yeah. Delivered the message and died. But it was more than an actual marathon. I don't think it... Uh, it was it actually, wasn't 26.2? I think it was 100 miles. I think oh. the guy ran 100... See if that's true. The origin of the term marathon. Jamie, think, call that up. Origin of marathon, please. Thank you. Yeah, pull that shit up, Nice t-shirt, by the way. <clears throat> um, so, uh, Cam doesn't count. Yeah. I don't understand how he's not always hurt. <laughs> but anyway, so you Here do less... Oh, so 25 miles. Oh. Huh. <clears throat> so it is not. He was not... just announcing the fucking, announcing the defeat of the Persians. He was just announcing a sports score. Wow. He wasn't alerting them. Say that guy's name. Try to say his name. The soldier, Fidip, Fidipides. 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 Is that Fidipides? it? Fidipides? Sure. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, dude, what you want, man? You're the boss. <laughs> the first marathon commemorated the run of soldier Fidipides from a battlefield near the town of Marathon, Greece, oh, to Athens area. in 490 BC. According to legend, Pheidippides ran the approximately 25 miles to announce the defeat of the Persians to some anxious Athenians. But it doesn't say that the guy died. No, it does not, but it, I guess probably it did. say he died. See how that guy's running? Look up. <clears throat> See where the, the guy's striking with his heel? It's wrong. Yeah, totally wrong. Not only is it wrong, human beings never ran like that before they invented those stupid fucking shoes. I try to. I heard you say that before when you're talking about the goat shoes. Mm -hmm. So I try to like lead with my with yeah. my uh, yeah, not sole. What is it? Your, your ball, your foot. Ball of my foot. Yeah, yeah. that's how you're supposed to lean forward more. Yeah. And when you lean forward more, you strike down and you almost hit with your foot flat. But what you never want to do is run like that asshole, heel down. That's how people destroy their knees running. And that was all created by Nike. Nike created that really? stupid fat heel shoe. Because, you know, to give you more cushioning. But it's just the mechanics of it are totally wrong. If you ever watch little kids run, they run ball of the foot first. That's natural. That's, that's how you're supposed to naturally run. Mm. That's, your foot is literally designed as a shock absorber. I run with those minimalist shoes. My shoes have zero cushioning. Zero. So I'm running mountains and hills and shit like that. Even I, when I hunted elk last week, see these guys? Oh, yeah. Right on the ball. They do both. Mm. But yeah, yeah, but the black ones, but the real dark black ones who are good. <clears throat> they run barefoot, those fucking guys. Mm. But these guys are they're landing flat. Straight but they down. they have a lot of cushioning on these shoes. You have to realize. Like some of these guys are landing heel. That guy in the back guy, is landing yeah. heel uh -huh. first. And that's because of those goddamn shoes. If you didn't have shoes like that, there's no fucking way. That guy's all heel. 
See that last guy? That guy's all heel. You would yeah. never run like that. It's against the mechanics of the human knee. Hold it. Go back to that. What is that video that it's just the, come up? It's the elite. Uh, what was that video that was just coming up next? about to come up next. said Candice. Uh, running Cadence. Oh, Cadence. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, that video, like, that's the only reason that people are running like that is because of the invention of those shoes. I mean, you you run quite yeah. a bit, right? So I've I've seen uh, the reason I look for that is because I've seen a video from the Olympics. I think it was last year where they were showing long distance runners, and all of them had a different stride. Some mm -hmm. were running ball foot or f first, some were running heel first. The winner it was different. I mean, it also goes to all their bodies are different. They have different. Well, you can run heel first with those shoes, <clears throat> and you can get away with it for a long time. the 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 issue is that's not the way your body's designed, and the only reason why people are running like that is because those fucking shoes. You know, um, if you talk to physiologists and people study anatomy and the, the loads in the human knee, there's uh, massive loads. Ma loads. <laughs> there's massive problems with running heel first. It's just not you're, you're not designed like that. Uh, I would say, though, just as a disclaimer, the biggest problem for most people who are probably listening to it is you don't run at all. Yeah, that too. So go ahead and get up your fucking ass and run and then mm -hmm. figure out the exact right technique later. Remember when we tried to convince Bert that running on a treadmill is not the same as running? And he was like, no way. And then he tried real running. He was like, oh, it's so fuck. much harder. Dude, it is so much harder. Of course, the fucking treadmill's coming towards you. All you have to do is pick your legs mm -hmm. up. But you know what's way light for me anyway that I've noticed? What? Running on actual ground versus, versus pavement. Ground is way easier. Oh, way easier. On my joints, oh. I can go longer. It, it's a give or something. It's like running yeah. on a cork. But you you can run on pavement, no problem, as long as you run uphill. Oh, because, really? Yeah. Because then it's toe-toe-toe? Then it's mm -hmm. Well, and it's not just that. It's you just no pounding when you're running uphill because you're decelerating as you catch yourself and you're pushing off. It's like you're doing lunges. The it's, problem, though, no with pounding. that is unless you're running in a Dali painting, then it's fucking impossible right. to keep running uphill. That's a good point. Good reference, too. Yeah. Dolly painting. Um, <laughs> it's not many, how, many, I, how many Dolly references do you have on this MMA podcast? Zero. <laughs> this is the first one ever. I walk downhill, basically. Is it weight? And then run uphill. Oh, really? Well, I kind of, I, I, I mean, I go way slower downhill. It's just dangerous. It's bad for your joints yeah. to pound, like going downhill. Like deceleration, like running downhill and catching yourself like that, it's just not good. But the deceleration, like when you, it's not even deceleration really, but when you run uphill, there's no pounding yeah. because you're, you're just reaching that area and then pushing. But it wears you out more, but like your muscles, but it, you're right, the joints are okay. We were hiking the Alps this year in July. Mm -hmm. um, and man, there's uphills where like you really have to push, but the uh, downhills is like you're pushing off. Yeah. And it's like, it just hurts more. It hurts your quads. Big, yeah. It beats up your knees too. Really beats up your knees. Yeah. I found that uh, elk hunting too, but the really the painful stuff was the downhill. You're just stopping yourself, stopping yourself, stopping yourself. And yeah. then there's also a lot of sliding. Yeah, and they almost like got to push your foot sideways mm -hmm. to like go Side down that way. It's almost easier. Yeah, that's why they have such stiff shoes. When they're those stiff so mountaineering you like, shoes. you don't come you can, over the edge? You get an edge and you can dig that edge into the ground. I that's, got some good like boots for that and it was yeah. like really good. Makes a big difference. I tried hiking with these minimalist shoes this last trip that I was on. I didn't like them. Huh. I wasn't a fan. They're, they're fine for running if I'm running on a trail, but for hiking, like the human body is just, we have bitch ass bodies. Yeah. Our also, bodies are so weak. With boots, you want to be able to like walk into a creek <clears throat> without having to worry about like this is going to soak my socks for the next four hours. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Gore Tex. You want that Gore Tex lining of your boots. By the way, so after that fight, um, after that, me and Duncan kissing. Yeah. Uh, there was a blog that went up pretty fast that said uh, <laughs> two bored bearded dudes get, uh, make out of the UFC. <laughs> and uh, 
I got a text from a guy. I just got a new phone, a new flippy. And uh, somebody, I didn't know who it was. Somebody texted me like, oh, you two were quite the social media darlings last night, weren't you? And I didn't respond. I didn't know who it was. And then um, later I looked through my iMessage to you. It was Dana. <laughs> and I was like, I hope he's not mad. <laughs> he doesn't give a he, I don't think he does, but you never nah, quite know. I know, right? Because you're like, you are a CEO. You know, mm-hmm. in addition to being this cool fucking regular dude who curses all the time, you're also a CEO, yeah, which is like who I don't normally get along with. Of a gigantic sports organization. Yeah. That guy, it's interesting meeting that guy too. Dana? Having like dinners with them and like convers- casual conversation to listen to like a highly successful person and just how they like normally act once he dropped the guard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting. He's like He's a driven normal. dude for He's sure. He's very driven. Yeah. yeah. He he loves making deals and all the all the shit mm-hmm. that's involved in it. But um hearing you guys talk about like the fucking meatheads of Boston fighting and stuff. Like the top two meatheads finally met. <laughs> I remember the story he told once and it was like, whoa. Well, Boston where where Dana came up and where I came up, the sparring was awful. It was uh he he sparred a lot in South Boston and um I, I sparred in Somerville and uh in Revere and a, a couple of these other places. it was everybody would beat the shit out of each other. There was no real sparring in I believe terms there's of only like, one R in Revere. Revere, yeah. Revere, yeah. They there was no. Uh, you're supposed to spar. Well, this is a lot of debate on this, but uh, most people think you should spar at like sixty to seventy percent maximum. Everybody sparred a hundred percent. Wow. They went well, for it. They just fought. Everybody fought. Right. And everybody got brain damage. A hundred percent. That's why Boston's how it is. Uh, either went to Harvard or you're a dork. And the women aren't the best looking. There was one time oh, when you no, went on stage. Sure you went on stage. <laughs> you challenged me. <laughs> and we said something. It's like one of these things that comics do where you say something like real dark just to your comic friends. And they're like, you should do that on stage. And it's like this challenge of like, oh, right. You Ari goes on stage at the Comedy Connection in Faneuil Hall, and he goes, I don't remember the exact wording of it. Fifty people. But you were like, uh, you know, the problem with Boston is women are just really not that good looking. <laughs> and, and people are like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I love that training. To now I can go after a crowd and just yeah. like, hey, you can go with me if you want. I'm being honest. Yeah. You know that training. Yeah. Yeah. The way and that that you can see that in like. Uh, in like uh, Cat Williams when he's shitting on Michael Jackson when he was still a hero. Yeah. And everyone's like, boo. He goes, fuck you. I yeah. have children. Fuck yeah. you. He's yeah. a molester. Yeah. Yeah. You know that? Go right at them. I don't care how mm-hmm. you feel. I'm, well, I'm justified Williams in this. Super justified with that. Yeah. I mean, that was just something. So was I. Boston women are disgusting. <laughs> Even if they're good looking, their voices are garbage. <laughs> You're wicked funny. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. Fuck me and my pussy, huh? <laughs> Come on, you fucking queer. <laughs> Um, uh, but those were fun times too, man, because yeah. like when we first started going on the road together, like one of the more fun things was, well, it was really fun hanging out and doing shows, but it was also fun saying like, you can't get fired. You can't get fired. Dude, that was such an influential time in my stand up. That specifically where it was like, we're at the hotel, five minute walk from Faneuil Hall and like, let's get high. And I was like, no, I'm about to perform on stage. Are you crazy? I can't get high right now. That's when I had been high 20 times maybe. Right. And you're like, why? I'm like, because I won't do good. He goes, so? I'm like, what do you mean so? He goes, so. I'm like, but then he goes, you won't get fired. They didn't hire you. You can't play here. It's 450 seats. And also, like, it's too far for you to go to feature, and you're just way too big for you to headline. So I'm hiring you. 
and I don't care if you get too fucked up. <laughs> so smoke pot. And well, I was like, yeah. You're I right. also wanted you to feel free and that there's these moments when you get high and you go on stage where and they don't always happen, but there are moments where you take a right turn into Brilliantville. Mm -hmm. And that right turn doesn't exist sometimes if you're sober. If you're sober, you'll stick to the script. But if you're high, yeah. you're like, so what if I did fuck my dog? Yeah. You know? like, well, like, oh, let's try it. I don't know. Let's try this <laughs> yeah, for a while. Out of nowhere, you might come up with the, this premise or this tagline or this thing that comes from you being in this altered state of consciousness. Yeah. And you can't do it uh, any comic listening. I would not advise you doing it on a big showcase. We have to show like no. William Marshall Mattel no. or when you're taping something no. where it's important. But for workout sets. Yeah. When really you're just trying to get work out of this. Mm -hmm. So, so, um. And back then, I could get hot. Now, you and I, we get high for a couple hours, you yeah. know, maybe. Then I was high for nine hours. You know, <laughs> I smoked three hits. There was yeah. no like. So, anyway, we had two sets that night, or Friday or Saturday night. And uh, the first set was awful. I mean, I forgot <laughs> what I was saying. I had no idea where I was going. I remember. It wasn't that bad. I it watched. was bad. No, no, no. Parts of it were really fun. Parts of it. Okay. But then by the second set, now then you went on for an hour, then we had a half hour break, and then went on again. By then I had come down a little bit, and the second set was Magic. what you were talking about. Free, yeah. flowing. You really should get high about an hour and a half before you go on stage. Not like right before. I fucked up and got a high right before. That's not that's not wise. What's wise is an hour. On your and a way half. down, you already yeah. know where it's gone, mm -hmm. and now you're coasting. You know what Edgar would do? Matt Edgar would do for a while. He would go on late at the comedy store, and he wouldn't get high all day. You know, your first hit mm -hmm. of the day is like your biggest one, and um, cigarette smokers have this too. It's the only time you can get a buzz that first cigarette. You know, right. yeah. But your first weed hit is the biggest one. He wouldn't smoke all day. He'd have a twelve fifteen a.m. spot. And when they go, hey, Matt, we're lighting uh, Tony. He go, cool, run to the main room, smoke a bunch in that three minutes, and then go on stage. Woo. Yeah, and he'd be going up and feeling it while he's on. Like, it wouldn't oh. even hit him until he's two minutes on. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he did that for like six months. That would be good if you had notes. Yeah. And, and if you followed what you talked about already. <laughs> That's what I tell people when they play clandestine or comedy <laughs> underground, they call it, in Toronto. Oh, that place is crazy. Queens East, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, any advice? I'm like, my advice is bring a set list. I normally yeah. don't say that, but this is one you will lose your place. Dude, there was no air in that room once. Green was only pot. Like, you were breathing pot and exhaling pot. It was all pot. Was my buddy Manolis, he was like, I don't smoke. And then he's in the back for 20 minutes. Like, dude, I'm high as shit. Yeah, it's Tripoli. Tripoli wasn't getting high back then. And yes, you are if you oh, stand yes, in there. Oh, yes, you are. We, yeah. He was barbecued. That's when I started to believe secondhand smoke is a real thing. It's fucking yeah, totally I didn't think real. it was until then. People that don't think it's real, it's great. When we used to mock Tate because Tate didn't want to get high. We, we would just smoke pot and Tate would have to stick his head out the window like an ostrich. <laughs> I feel like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> he was worried he didn't want to get hot boxing. That's when we used to get vans. Remember we used to get vans for uh -huh. a while? Yeah, we, conversion vans. Yeah, we would rent vans because there were so many of us. Oh, yeah. You Eddie would come, would come with and Tate would come. Entourage. Yeah, we would entourage it. And Red Band would film it. We would just have shenanigans in every town we went to. You bring you, of course. And then Eddie, Tate, and Red Band as the non-comedians. And yeah. then me and Duncan or me and Diaz yeah. or whatever. Um, there was a shitload of us. Yeah, so five, six people. And then we would feast. We'd go to these fucking amazing restaurants and Fogo feast. a lot. Oh, we went to a lot of Fogos. That brings me back. One of my memories, I believe it was Cincinnati, was nearby, right near the hotel. It was, was Cincinnati. It? Okay, Churrascaria. Yeah, right across the street. Yeah. And uh, as we're leaving... 
fucking newly uh, Botoxed uh, What's Vandalay. his name Vandalay came in We're like dude That's fucking Vandalay yeah. And he was He was the most fierce Pre-game fighter The way he'd look at you Like I want to kill you For taking this fight Yeah Nobody was scarier Than him in his prime Yeah Krokop was scary Because he would just be so calm Like I don't care Let's do this Well Krokop stared him down More than anybody ever Stared Vandalay down He wouldn't break Well Krokop was a Straight up killer like, yeah, He's like I've, I've murdered people of the in Croatian, Yeah Croatian anti-terrorist squad They've begged for mercy And I've showed them none out And he was a world class Kickboxer Like he wasn't afraid Of Vandalay's strike And he was a heavyweight And Vandalay really Wasn't a heavyweight Yeah but anyway, we saw him checking in, and we went mm -hmm. to eat. He was in that Chuhascaria 15 yeah. minutes late. Like, he oh, threw yeah. his shit down and came in. <laughs> he yeah. was, like, so excited that's, about that's it. That's it. Look, look at Krokop. Wow. Yeah. Dude. Nobody stared down Krokop back then. That was when Krokop <laughs> was at the peak. Look and at this Japanese guy going through his routine. He's like, fuck. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure this was before Krokop uh, really had sort of mastered MMA. He was coming over as a straight kickboxer, and they had different rules for him. The rules for Krokop were like you can only fight on the ground for like thirty seconds. They had oh, like really? yeah, and if the fight went to a distance, it would be a draw. Damn. Yeah, because he really didn't have a lot of experience with takedown defense or, or any MMA fighting back then. And the, Vandalay didn't get Botox. He had his face reconstructed because his nose. He had been in so many brawls. His nose had completely flattened where he couldn't breathe out of it, and he had so much scar tissue over his eyes that his eyes were drooping down. So he'd get cut. Instantly, any uh, any punch that would hit him would open him up like a gash, and he, and he and his nose was completely flat. So they took a chunk of his rib and rebuilt his nose, and he had his nose built big so he could breathe out of it more. And then yeah. he had all the scar tissue removed from his eyebrows, and then pulled back. And according to Dana, I don't know, but Dana's like he got it done in Brazil on the cheap, and it just like wasn't the it didn't they didn't uh, really make him look like Vanderlei. Wow. So he went from. Vanderlei Silva, it's like Vanderlei Silva has the most profound facial form change in all of MMA. Because he went from yeah. pretty, if you go back, He's Vanderlei, like Silva, Vanderlei Silva versus, go to Vanderlei Silva versus Dan Henderson 1 when they first fought in Pride. He, he was a normal, actually pretty good looking guy. Like, regular, good-looking guy. And yeah. then by the time he left Pride, his face was just smashed in. By the time he fought Chuck Liddell, his face was just smashed in. His nose had been literally flattened. Wow. For, from punches and kicks, and not just from fights, but also from training. The training that he did at, uh, at Shoot to Box in Curitiba was <sighs> Yeah, his face was fucked up. Fucked up. That also, okay, would bring me to another thing. We got to go to Brazil one time. Yeah, we didn't do a show that time. But see, that's I, that's him versus Dan Henderson. Yeah, pretty the first normal looking. Fight. Can make that a little bigger, so you can see. Yeah, super normal looking. Just a normal looking badass. That was the first fight where he fought Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson's chin looks like it's drawn on. Yeah, he's got an like iron somebody chin. fucked up a fucking know, tick like, when he's drawing extra it. Bone. Yeah. Jay Leno and him should chin You off. see that picture of Vanderlei above that with the eye all fucked up? Ugh. That was him from that fight. Oh, really? Dan Henderson connected with a haymaker of a right hand and fucked up his eye. I love how this guy smile on that. Like, look at this badge. Look yeah. at this cool picture I'm about to take. But you I mean, look at Vanderlei's face there in comparison to his face at, later on in his career. Totally different. Dan Henderson looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. He looks like the same guy. He's just He's an so older version. He might be one of the toughest guys that's ever lived. So tough. Yeah, Dan is just... A fucking yeah, now look at that picture different. up there with the tattoos on the shoulders. Go to that one. Now that's him after facial reconstruction. Make that larger. See, that's after the facial reconstruction is settled in. 
You know. Oh, we saw him right then. And he just fought real recent, like a couple weeks ago. No he way, got, he's still fighting. Got knocked out by Rampage. Rampage flatlined him. Wow. Yeah. Rampage is still fighting too. <clears throat> yep. Rampage still carries that power. That was when he KO'd um, Rampage KO'd him in uh, the UFC. With uh, him knocking him, knocking him through the ring, through the ring mm. in Pride was one of the coolest. Yeah, I saw that later. I mean, I you know way later. You come to the UFC and it's like all these highlights, this backlog of highlights of MMA. Like, yeah. wow. Especially after the UFC purchased Pride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rio was really cool. Yeah. It's a place to go. And actually, that fight, in terms of the audience response, the two biggest ones were Sylvia Couture in Columbus, first time they'd ever been in Columbus. And that Rio fight. Jose Aldo versus, uh, that was uh, Chad Mendez, right? Which one? <clears throat> the one in Brazil, wasn't it? It was a spinning back kick. Oh, that was Terry Adam versus uh, Edson Barboza. Dude, from day, from fight one of the undercard, the yeah. place was so light. You could feel it shaking. Yeah. And I remember them, them chanting something in the crowd. Because Dana did smart. It was one of the first like foreign ones. And he made a Brazilian fighter on every, on mm -hmm. every fight. Yeah. Uh, he fucked up a little by having some, a couple times Brazilian versus Brazilian. But at every fight, and they were chanting something in you're the audience. Die. Yeah, you were like, you go to the translator, like, hey, what are they saying? <laughs> like, you're gonna <laughs> die. And he's like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, they didn't play games, man. Oh my god, that's when they were like legit, and I believed it. Like, we got to figure out how we're gonna get Chelsea and out of here. If he fights Anderson here, and I'm like, come on. And then you go there, and you're like, oh, I believe it now. Yeah, well, they're fiercely, fiercely nationalistic, and. Also, that's where MMA started. I mean, mm -hmm. really, MMA. I mean, martial arts started in the Orient. They started in Japan and China. And but in terms of like legitimate mixed martial arts, Valley Tudo, those no rules fights, that's all from Brazil, man. Brazil changed jujitsu. I mean, you leave the airport and there are these giant um, like jujitsu guys in yeah. geese, like looking yes. at each other. Like yeah. it's part of their organization, yeah, part of their man. culture. Yeah, it's, it's huge over there. And, you know, I had on uh, Rafael Lovato, who's like one of the top Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters in the world, yeah. who fights for Bellator now. And he's actually an American from Oklahoma that fights, uh, you know, and really represents Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But he was saying that, like, for the longest time, the Brazilians dominated the world championships. He was one of the first Americans to win a, a wow. gold medal in the world championships. But for the longest time, like even to this sure. day, the Brazilians still like have a disproportionate number of gold medalists. And yeah, winners. it's in them, right? Yep. Yeah. It's a huge part of the culture. And they're so proud, you know, <sighs> so proud. That was one of the coolest places we've ever been to. I remember also when we went to um, Australia, mm. to Sydney. And uh, we did do a show then, and actually we did two shows. It was cool, but um, it was in your contract, first class companion ticket. Way before we were ever going to go to Australia for that. Yeah. And then it was just as the UFC grew, it just grandfathered in. And so I remember Dana coming up to me, half joking and half serious, just going, "Do you know how much your fucking ticket cost?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Twenty five thousand dollars, dude? That's how much I'm paying for you to go to Australia." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are good times. Yeah, and I was like, I almost want to be like, bro, put me in coach and give me fucking 12 of that. I could use the money. <laughs> yeah, well, Let's split the difference, I'll dude. I'll suffer for 14 hours yeah. for 12 grand. Mm -hmm. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those oh. are like apartments. You have like a little apartment. Oh, it was so great. Mm. Yeah. Segura told me, he, you brought him the year before, and he was like, dude, get ready. It's going to be so good. They give you socks that I jerked off into. Fucking, <laughs> oh, such a fucking cool, grand experience. Yeah, you've been to a lot of fucking UFCs live, man. I went to, let's just talk about Anderson for a little okay. bit. Because I believe my very first UFC was at the Pearl. 
Yes, at the Palms. And I think it was Anderson versus Chris Lieben. Yes, it was. Fun fight. Yeah. I guess Anderson, it might have been his first fight in the UFC. It was. Okay. And people were like, yeah, he's highly touted, but not crazy like he's the best. Just like he's well, a, he's a I, big Well, I knew who he was. And I was telling everybody, like, whatever the betting line is, it's off. You told me that on um, on um, fuck, Glover Teixeira. Oh, yeah. You're like, hey, dude, I don't really tell you. Go fucking take money on this. Yeah, put all the <laughs> yeah, money on He was Glover. Like early in the undercard. <clears throat> that nobody that knew was him. when Glover fought Kyle Kingsbury. Yeah. Um, and it's just like people don't know. And, you know, Glover. I was like, what's the line? He goes, it doesn't matter, dude. He'll, he'll win. He got a rough deal, man, because he couldn't get a visa to fight in the UFC for a long time. Couldn't get out of Brazil, time, right? For six fucking years. For six years, Glover had to toil in other countries. Wow. He was one of the best ever. He was fucking phenomenal back then, man. And I think, you know, when we got him in the UFC, it was at the tail end of his greatness, honestly. Mm. I mean, I think we never really got a chance to see Glover at his very best in the UFC. It's kind of like a Jackie Robinson. Like, what would his stats would have been if he could have yeah, played his whole career I mean, or Ichiro or something like that? He's one of those guys that, I mean, I remember when he fought Sokaju. He fought Sokaju, I think it was in the WEC, in the early days of the WEC when it was in Northern California. Yeah. And oh, uh, yeah. he was uh, Chuck Liddell's sparring partner. And it was one of the rare times <clears throat> that he got to fight in the U.S. And I remember watching him fight, and I would hear about him. I think Hackleman told me about him, too, because he was training with Chuck. And I was like, that guy's a motherfucker. Hmm. He is so good. He was so solid. And he was, like, you know, training with Hackleman and training with Chuck Liddell in the early days when, you know, they were just savages, man. And his, he had wrestling, too. That was one thing that a lot of Brazilians didn't have. They were more jiu-jitsu-oriented. And he was a wrestler as well. There was Babalu. Babalu had a real good wrestling base, too. And Babalu was the first guy I remember making money by leaving the UFC. He was one of the early guys to like, I'll get paid as a UFC vet. I have a name. I'll Mm -hmm. get paid a bunch off this fucking Chuck fight. You know, I'll get paid a bunch for the rest of my career until everybody started going. And then it's like, it wasn't worth that much anymore to be a former UFC guy. Strike Force opened up. You know, a lot of people realized that there was like, there was a legitimate venue and they were on Showtime. Yeah. Strike Force was on Showtime. You get seen. Yeah. You, man, when Kimbo fought there, I mean, all of a sudden it was a big fucking deal. That was Elite XC. Kimbo, the chick that went on to, uh, to, uh, Gina Carano. Gina Carano. And they were like making Mm -hmm. these people. And that's actually where you've heard about Cyborg. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah, there was like Elite XC and Elite that. XC. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and Strike Force. Those were two legit venues outside the UFC that really kind of, because the UFC wasn't as big back then. Right. And then they so they were the, pretty legit. And they were more main. You could get yeah. it. You didn't have to pay per view it. Right. You could actually just watch yeah. it. Which is what Bellator has going for it, too. But now Bellator is on that new thing, DAZN, D-A-Z-N. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. Well, they what they're doing is they're splitting. It's like a streaming service. They're splitting half the, half the fights, uh, Bellator on Paramount, which is, used to be Spike, now okay. it's Paramount, half the fights on this D-A-Z-N network. Mm. But what's crazy is the D-A-Z-N network just gave Canelo Alvarez $365 million dollars. They just gave him this giant deal. He's they a had, former fighter, isn't he? No, Canelo just won. Oh, okay. He just beat Triple G. Unconcerned. You're out boxing. of boxing. You know what I'm saying? Boxing. You know what? I fully left it. What? We went to your place once, um, your old house. Me, you, Eddie, I don't know, maybe a couple other people. We were watching some Pride stuff that you DVR'd. Right. And it cut off the last fight because it went long. Oh, that's right. And then we watched boxing. We watched so boxing. Boring. And after watching two hours of MMA, you see a guy get knocked down and they're just like, get away, get away, let him get up. You're like, what the fuck is this? Ah. So much hugging and fucking yeah. boxing sucks. 
it's great if you watch really good boxers and if you know you're going to go see boxing. Yeah, like right, 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 right. The Triple G Canelo Alvarez fight that happened a couple of weeks ago, it was a really good fight. Yeah. It was a really good fight. I thought Triple G, well, I thought it was a real close fight, but if I was going to give it to someone, I think I would have given it to Triple G. But it was close enough where you can go, okay, this isn't a robbery, but good fight. Too real many good decisions. Fight. But leg kicks and, and, and takedowns, and it just makes fighting more interesting. It's also just way too many fucking, let's see what the judges said. It's yep. like, no, so nobody really won. The just, guy just did better. Yeah. Nobody right. beat a guy. Right. Rarely, I mean, it happens, but it just does. rarely. It happens less. Yeah. The thing about- you know, Pacquiao Mayweather was like, I mean, he kept fighting. Right. So what have we decided? Right, right, right. Yeah, after 12 rounds, they could have gone 12 That's why more. I like the early pride, like the early UFC with like Hoist. It's like, yeah, you're going to fight me for 35 minutes. Right. And then we'll see eventually I'll fucking wear you down. Yeah. That's what Nate always says. Like, if this was a war, you'd be dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When he's like, I choked you out. That means I would have kept choking you. Yeah. And then just put it fucking, you know, and twisted your neck. Yeah. I mean, if, if someone came along today and did no time limit fights... I wonder, like, if you had, like, three big no-time-limit fights. Yeah. Like, Nate versus Connor, John it Jones work on versus DC, you know, and, and have just three giant fights and have no time limit. Go, fight. <gasps> It'd be That's very a interesting. scary thing to go into that kind of a fight. That's a different feeling. Like, what Hoist went into in those early days of the UFC. He took a lot of abuse just to get, like, past guard. Mm -hmm. And then slow, like, eight minutes late. He's, like, so slowly move. He's yep. like, we're not in a rush. It's weird how it changes your fight plan yeah. based on this outside influence. Well, people also have to remember, Hoist fought guys that were so much bigger than Massive. Them. Like chemo, remember yeah. when he fought chemo and chemo like was a giant roided up dude and was hitting him with bombs and and Hoist was on his back and finally caught him in an armbar and then couldn't continue. He couldn't fight after that. He, he was supposed, yeah, he was supposed to fight later and he couldn't fight. He he was just he couldn't fight in the wow. in the next fight. He was just too bad. Oh, that's when they had tournaments, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> crazy was, that they could fight he, twice in a night. They were three times in a night. Yeah, yeah. Look That's at this. Nutty. Look how young Big John looks. Oh, my gosh. Jesus Christ. He's not even growing facial hair. There's chemo. Chemo was giant. I mean, he was so huge. He had Jesus tattooed on his wow. stomach. Look how big he is. Damn. Yeah, that was a crazy-ass fight, man. That's when I was like, what is this whole sport? I remember getting it in my friend's like, yeah, college man. dorm. That's Helson. Like, Helson Gracie in the back. I mean, that was the clan, man. That was the, the Gracie clan. Who was the Gracie that was supposed to be, but they were like, Hickson. you're too good, it'll fuck everything up? Hickson. But the thing about it was not just that Hickson was too good, but also that Hickson wouldn't listen. Like, no one could control Hickson. Oh, really? Like, yeah, because Horian created the UFC, and Horian was the oldest brother, or Horian and Helson. I don't know. I'm not sure which one was Damn, older. Damn, they went right at it. Yeah. There was no well, feeling Hoist, each other out. 17 seconds in, they're fucking full on. Hoist oh. had to do that. I mean, he had to close the oh, distance the to get a hold of him. Yeah, the, the door, door opened. Open. He's like, wait, wait, wait. He's like, oh, fuck, this is sucky. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah, and chemo had his wrist taped up, but not his knuckles. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, times bare back knuckles. Then. I forgot about that. Yeah, bare knuckles, stomps, soccer kicks. You could do anything back then. You can kick in the balls. You can knee in the balls. You could hold. Oh the yeah, hair. right there. That's right. Yeah. Remember that guy just kept wailing mm -hmm. in the balls like thirty times. Yeah. So eventually, the guy's like, "All right, all right." Keith I'm out. Hackney. Wow. Keith Hackney versus Joe Son. He fucking balled Joe him Son. Out. Joe Son who went to jail for rape, right? He went to jail for uh, yeah, and, and now and they murdered his uh, cellmate. He went to jail for a gang rape. Oh. He, they arrested him for something else, and they did a DNA test and on him and found out that he was a part of a gang rape. Damn. Yeah.
Look how skinny Big John Big is. Big John it's is crazy. so small. He's just John so there. So svelte looking, so sexy, <laughs> like a model. This is 93, right? Yeah. So this is a long-ass fucking time ago, man. 25 <clears throat> years, yeah. And hoist, look, headbutt. See that? Hoist with the headbutt? Yeah, it's like... Headbutts, knees in the balls. He's like, please fall down so I can do what I need to do. Well, I mean, he really didn't have a wrestling background. Yeah. I mean, you see how high his hips are. You know, he didn't he didn't drop down and go for a double. He was He's basically so just undersized. clinching. Yeah, he was basically clinching and then hoping he could get the fight to the ground with a trip. And there he goes. And then when he tripped him, Kimo wound up on top of him, which is hilarious. Yeah. Look at this. Flattened out, had his back. It's terrible. Terrible position. But look. Hoist is, is just happy that he's on the ground. He's yeah. like, dude, keep wrestling with me. I'll fucking get you. But look at this. Kimo is riding his back. But Kimo is maybe 80 or 90 pounds heavier than him. It's, it's a lot to get off your back. Yeah, Hoist was like 175. And he's got that gi, too. Yeah, he was 175, and Kimo was can't easily, slip out with the gi. easily 250. He was a big fucking guy, man. Look, and there's no back of the head, so he's got to protect himself with distance mm -hmm. and no, like... And also, Kimo is holding on to Hoist's gi. Yeah. But now, look, he fucked up. He got Over. tired. Tired. Look, wide open guard. Oh, and then he just Mount didn't even try to, to... Yeah, but he, bu he bucked him off just from sheer size. Yeah. But Kimo just got exhausted because when you're that big, if you don't have like a real rigorous strength and conditioning program, you just get fucking tired. Look at this. Man. Triangle's going in and you got no idea. Oh, no. Armbar. Arm bar, but look, not that good. Oh. Kind of sloppy. He's tired, man. He's carrying this fucking big guy's weight. And again, they didn't have strength and conditioning back then, man. Right. No one knew what the fuck they were doing. This was all they just. They definitely not a cut weight. They didn't they have didn't to, I guess. He didn't cut any weight. Yeah, they didn't But none of them they, they didn't know shit about nutrition. I mean, in 93, man, now he, remember he got a hold of that hair. Yeah. And he, he got a fistful of hair and started punching him in the face. Oh, he really creates distance for the arm triangle there. Nope, well, look at this. he still can't get it. Fistful of hair. He's not letting look go. Look at this. He, bitch, I got your hair. You fucked up, man. She got a haircut. Yeah, you try to be sexy. That <laughs> Tong Po bullshit. But, you know, this is, we learned so much about martial arts from these fights. Because yeah. everybody had these ideas like would work and what wouldn't and work. And then once they did that, it's like, oh, I have to work on my ground. And yeah. then that evolved and that evolved and it evolved. Well, I like what, the old it logo. It just opened up jujitsu schools worldwide, everywhere. And everybody wanted to be a Gracie. You know, guys were changing their name to Gracie. Guys were like marrying Gracie's just to have the Gracie name. Guys would marry a female Gracie and then change their name to Gracie. I mean, it was crazy. It was, it was the difference between you making a million dollars and you making nothing. Yeah. Nobody wanted to go to Fred's Jiu-Jitsu. Everybody, <laughs> everybody wanted to be a part of the Gracie yeah. Academy, you know? Like, look, he's got all that hair on the ground. What is that? Oh, it's a That's hair clip. Chemo's hair. He pulled a fistful of fucking hair he off. He pulled it of out. It. Yeah. What the fuck? They're both so tired. Oh, exhausted, man. This is really And this is only four actually. minutes in. How long does this fight go? I think it went seven minutes, if I have to remember exactly. It's crazy. They're both so worn out. It looks like it's more. It looks like it's... What's that, Jamie? It's about to end right here. It's about to end here? Yeah. 422? Oh, hey, he catches him. He keeps going for the arm bar of the triangle, and eventually he's like, I'll get oh, one right of them. Oh, right here he gets it. So it was like 428, he's catching the arm bar. So this is like first round. I wonder, know, if, I wonder if UFC he, today he even knows what he's going for here. A hoist does. No, oh, not Kimo? hoist. Kimo. Nah, Kimo he's like, what shit. are you doing? I don't get it. That's it. I think he more tapped because he was exhausted than anything. Like, look at him. He's exhausted. Yeah, he is. I mean, barely, he got the arm bar for sure, but I mean, barely. But then hoist was so beaten down by this fight that he, you couldn't, know, go he couldn't go on. But Hickson would have destroyed Kimo. It would have been a completely different thing because Hickson was strong as fuck, man. And Hickson was, there's Joe Joe Son. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hickson was a different animal. Like Hickson was much more physically imposing. He was about 190, 200 pounds. He was smaller than chemo, but he was jacked. Look at their bodies. Look at fucking his body. It's just like wrestler body. Yeah. Well, professional more, wrestler body. Yeah, more bodybuilder than yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Hoist is just, if you saw Hoist with his shirt off, you would think, that guy's not even him. a fighter. I'll wrap you up like a fucking package. So back to Anderson, though. Yeah. So my bookends with him are that first leave and fight, and then shattering his leg, which I was in front row for, mm. which you, you didn't even believe it. It didn't make right. sense to see a leg move like that. You're like, I don't, I don't get it. it. It looked like... Somebody filled up a sock with with pebbles and just like yeah. hit it against something. And it was like it, do, it doesn't didn't make sense, and it was so gross. Oof. But in the interim, seeing that first Chael Sonnen fight, when he was, I mean, he won four and a half rounds. Chael yep. Sonnen. Yep, he almost won the title. And then to get that, I mean, it was a le- such a legendary sports thing, not UFC, but sports thing. How this guy's down like crazy. In a title fight, a guy who's never been tested was finally tested and was losing. It was over. This guy, Chael Sonnen, was beating him. He figured him out. And then to get that triangle with, what, 40 seconds left, two minutes left, whatever it was. But I remember what's so clear and indelible in my head is afterwards, we're at the entrance. Everyone's cleared out of the stadium. We're at the entrance to the, um, to the under, the, you know, the caves of the, of the stadium, wherever it was. It's me, you, I think Dana, uh, Randy was there, and we're all talking. And then every once in a while, somebody's mind would go to that fight. And you just see him go like, yeah, yeah, I think the weather's pretty nice here. And then you see somebody go like, <sighs> like you couldn't believe right. it. I remember seeing Randy Couture do like, it's like, what? Look at this. Four minutes into the fight grabs a hold of it, or four rounds into the fight, grabs a hold of it, sinks up the triangle, and gets a triangle arm bar combination and taps him. Wow. And this is, and Anderson came into that fight injured. Ander, Anderson had a fucked up rib entering into that fight, and a lot of people thought he should have pulled out. What kind of weird edit is this I with all the know, blurriness? I could find it quick. All these strange fan edits. I mean, it was nuts. It was yeah. nuts for that guy. Look at him. See how he's holding his side? And the mo- the fir- that was the first trash talk fight I ever remember, too. Oh, Chael Sonnen, people forget how good he was at talking shit. He was the best. The best. He was the best. When I come in, when Anderson Silva walks into the ring, you can hear a mouse pissing on cotton. <laughs> when I walk in, it's thunder. <laughs> I mean, the, the promos he would cut yeah. were just the best. And Epic. that hadn't been done yet. Now it's no. done a lot. Well, Conor McGregor, prob- you know, it's arguable that Chael was even better than Conor. It Connor is arguable, but it, it, if you take time period into yes. account, no one was doing right, it. Right, he was the first. Yeah. And he was building up fights as a heel for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. 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 And Brock did a little bit later. But fight. Like, People forget how good too. Chael could fight. If you go back to, really, th- to me, his one of his most impressive victories was Nate Marquardt, because he fought Nate Marquardt when Nate was one of the best, and he ragdolled him. And it was a bloody, crazy, chaotic fight. And he, you know, he basically dominated him with wrestling. You yeah. know, Chael just fought last week. He just got Did knocked really? out by Fedor. Damn. He stopped by Fedor. Yeah. And, you know, he had some good moments in that fight. He had Fedor's back. He tried, uh, he tried to roll him over. There's a move that you do. Yeah. You go under the chin. When you have someone's back, you go under the chin. And then you, you somersault over and try to carry with momentum, try to carry them over. But it's a core strength move. Your head and, and arm? 
Well, you, you yeah, he had he Catch had the back, head. and he was kind of like riding high on the back, and he went. He felt like he had a grip under the chin. I don't know how he held his hands, but what you do is when you have a guy's back. You you hold it like this, and then you go forward. So you take them forward yeah. with you. That way, you have their back. When you're on your back, you could cinch up a body triangle. Happened? You could cinch up the choke. But Fedor shook him off and then beat the and fuck then he was out just of on him. the ground. Yeah, watch how he does it. So he tries to flip him over. See, but he, he oh, lost. Fuck. He lost control, and then boom! Haymakers coming down from one of the greatest ground and pound experts of all time. What a giant difference that was getting yeah. that or not getting it. Also, you know, Chael fought 185. Fedor has been heavyweight his whole life. It's like you know, there's a lot of factors in there, but yeah, uh, it was a good fight for as long as it landed, as long as it lasted, rather. One of the cool things that we've gotten is the ability to hang out casually with these fighters. Mm -hmm. Like having just breakfast with Randy, seeing him, yeah. having with enough times with you that I remember one time I was like going into a buffet or whatever, or the hotel, like free breakfast and like looking around and just having him go like, hey, sit with me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just know, like, right? oh, you're just such sought after. And I'm just like, I'm talking about nothing. But some of my favorites were in Chicago, to going to the weigh-ins, and then like, let's go to the show. And then just drunk driving with Clay Guido. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm like, I'll drive you. <laughs> and just, it's his city. It's his city. Yeah. And he's like, come with me. We're like, okay. And you white knuckling, holding on to the front seat as he's swerving with a brown paper bag. <laughs> he drives like he fights. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I accept death. So either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and he's just going for it on these highways that he knows. And then I believe the rain. And it was just like, <laughs> it was just like so fun. Yeah, good uh, times. Another one that I remember early on, early on, John Jones. He wasn't anything then. He was four and zero, maybe or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, meeting him, uh, talking about shit, and I could talk about this now because it's not no longer a banned substance in the UFC. But like uh, talking about weed, yeah, and was like, yeah, let's smoke, bro. He wasn't anything. He right. wasn't anything. And just going like, he's like, who's got weed? I'm like, oh, Rogan's got it, but he's in his hotel room. And texting you, flip phone texting you. Uh, <laughs> back when it wasn't cool, you know, to have like hip to have a flip phone. When it was like, that's all anybody had. That's how long ago. Right. And then just going like, maybe it's then. Maybe it was early uh, iPhone. But like, just going, hey, man, uh, are you up? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to sleep. And it was like, fuck, John, I think he doesn't want us up there. And then like, no, no, let's go. He's got the weed. Let's go. Because some fan gave it to us, right? You had this fucking tin, like tin foil of weed. And um, and just knocking on your door. And you're like, what? And you're like, uh, you, were, you, were, you were tired. And it was like, um, do you have that weed? Like, dude, come on. I want to go to sleep. It's like, me and John want to smoke. And you're like, you looked at us. You opened the door fully and looked at me and this young fighter. And you were like, come on in. <laughs> and we all smoked pot together in this hotel room and fucking wherever it was. I think Montreal, actually. I think it was Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a fun time. And then seeing this guy move on to become the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Well, we also had a conversation with him about I was I wanted him to go to a different camp. That's right. He yeah. was training in fucking New YouTube York videos somewhere. in New York yeah. with his like, buddies in a garage. You're too good. I'm like, you should be in a, a real camp. That's right. We had that over weed in yeah. a hotel room. Mm -hmm. He's like, you really think so? I go, I know so. I know. I go. You only have a certain amount of time in this thing. I go, and your time should be invested with a real coach who's going to wow. hone your skills. I go. You you could be an all time great man. Wow. Yeah, I remember telling him that. He's like, you really think so? I go. I know so. I know so. You you really got to move on. I forgot about that part of yeah. it. Yeah. How influential was that in the fucking 
future of mixed martial arts. I hope it helped. You know, he did. He went to Winkle John. Yeah, Jackson I mean, Winkle John. Eventually, I mean, he probably he might have done it anyway. He might have. Who knows? But uh, I, I think it was a good conversation to have with a young guy. You know, it's like, listen, man, you, you, you have real talent. Like, you could really be something. But you got to be, you got to be coached by guys who are gonna. Find out your tendencies. Yeah, your bouncing and, technique isn't yeah. worth, isn't going to go take you that far. Well, I mean, fucking, he was so good. Who knows how far he might have been a world champion, even with the camp that he was in. Yeah, he's so good, and his wrestling is so powerful, and he's so physically talented. But it made a big difference for him to go to Jackson's and and be able to train on a regular basis with world class fighters. Yeah, being there on a daily basis with. Carlos Condit, who was you know at the top of his game back then. And, That's right. I mean Keith Jardine, and they they just had a massive. They had group with of Tate killers. Lomi, the the they called it the Ring of Fire, mm. where you go five rounds of sparring with to get ready for a fight with a different high level. I mean highest level fighter. So mm. like Nate Marquardt, like cool, that was round one. Get out of here, Jardine, you come in. Yeah. And now I just finished a fucking round with Nate Marquardt. Now I got to go with Keith Jardine. Cool, round three. Yeah. Jardine, get out. John Jones, you come in. Yep. And it's like, what? I mean, the training you got there, Craig Jackson's camp, we're like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a reason why so many extremely high level fighters were coming out of there. And then Rashad Evans was there as well too. Mm -hmm. And Rashad had a real problem with John coming there because Rashad was like, hey, this guy's in my weight class. Yeah, right. but what are you going to do? Have one guy each weight class? Right. It's an issue. Yeah. And then, you know, Rashad and John became friends. Yeah, they and never fought. They did fight. Did they whip? Yeah. They fought, and John beat the shit out of them. I don't even remember that. They fought after they had a big falling out because Rashad was upset that, you know, John wound up, John wound up getting a title shot uh, and beat Shogun because Rashad got injured. Rashad was supposed to get the title shot. Uh -huh. John steps in, and they were friends at the time. And then somewhere along the line, then the trash talk started. You know, I'll fight Rashad. Fuck it. And then it was like, man, I thought we were friends. And then oh yeah, that's back when it was like, you know, you guys can fight as friends. You don't. You don't have to like be at enemies yeah. with everybody. Fight. It's it's a sport, and it's a yeah. it's a money thing. And then when John beat him, it was a, a real drubbing, and it was. Uh, Five rounds. It was a decision, and uh, it was a, a real clear-cut, unanimous decision. He did some crazy shit to him, like step in, elbow to the face. Oh him. yeah, I kind of yeah. do remember this one now. And this was John when he was developing. John, it wasn't even John, like the John that knocked out DC. I remember him. What he was saying in fights that I didn't really ever see this with other fighters, where he would talk about after wins, talking about the holes, the mm -hmm. fuck ups he had yeah. more than the what he did right. Whereas most guys would be braggadocious, but mm -hmm. I love that. But it was like he was upset at things that went wrong. Yeah, I guess I gotta cover that up. That could get exposed. I gotta, mm -hmm. you know. John's a fucking smart dude. I mean, as reckless and chaotic as he is, and you know, I've said this before that I don't know what causes that kind of recklessness, but there is a direct correlation between traumatic brain injury, brain damage, and impulsive behavior and recklessness. It's a fact. It's well researched. It's it's well documented in, in neuroscience. They know that this this is a there's a connection. I I don't want to exonerate him from his past behavior, but we see that in football players. We see that in hmm. BMX riders that go crazy and fucking land on their head a bunch of times. People they get crazy. Wow. They get wild and impulsive. And it's just a fact. It's just a part of the game. You know they they those 
people that engage in any kind of an activity where your brain gets rattled on a regular basis, you are way more likely to do ridiculous things that don't make any oh, sense. That does make sense. Yeah, it does. That's what I said about John. I mean, you can talk to John about it. You know, um, and, you know, I know John was upset with me after one of those things. Before we actually did a podcast together, he was upset. And I said, listen, man, I have to be honest about everything. I have to be honest about how I feel about every single aspect of your performance, of your behavior. I have to be. It doesn't mean I don't love you. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't think you're a great guy. You're paid to give your commentary on I stuff. Ha I have to be. You don't really choose sides. I, I, can't, I can't. Not only can I not choose sides, I have to call what I see. It's, it's everything. Because if I don't, yeah. then no one's going to listen to me. Finish this because I have a comment on it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I remember finding it interesting that after Brock beat Heath Herring, yeah. um, went to whatever steakhouse he went to, and Heath coming in afterwards and f looking right at you said, like, he wasn't good. He, you were crit mm -hmm. critical of him. Right. He sought you out and was like, can I talk to you? And it was yeah. like, oh, fuck, he's mad. But he's like, he just wanted to express to you that he had this leg injury, and that's why he couldn't really defend that takedown. Yeah. But it's interesting how the fighters that I get to see, these fighters – respect your opinion enough to want to explain their side of it. Well, I appreciate that. Um, and there's always a side. Like, where I was talking about that fighter that has this pretty significant injury that he's dealing with right mm -hmm. now. Like, most people don't even know. And they wouldn't have known if, if he didn't tell you. And there's a lot of these guys that go into fights and they're really compromised. You know, they, yeah. they have hand injuries, back injuries, neck injuries. And this is just a part of this crazy sport where your whole objective is to injure people. So you're injuring each other in training and, you know, and you got to hide those injuries yeah. because then they'll exploit them. Right. Yeah. But then there's the, but this is why one of the reasons why I have to be honest all the time is because people, they respect the fact that I'm not going to, I'm not saying things because it sounds cool. I'm saying things because this is actually what I see. And it, maybe you have a different perspective yeah. and maybe you could share your perspective with me and I'll tell you why I thought this and maybe I'll change my mind and I'm not scared to change my mind, but well, I gotta say what I think. Yeah, and then it's cool that the fighters like I just you know I wasn't being a pussy. Just so you, I mean, I yeah. had a. I would never think Heath Herring would be a pussy. No, yeah, but, but it was just but they cared that yeah. you know the real truth of it, right. and not that I was bad. But like, here's the reason. Yeah, it, it was interesting how they respect your opinion like that. Well, a guy like Brock Lesnar, man, I swear that if Brock Lesnar got into the into mixed martial arts right out of college, well, it went college wrestler yeah. right into training, really learned striking and learned slowly, like took some small fights, like John Jones did. Yeah, yeah, and then, but really learned striking instead of like spending all that time doing WWE, which I'm sure he made a fuckload of money. Oh well, yeah. I mean, good Way for more. him. That's all great and everything like that, but. Man, I think he could have been one of the all-time greats. I really do. I really, he was he's so a freak. strong. Nobody, he's a freak. Nobody I remember cutting that much to heavyweight. Dude, he's giant. Yeah. But Those heavyweights also, would weigh in with their jeans on because they're like, oh, yeah. whatever I am. It was also, there was no testing back then. Oh, uh, yeah? You got to realize that the testing back then was horseshit. And the, way to, the best way to, to show that the testing was horseshit was to show when Alistair Overeem fought Brock. That was the steroid Olympics. Those two guys <laughs> together inside the octagon. Uh, but that was also Brock less than a year from diverticulitis surgery where they had to remove, I think, 12 inches of, that's his, crazy. of his fucking colon. Or his, um, well, it was, it's not even a meat eater. I thought it was at the time. Then I talked to... Of all people, Anthony Bourdain told me, no, nah, people get diverticulitis sometimes from seeds. Like oh, really? a seed will get stuck in your intestines. So and they had rot. 
Yeah, well, just things get caught and stuck. Uh-huh. Um, but they uh, they had to remove 12 inches of his intestines. So they had to he open never, him he up. He was done after that. Well, he was, and then he came back. But and, he was done as, yeah. as the Brock Lesnar that everybody feared. Well, he, he says that he was compromised even before that. He said he was compromised before the Kane fight and before a lot of his other fights, even the fight with Shane Carwin from Diverticulitis. Like yeah. he, he was suffering from it from a long, for a long time. And he just thought that, you know, it was just exhausted from training. But really, he was having this blockage and all this issue. Look at this. Jesus. Yeah, it was fun talking to... Uh, That's 256 is incorrect, by the way. That's not true. 265? When, when he weighed, oh, he was no. 265. If you look Who at... was, Overeem? Overeem was. Overeem was 265 as well. Wow. And if you look at Overeem on the scale for that fight... There's yeah. a there's there's that's a great picture of the two of them facing down like Jesus Christ they're both so jacked so big but and it's when, not like they're six ten when Overeem Brock is my height yeah um, when Overeem was um, was standing there flexing on the scale you're like what in the fuck is he on oh, like okay. right there what the fuck dude wow <laughs> and he's not even like really flexing hard he's still smiling he's so jacked. Oh my god! Dude, he was so jacked that he was so fucking. What was Anderson's jacked. friend's uh, trainer's name or, or manager's name? The bald George? white guy. Oh, with, oh, oh, um, Ed, Ed Soares. Ed Soares, yeah. And we were to ask him like about the Pride days, and he yeah. was like, "Oh, they tested for steroids in Pride." And you were like, "What? They tested for steroids?" He goes, "Yeah, I mean, they didn't do anything about it, but they just they tested." But they're like, "Yeah, you're both positive. Go fight. Who cares?" Yeah. Well, according to Ensign Inouye, not only did they not test in Pride, they put it in the contract: we do not test for steroids. Oh, I thought he said they tested and then just like we don't give a shit. But we just want to know. I think they test. They took they took tests, but they didn't really test you. God damn, those guys are big. Yeah. Look at was, the ring card girl. That oh, she was so young. Which one was that? Gorilla. He was a gorilla, son. Jesus. Yeah. His blonde hair. He should Big he should have fella. been a Nazi in the war. <laughs> yeah, he's missed his calling. <laughs> he would have been the, one of the most feared Nazis there were. Honestly, if he was a fucking Nazi, I would have rooted for the other team. He was a Viking. Yeah. Fuck Nazis, dude. He would have been on one of them boats with a dragon in the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I mean, underrated John Jones for a weed head. I mean, everybody gives all the credit to fucking Nate and Nick. It's oh, fair. Yeah. They've earned yeah. it. Yeah. But when you would give a fucking those breast strips, half a strip was the dose. That's right. And on the plane, he was like, "Hey, you got it." One of my finest compliments right. was John Jones. I heard somebody else goes, "Hey, you know, John Jones always goes, oh, Shafir, he's always got great weed." And I'm like, "Hell yes, <laughs> hell fucking yes, I'll take that." I gave him a package of breast strips, and he ate the whole package. Two to a pack. Half of one yeah. is the. And you're like, "Dude, dude, like, dude, half no. is the dose." He took two. And you're like, no, don't, don't do that. And he's like, Joe Rogan, I'll be fine. He was fine. I <laughs> was, was so scared for him. I was paranoid because I, I, I gave Tommy Buns a half. Yeah. And we flew to Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me, he goes, dude, he goes, I swear to God, when we landed, he, told, he goes, I didn't think I was going to make it. He I've goes, had one of those with you before. I really thought, I really thought I couldn't make it. I really thought there's no way I'm going to be able to survive this flight. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to have them land somewhere. <laughs> I almost told the stewardess before we took off. I, I was, <laughs> I was close off. to be like, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Before I, we were on the runway, the only thing that stopped me from doing it is knowing the abuse I would have taken from you verbally for the next two years. That I'm like, I'd rather die. I love those days. Uh, it was so fun. I was actually, um, I, I felt bad for you a couple times in my life. Why? One time, me and Nick Yusuf were doing a corporate in Vegas, and we went to the new Aria, and we took edibles, 
and we walked around, and I was like, oh, Rogan's too famous in Vegas. He can't do this. He can't get this fucked up and walk around <laughs> casually. But, but watching the fights on edibles, I'm like, ah, oh, it's too bad you don't get to experience this. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't. I have to do commentary 100% sober. I tried early in the days. Yeah. Early in the day, I did like one or two events where I was a little fucked up, and I was like, this is just too cloudy. I want to think, because <laughs> I would want to talk about other shit. Right. <laughs> the fight would be going on. I want to talk about space. Like that dude who had a stingray tattoo on his back? Stingray. He just fought in his last fights. He was on there. I think a guy who the fucking big black dude beat. In the last 13 seconds. Oh, Volkov? Yeah, I think he has a Stingray. I thought it was like a... Oh, yeah, it is kind of a Stingray. I could see it? you going like, what a great... Fa Dude, Stingrays are some of the most underrated <laughs> sea creatures there are. First of all, they're peaceful as shit. They haven't evolved in millions and millions of years. What a strange thing to have tattooed on your back. I wonder if he's like an ocean guy. He's really into ocean creatures. <laughs> dude, oh, dude, should I, we swam with those in... in uh, forget where. Oh, Flores, off of Flores. Really? Yeah, near where the Komodo dragons are. You fucking dive in and you're snorkel. You, were, you went to the Isle of Flores? Yeah. That's, that's where that little fucking man lived. You know, they had that, that human being that they found. What do they call it? Um, Homo floriensis, I think they oh, call really? it. Yeah, it was a little tiny hobbit-like person that existed, I want to say, as recently as ten to 15,000 years ago. There was like a three foot tall t kind of human. Oh. Yeah, there was. There's been many different branches of human being, right? There's been Neanderthal, they Homo sapiens. Yeah, there's a one from Russia, D Dionysus or something like that. I forget how to say. Like, look at that. Oh yeah, no, I met that guy. He ran a hostel. Yeah. I stayed in. Yeah, that guy was the the shit. He gave wow. you good good drugs. Um, but this little little person that lived uh, alongside human beings. Well, see if my timeline is right. Do they have speech? They don't know, but they know they use tools. Wow. Yeah. yeah they always make sure to paint them with tools to show you what 95,000, 70,000 years ago. Oh, that's it? 17,000 years ago. Wow. Why does it say Hobbit. debunked? What was that one? Hobbit, human species debunked? I don't think that's correct. It says new historian, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's probably an old article. Florences. What year? What was that article? When is that? 10 years ago. Ten years ago, yeah, was it ten years ago? Two thousand four. That's what. No, oh no, 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 the talking about. It, I'm sorry. Mm. So it's 2014 is the article. That's fairly recently. Yeah. I don't think that's the consensus. I don't think the consensus is that it's been debunked. The debunked part is about the cranial volume or something. Oh. The brain size, I guess. But not that it was a separate species. Yeah, cranial know. volume was calculated to be 430 milliliters, which puts it within the range of modern human living in the same region. They went further comparing the size of the circumference of the occipital. Is that the word? Occipital frontal section of the skull to patients with developmental disorders in that region of the planet. They found the measurements were indeed similar. If LB1 did have Down syndrome, then it would explain the short femurs as well. Hence, when calculated statistically for normal growth, they would yield a height of just over four feet, which matches up with some humans living on Flores. Wow. Mm. This is, I think this is probably one of those heavily debated things. But I mean, you're trying to recreate... You know. There's a thing called island dwarfism that happens to um, it's it's really odd because it happens to mammals, but the opposite takes place with lizards and reptiles. They get massive. Yeah, reptiles get massive, like Komodo dragons on those, the island of Komodo. Those are the scariest, funnest things. They're thing. giant. They get huge. 
they're they're monitor lizards really essentially that are enormous yeah. whereas elephants that live on islands get tiny they have these wow. dwarf elephants yeah weird yeah see that that's why because on islands there's less dwarfism. less room to have to cover so no less uh, resources oh so they adapt to the and fact so humans less too. food like look how tiny that elephant is that lives on those i mean it's an elephant that's like shorter than you wow and elephant I'm six three yeah it's like that's like an elephant that's like my kid's height. Like this is it happens with all sorts of different animals. See dwarf yeah, buffalo. Interesting. Yeah, island dwarfism. They think it's because these animals adapt to the fact that there's a, a limited amount of limited amount of territory. All right, they don't have to cover long distances to get to something. Yeah, it's fucking crazy what happens with animals, man. Over when time. when they figure out like what they need to do to survive. Like one of the things that uh, I was reading about really recently was um, these. Uh, fuck, I wish I had it off the top of my head. But these uh, moths that lived in a, a separate area, an area where things were darker, and they changed from a light-colored moth to a black moth, like, really quickly. Really? Yeah, like, really quickly. Like, they, they did it over a couple generations. And they're trying to figure out how the fuck this happened. See if you can find that. A couple Pepper, generations is so fast. Peppered moth, yeah. Really fast. Like, it, oh. it blew them away. Like, they don't understand how it happened so quickly. I think there's, like... There's there's so little that's truly understood about what adaptive changes can possibly happen within animals. Like for instance, there's this documentary called Relentless Enemies, and it's all about. Um, are you gonna piss in something? I am, dude. What I need you to accept in? it. It's just what are you gonna, gonna use though? Kombucha bottle. Oh, okay, where's the bottle? Right here. Oh, sorry. Oh, I thought that was full. It's the widest mouth. Oh, okay. You know what you should do? You should get one of those um, ice bags that people use for. Um, Definitely don't show that. We'll get kicked right, off right. of YouTube. Too much work. There's uh, <laughs> ice bags that um, people use, like compression ice bags. Yeah. And they have like a nice wide mouth. Oh, that's cool. I had some of them here, but I don't want to give it to you. God damn it. I was pissing in it. Didn't, didn't work? I mean, I You have too much piss? Too much piss. Okay. What else we got? There's nothing. The Yikes. Yeah, Are you topping it off? Get. Yeah, I'm topping it off. I'll use this. I'll use this. Well, why don't you just run off to the bathroom real quick and just hold on to your dick and scare Jeff? <laughs> why don't you just suck it? <laughs> mm, I don't think I want to do that. Don't piss in that cup, please. What do you got? What's that? Another cup. A tumbler? Yeah, go ahead. Piss in that. Okay, thank you. I don't know what that's for. <laughs> Definitely take that piss out of here, though, afterwards. Um, not, you don't, don't think want it with it me? I'm not going to waste it. I'm it on eBay. <laughs> My pieces with could. the. <laughs> That's the thing is, I bet you could. They're sell so that popular piss. now. It's like the piss that was on Joe Rogan's podcast. This is Ari Shafir's piss for real. On episode two forty-seven of his MMA podcast, using witchcraft. This is real Jew piss. Ooh. All right, give it a shake and let's get back to the okay. show. Okay. All right. Jamie's turned his head away. He's afraid of dicks. Jamie, don't be afraid. Of the glory. Are those me undies? No. Uh, I believe this might be actually. Yeah. Yeah, they are. How fucking comfortable are those? They're the best. Things? They're the only, one of the only two, maybe them and Blue Apron are the only, like, no longer sponsors that I'm like, I'll still rep you guys. So, yeah, what's going on with you and sponsors? Did did something happen where you said something crazy about a sponsor and they gave you a hard time? Yeah, man. ZipRecruiter, was that what it was? Yeah, it's okay. I get it. I'm not for everybody, but then right. it's like, we're, we can't work together anymore. Yeah. I just, I can't operate under the idea that you can tell them what to say. What'd they say? Don't say something? They said it's offensive. What, and did, I'm you, like, what did you say? It, it's. I think I, it was something along the lines of like, uh, if you're a human resources person and you have to uh, hire, you can your time can be spent better, you know, doing something else. You could fucking quickly hire somebody 
use ZipRecruiter, and then spend all your time masturbating in your office. You can bring in like a Ziploc bag and keep putting like used socks in there that you masturbate into. I don't know. I'm just going off, right. off the top of my head trying that's, to be funny. It's pretty reasonable. It's a three-minute read on a one-minute buy. Yeah. And then they're like, it's offensive. Like, that's fine. All right. But I, I can't be thinking about it. I, yeah. I refuse to let myself think about it, so I'll just give up the money. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some people get pissed at me, too. Yeah. And it's fair on their part. I get it. I don't agree, but I get it. That's your that's your right. Some of them are pissed at just language. Yeah, exactly. But I'm like, that's not the way I'm going to do it. Yeah, so like, we're done. But th- that's such a foolhardy way of looking I, at I it. I believe that, too. I believe a good sp- a sponsor read. That one I did with Segura for Satva Beds, where I was like... Him getting pegged in the ass by Christine, uh, Christina, and uh, and he's fucking bleeding out of his ass, but his knees are oh so soft on the sofa mattress. It's like, dude, Did they get mad. They got super mad. They made me go back in and edit and take it down. Which I'm like, now you're giving me war- more work to not pay me. They said take it down. Yeah, so I had to go re-edit. Why? Why do they have the right to say take it down? Because they're like, come on, we're a family company. I'm like, dude, my, but company. my listeners aren't ad- family. Why are you advertising on the Ari Shafir skeptic exactly. tag if you're a family company? Exactly. And I'm like, <clears throat> guys, I can give you gold once in a while if you let me be fully free. Yeah. I can give you something that's gonna pass around. Well, uh, I remember Burr got uh, Nature Box pissed at him. He goes, it's fucking healthy. Hey, hey, have a fucking apple. Yeah. You want, you want to eat healthy? <laughs> well, that goes against, like, I won't shit on the actual product. He couldn't help it. Yeah. They gave him the copy, and it's like, the, the healthiest snacks ever. <laughs> he doesn't pre-read it. He just, like, reads it, and as it strikes bullshit with him, he's just like, nah, I know, I know, we're done. Well, there are some, like, irrefutable sponsors. Like, for me, Squarespace, irrefutable, awesome product. But me Squarespace undies, always let me go do yeah, whatever I want. Whatever the fuck If me want. undies, If I started saying I wear me undies, they're super comfortable. Also, yeah. when you have that last bit of cum on your dick, it'll soak them up perfectly. Yeah. They, they'd be like, whatever. They don't care. I, you're they talking about me undies, right? Yeah. They're yeah. not saying, how dare you? I'd be like, hey, they get the dark ones. They cover up the fucking blood that comes out of your ass really well. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, oh, you're not shitting on the product. You're not saying it's uncomfortable, so go ahead. Yeah, it's those super corporate guys. The ones that zip recruiter, that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And it's like, it's fine. It's just, it's, yeah. I make money by continuously focusing on free speech. And I'll lose money in some spots and makes money in other spots. And this is all just part of it. Yeah, you can't really think about it like only looking to make money every time make more. Because that universal growth paradigm, you know, that's only for corporations. And then I'm going to be doing straight ad reads and my listeners are going to get bored as fuck. I'm going to lose listeners. So then I'll be able to make less money off ads in the long run because of that. More ads, less money as opposed to like fewer ads, more money. It's like. Well, not only that, it's like how much time do we really have left? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if we, if both of us live another 45 years, it would be fucking amazing. Yeah. That's 45 seasons of Sober Octobers. You know? That would be amazing <laughs> oh, if we no, got dude. 45. This is the last Sober October. Are you done? <laughs> I shouldn't have gotten roped into this one. Are you done because of the contest, or are you done because of the sobriety aspect? Can we do it in January? Why January? So October is the best drinking month in New York. We could definitely do it in January, but we, we, New Year's Eve. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or January. February. It's my January birthday. 2nd. But like, even to, yeah. Because technically, after midnight, you'd still be fucked up and you would November. It. I wouldn't mind November. Yeah, no booze November. No booze November. What about Thanksgiving? You have a little turkey, you want a nice glass you don't of need wine. That, honestly, though, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. the memories you have of Thanksgiving, they're uh, childhood, they're not alcohol based. No? Not really. You might want some, but that's what you really want is if you said no stuffing, you'd be like, hold on, that's part of it. Mm, yeah. But no alcohol on Thanksgiving, that's not a big deal. 
What about uh, March? March is okay. More sober March. Sure, that's okay March too. Is a bullshit month. The fuck goes on in March? March is a bullshit month. March Madness. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is March? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh. But yeah, but I'm, I'm not, not Irish. I mean, I'm barely Irish. Yeah, I'm like honestly, a quarter Irish. Spring break also. Happens. Spring break. Well, yeah, guess what? We don't school, have that well, anymore. It'd be a big like, deal. You have family. You gotta go. Whatever. There's always a reason. But October's a wonderful month. All the NYU kids have calmed down and gone mm -hmm. to classes, so like you can actually the city's back to yours again. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. And it's like it's, it's fucking hard. I just I pass my bars. I'm like, I want to fucking go. I want to go with Jay and mm. be like, let's go to a fucking neighborhood bar. Mm. It's fucking awful. A couple days away, buddy. We're only we We're have ten there. days left. Now it's just, what's really important is that we beat Bert. Oh, for sure. I don't care if you win. I don't care if Tom wins. As long as Bert loses. As long as Bert loses. <laughs> can I? Um, can I tell you? Can we talk about drugs at the UFC for a little bit? Sure. So with Diaz always bringing the breast strips, there'd be this time where it wouldn't kick in. It wouldn't kick in. You look over, you're like feeling it. You'd be like, ah, maybe, sort of. Or, or one of those Jolly Ranchers that they'd yeah. have. I remember having a side. I remember eating a Jolly Rancher like before the fight started because I would get in there so early with you, and um, just like just kind of sucking on it like this. And some other guy, nobody knew me back then, and was like, "Dude, I think somebody's smoking weed." I'm like, yeah, we come from somewhere, huh? You smell the weed from the Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, yeah, and nobody could comprehend back then that it could be coming up <laughs> from your Jolly Rancher. This it's only like from smokable. Two thousand three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um. And then you look over, you're feeling it, sort of, and then you look over again, and Diaz is just like, in a trance. <laughs> and you realize you are too, and you both look, and Diaz will go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> And you know he brought the devil in you. And it was just fucking great. And that's, I mean, I've talked about this on This Is Not Happening stories, where it's like, you don't even know who's winning fights, you just know you're enjoying you watching You guys did them. acid at one of the UFC events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Back when we were sitting with Kilstein, and, and, uh, and uh, we didn't tell him. Red band new, <laughs> and just doing acid. I remember how how into it you were. That part of me is you never quite know how people are going to react to things, so you really know them. And it, like it could have gone like, dude, it's my place of work. You can't, you know, just a small part of you thinks maybe. But then you're texting us while you're into the fights. Where are you guys? Where are you guys sitting? It wasn't one of those we got bottom floor. We were in the fucking stands for that one. And we, you kept looking at us until you found us. And you were like, <laughs> your hands over here, like, you're doing acid. This is so great. Oh, man, I've never saw, seen stuff so clearly. I remember Forrest Griffin coming in with uh, shipping up to Boston playing and everyone cheering. And I was like, this is the Coliseum. We're watching what it was like in the Coliseum for people fighting lions. Yeah. This is the, everyone's cheering for blood. How are we different than the Romans? Pretty fucking similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just a modern, more acceptable version of it. Oh, that acid at the UFC was so fucking good. Mm. It was great. You didn't want any food. Red Bank sort of took care of you a little bit. He was like, I'll, <laughs> I'll have some of the fucking Andy Dolores cookies. Yeah, we've done, I mean, I went to a bunch of events outside of the UFC where we got really fucked up on edibles. We went to that one in uh, at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, Strike Force. Yeah, we got yeah. we got fucked on we those. We got blasted in that one. Yeah, that was but fun. I missed out on a lot of that. Like, mm -hmm. you guys sitting there in the audience had a lot more fun than me. Six hours of fucking greatness. <laughs> so you take them early, and by the very end, it's yeah. like you're just coming down enough to like, let's go eat these steaks. Yeah, Joe Rogan's buying again, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. There was one in Calgary where it fell on Shroom Fest, and it was with Duncan. And I was like, hey, I got us mushrooms. And he goes, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, come on, I don't want to take mushrooms right now. And I was like, okay, I'll just throw them out. I'll get the mushrooms I had for you, I'll throw them out. I'll step on them on the ground and throw them out. So you want to, he goes, all right, relax, I'll take the mushrooms. <laughs> And man, 
it was so fun there because like you would take them you get bored there's some wrestling fight you know where it's like they're trying to outpoint each other and you're like let's go wander and you just go wander you go get a hot dog we put him into a maynard's which is like jolly rancher like like gummy whatever we'd stick him in there so you could reach for either a maynard or you reach in there and you feel something crunchy like a stick and you're like okay i'm going for that we just keep eating these mushrooms some random dudes were like hey you want to come fucking to our skybox and so we went into some skybox for a while until we got kicked out by security. And that was fun. Like, nice guys. You're great. Fucking giant pupils. <laughs> I saw a fucking security guard in Calgary as we were going in and already tripping and trying to smuggle these, these mushrooms in there. And this guy goes, hey, man, happy Shroom Fest. And I was like, uh, uh, okay, you're being cool about it. <laughs> like, you know about it and you're letting me go. I was like, thank you wow, very much, security, security officer. security guard knew about Shroom This was like a cop. One of those that they hire there. It, Calgary was fun. <laughs> Calgary's great. Uh-huh. It's a great city. Yeah, doing doing that, doing the edibles. I remember Alex Jones being there once, and Diaz giving him a cookie. And That's he goes, right. He goes, in hey, Vegas. this cookie. Yeah, and, and Alex Jones is like, what's in the cookie? And Diaz goes, eat the fucking cookie. Like, like what kind of stupid question is that? You know That's what's right. in there. We, we went to eat with him afterwards. He was barbecued. Barbecued. He was so much more reasonable back then. He's, I, I he's never, a different guy. I never understood how they made him from crazy conspiracy theorists <coughs> to alt-rightist. I didn't get the connection there. Well, that connection happened when he became united with, like, Alex Jones became united with Donald Trump, right? Because like, he was a big part of Donald Trump in, in the campaign days. In what Remember, way? Donald Trump would call in. He would call into InfoWars. And right. he knew that Alex Jones had a big base and Alex Jones would help him get elected. Donald, you know, Donald Trump was very clever in who he aligns himself with. Like, when you see him standing there... Listening to Kanye West, where Kanye West is ranting and saying all this crazy fucking schizo nonsense, and he's like this, hmm, that's a smart cookie. Like, mm -hmm. he's very smart in when he calls bullshit and when he doesn't call bullshit. He you know chooses what I'm saying? to call bullshit. Yeah, it's like, imagine if Kanye West was debating him, and they were doing a presidential debate, and Kanye was talking like that. He'd be like, what the fuck is this guy saying? Exactly. Like, what he's are like, you I saying? I think you're giving up for me, so I'll yeah. let you talk. Yeah. He's... You know, I just don't get how Alex Jones went to that, though, besides that. Guy. So that's what it was? Because he would have him on a bunch? Well, you know, also, alt-right wasn't a thing back then. you yeah. got to realize when, when Alex came with us to, to the fights, there was no alt-right. But he was more like lizard people yeah. or, like, or like, oh, it's a fucking government conspiracy. Yeah, he was all about— Don't get him started on 9-11. Yeah, like, he was all about certain conspiracies. I remember we were in Austin once when there was a shooting at a, at a uh, army base. We were there right with him yeah. when the when thing happened. About we were at a bar. Remember and that? And he goes, I guarantee you uh, they're not taking that guy alive. I guarantee they won't let him talk. And then an hour later, like, they got him alive. They shot him in the leg and they got him alive. He goes, yeah, of course they got him alive because they want him to be a fucking martyr for this thing. And it's like, or whatever. I don't want him to be a martyr, right? Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> no matter what, he's just, I'm spinning this yeah. to conspiracy. And then I, I just. That business is a tricky business. I just man. don't. That, how they said, like, now you got to be off the air now. And it's like, what? well, that's where it's fucked up. It's, just a lizard person guy. Well, I, it's not, though, because, like, people were concerned that you're giving out bad information, right? And yeah. they're concerned about it. But then with Alex, what came out was the Sandy Hook thing, the Sandy Hook denial thing. Was when again conspiracy? I don't get why that's right. But it was a conspiracy involving children being murdered and their parents being actors, and that everyone was like some sort of a crisis actor, and they were hired by the government to take away people's guns. This is this is okay, the, okay, okay. the most radical version of sure. Right? I understand, and I understand that's that's wrong and crazy. Mm -hmm. Where do you get 
from there to you can't be allowed to say these cra- – you've been saying these made-up things before. Right. You're saying it still. Well, it's a free I, I don't def- get why it's a hate monger. you got a really good argument. But here's the argument. The argument is what is Facebook? What is Twitter? What is YouTube? Are they private companies? Or are they which the they media? Most, most certainly are, or even more so. Are they utilities? Is it like the electricity? Is it like a phone? Like yeah. what should you be allowed to tell someone they can't use it? <clears throat> like or, I wonder if Jack said, hey, I'm shutting down Twitter. If the government's right. like, we're opening it back up again. Right. Or is it like NBC? Because if NBC is a private company and Ari Shafir says, hey, the lizard people are eating kids and that's that's who that's run 60 minutes. Yeah. And they say, no, 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 Ari, you're fired. Look, Roseanne made one fucking bad ambient joke and they canceled her and they kicked her off of uh they the, were looking to get rid of her for any other reason. They it's, weren't. It's, they were. They weren't. That's not true. <clears throat> Why do you say that? Because, the show was a huge hit. Because of the outrage over the first season when she was like, she supports Trump. Yeah, but I the talked show to Morgan about it. was a giant hit. But they were looking to get rid of her. This whole group was already saying, we want you out. We're looking for an excuse. Kind of like when they got rid of you at the comedy store over filming when it was like, come on. They already wanted to get rid of you. Well... And then they found an excuse to get it done. Mm, that's a tricky argument. Because they wanted her out I think so they, bad. I don't think they wanted her out. I think they wanted to minimize her. The and left she was hated telling, her. That's true. But she was telling me how they were changing the way they were writing things, and they weren't including her in the process, where she was very much included in the process during the first season. When they were writing for the second season, they were, they were basically excluding her from the process of premises and the way they were writing the show. I mean, I read, I read all the outrage about early on. It's like you're a Trump supporter, mm-hmm. and I read, I, I saw uh, someone like Ray Sani, some young female comedian, going like, when 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 Silverman was like, "Hey, watch my friend's show, Roseanne. She's great, great show." And she goes, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is the bitch I got to be fake with at a party and kiss her on the cheek, pretend I'm cool with her." And it's like, what is all this outrage over this pro-Trump thing? And I finally, I'm like, let me go watch it. And my friend, Jewish female leftist Morgan Murphy who wrote it uh, I talked to her later about it but I finally watched it and it's there's 12 characters in the show 10 of them don't talk about who they voted for at all one of them is pro-Trump one of them is anti-Trump there's also a little trans kid on there and that's it just one pro-Trump one anti-Trump and the outrage that I saw was almost like I don't think you guys could have possibly watched this episode Hmm. I think you're all reading headlines about stories and that's what I talked to Morgan about. I'm like, it doesn't seem like it could have come from the actual facts. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on, right? Yeah. And so I, I feel like it's the same thing with Alex Jones. When I'm going hate monger. I'm like, what? Alex Jones? Just crazy conspiracy guy. Most of it. Yeah. Most Where's of it. hate monger? Well, yeah. Um, Did there, you talk about taking away trans rights or, no, or anything no, like no. that? There, I, there, I there was get... some talk. Uh, there was some talk. Alex Jones was saying, and one of the one of the last final straws. It was talking about p- people taking up arms, and that, that people are not going to stand it. And you know, it's it's basically rabble rousing, which is like a lot of what people do when they're they're talking about the other side, trying to take away your rights, yeah. trying to take away your guns. We're not going to stand for it. You know. You know. And and. People are going to get shot, you know, that kind of talk. I mean, I don't know specifically what he said, but there's a problem that you don't know specifically, right? There's a problem that they can just decide that you represent a certain faction of thought. Yeah. And that this should be eliminated from, you should be deplatformed. Instead, 
Like, it's a platform for the, a conspiracy guy. Right. And they goes, people are going up to those those parents <coughs> and saying, like, your kid's not dead. Mm -hmm. And it's That's like, a real issue. Yeah, but it's like, he's not calling for that. That's what they're doing on their mm -hmm. own. Right. Um, somebody shot two cops in New York because of the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. You don't shut down the Black Lives Matter movement over that. They weren't asking for them to shoot cops. Right. Someone did that on their own. It was also an He wasn't asking Dallas. for them to do that. Right. No, he wasn't. You're so right. like, so like, I don't see how you deep platform. The only great article I've read was by a trans woman who said, "When I hear crazy shit like that, I feel like you're supposed to roll your eyes and then walk away. Mm -hmm. You don't say, "Hey, you need to get gone." Well, you know, deep platforming people—that's a good way to put it. That—that that is what they're saying, and it, it's also it seemed like it was a universal deplatforming because Twitter was one of the last places that kept him on, uh -huh. and then they decided that they were going to remove him. But I didn't see anything specifically. Yeah, yeah, like they have some rules, like that when they got um, who's a woman that was Rose McGowan, and then she was claiming talking about a, a rape, and people were like, how dare you? She 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 outed a rape, and then and then uh, you deplatformed her from that, or you. Just, took her down from that um and then that was the story that was a headline everyone's like how dare you jack is that the guy from twitter jack dorsey yeah, yeah how dare you and then he actually responded he goes oh no no she docked somebody she gave somebody's information about where they live and stuff like that and that's we already had that rule you can't do that right. nothing to do with why she doxed him well let's let's it was just google, over that why don't you google what exactly got alex jones kicked off twitter because he would twitter was one of the last platforms and then they can say hate speech. And hate speech is one of those weird, so broad. broad terms. It's like, oh, I hate you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I really am like, I, I don't, I think people are forgetting how the ACLU defended the Klan members. Mm -hmm. Because the free speech is too big a, 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 a fucking issue to worry about how I feel about what they're saying. Well, you know what's really interesting is that left leaning people the leftists are the ones that want to censor and deplatform and silence people on the right it is it's also both i think we but see the left more because we're in that bubble no, i think the, the right is doing it too we just don't well, we're not friends how with them are the white doing it they have no no power in technology the, the tech companies whether it's facebook google twitter oh, right. they're all left yeah and they're the ones who have the i mean this is where it's weird right it's because nobody saw this coming. It was media. Like you had Fox News, you had NBC, you had, you had your left and you had your right. More left than right, of sure. But there was power in the Fox News, you know, faction. They had their voice. But in the, in, when it comes to technology, there's not really an equivalent or commensurate company. Yeah. It's all left. Yeah. It's all left. There's not one right-leaning, large social media platform. Right. They don't exist. Should just stay out of it, but I, I get why that you then you get a Reddit situation where it's like okay, but suddenly it it it, it devolved into just child porn. <laughs> well, you Reddit. Know? The problem with Reddit is an anonymity. When you give people anonymity, and one guy actually lost his job because of it, because somebody decided, hey, this guy's such a fucking creep, piece of shit. Let's find out who the fuck he is. And they got his IP, and then they figured out who he was, and then he was like some guy who was a dad. Right. He was like some regular guy with a job. They got him fired, like you know, they he had a bunch of weird, you know, kid fucking type posts and a bunch of shit that just people. But some felt. of it's just like it's almost like role playing. Where it's exactly. like, you're not serious. Exactly. And it's all said I saw Holtzman as people were running out of the room yesterday or two days ago. He got a full room randomly <laughs> at the end of the night. Yeah, he spent he, his first three minutes like, <clears throat> like oh, yeah, there's too many people. I don't know what to do. I never get in front of this many people. Like, he couldn't handle it. And then he starts going. They start leaving. And he starts getting angry and more into his pocket, you know, into where he belongs. Yeah. And then as people are leaving, like, he's talking about child fucking and stuff like that. And uh, 
And um, he goes, hey, guys, uh, uh, peek behind the curtain. I didn't fuck a baby. <laughs> Just so you know, there were no babies fucked. So calm down. Well, people don't want to hear about that subject. Right. Oh, and that's fair. Yeah. They it's come like, to the eh, comedy gross. store to hear some wonderful jokes about people losing socks yeah. in the dryer. Right. So actually, honestly, walking out is a fine response. Yeah. Saying he can't go up anymore is not a fine response. It's a different response. Yeah. yeah. And saying you're going to boycott the comedy store because they don't do your kind of comedy. Uh, and if you want to boycott them, that's yeah. also okay. But yeah. just trying to get other people to. And like, All right. But there's that. this is a problem in that. There's no balance, right? If people are just right-leaning and people want to deplatform them because they have right-leaning beliefs and right-leaning ideas, like say if they support President Trump, I mean, yeah. he is the president. Whether you it's like, like it, and it's like you're allowed you to like vote for whom you want. Whether you like it or not, that guy's the president. And whether you like his policies or not, they are his policies. He's the president of the United States. And yeah. if someone supports that, deplatforming people who support him or support that is not the right response. The right response is a well-worded argument against that, that. that is against that, that is convincingly articulate. To the point where you you make an argument that this is a, a terrible policy, a terrible idea, and, and, and an objective fence rider like myself that watches that and reads it might go, okay, this guy's got a good point on the left. I want to hear both sides, but I need to hear that yeah. side in order to hear the alternative side. Like Dave Smith, who hates all politicians pretty much, mm -hmm. he was pointing out these like separating their kids from their parents thing. And he's like, yeah. it's gotten real bad with Trump now. And he goes, okay, that's true. But look at the picture they're using on the bottom right-hand corner. There's a date stamp on it, and it's 2014. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of shenanigans so with like photographs. Your, your anger is not even who you – so I, I you can't even bring that up? That's just shit journalism That's what that is. And and online journalism – look, journalists no, but are my, fucking fighting for their lives right they're now. They're bad. Their and state of journalism is terrible. It's terrible. And it's also – there's no money in it. There's, there's a problem is nobody wants to buy newspapers. Nobody wants to buy magazines. And it's really hard for online journalism to not resort to clickbait. Anger shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's literally how they make their living now is clickbait shit. And so, you know, they have a photo. This is with the stock photo. We got a little fucking kid who's crying, and he's standing in front of a, a Border Patrol guy. Throw it up. Use it. This is what we got. The story's real. The photo's not. It's, it's shit journalism. I think it, it really comes down to, like, when you see, like, a Norm MacDonald, where he's like, okay, I haven't done anything to anybody wrong. Mm -hmm. I just want to look at with compassion on another human. I'm like these are pe these are friends of mine, the people I know. What do you mean? Be specific. What you're saying about Norm Macdonald? Well, he said like Roseanne and and Louis and like they've lost everything in a day, and people don't really understand what it's like. Right. And I would like to see these friends, human beings, friends of mine, come out with the way. And he goes, honestly, I don't think Roseanne knew that lady was black. I, I don't think she makes that comment. And and then people go, fuck you, your can't your Tonight Show appearance is canceled. Yeah. And it's like, well, I didn't even do anything. Me and right. Norm Macdonald didn't do anything. Instead of taking that opportunity to go. Hey, let's hear him out. Maybe you can clarify what you mean. Right. Um, even say, no, I didn't mean it that way. They deplatformed right. him. They deplatformed because these women or people, I don't really know who they were, at The Tonight Show had their opportunity to fall on their sword. And they go, now we get to stand up for women's rights. We get to stand up for racial rights. Well, the uh, way to stand up for Instead of going, like, let's have him on. Exactly. Yeah. Have him on and say, yeah. have Jimmy Fallon go, what, what did you mean by that exactly? And then yeah. to clarify his position to now show, oh, I'm on your side, but people don't want that. They're more they're more interested in punishment. Yes. And so now you're punishing people who are on your side so you mm -hmm. can feel right. At the comedy cellar, a waitress was traveling to fucking work wearing her comedy cellar t-shirt after Louis came back. And somebody said, hey, headphones, take your headphones out. And she did. She goes, what? And they go, shame on you. 
to some waitress who, by the way, is not in charge of him coming back. She who, might have was actually it a guy or a girl that said shame on you. Don't know. I think a woman. Not sure. But this waitress might have been like heavily against him coming back. But there's no research done. It's just like I get my chance to show that I've stuck up for somebody. Instead of ruining some other woman's day who might be on your side. Yeah, well, this is one of the they things. They stuck that... a finger in Val's face after he came back. from goes, fuck you. After Who's they were Val? leaving. Who's Val's Val? one of the managers of the, of the cellar. And it's like, wow. so here's a fellow woman who hasn't done anything wrong. Right. And you're, you're, you're cursing her out so you can feel like I've done something mm -hmm. for the cause. Yeah. Well, this is something that the left does that the right doesn't do. The left attacks its own. Yeah. And they, they attack its own. They attacked like, Tina Fey once, said you're anti-feminist. And she was like, you're out of your what? fucking mind. About what? Five, six years ago. I don't remember. And she goes, you're out of your mind. I'm your leader. I'm on your side. You're attacking me for being anti-feminist. You're out of your fucking mind. They well, eat their own. They can't. They have bloodlust. They don't know how to control it. You're not trained in, in fucking fighting. Well, they're always looking for targets. They're always looking for targets. And in finding and establishing a target, you clearly establish that you're better and more virtuous than that person right. because you find offense in something that they do. They're not progressive enough, and they're a part of the problem. And so you cast them out, or you shut them down, or you deplatform them. Yeah, so I think with Alex Jones, they go, they, they pointed to that one a lot. They're like, dude, he said fucking Sandy Hook didn't happen. And mm -hmm. it's like, uh, okay, I, I'm not I'm not saying, I'm not, you right. try to now, I guess, straw man me into saying, I'm saying that's okay or that's right. 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 I'm not saying that's right. I just right. don't see the connection to this. I don't see the connection to Michael Vick killing dogs, which I'm not on the side of, to you shouldn't play football. Right. You haven't made that connection to me. And you're like, oh, you're saying it's okay to kill dogs? Like, no. See, Just the, why is that job not allowed to do? The connection would be if you have a private company, this is where, where it all boils down to. Like, do you have a right to use their platform? So you're not taking Alex Jones off the internet, right? Alex Jones still has right. his website on the internet. But if you have, uh, if AriShafir.com all of a sudden becomes Twitter, right? Okay. There's, there's a separate thing, though. Private company, are they allowed? And private right. company, should you be doing that? Right. Should you be doing that? And it's like, right. I, what the laws are, I agree with only a portion of the laws. You Do know? you think that this is in response to like the type of, type of shit that has happened at Reddit? That Reddit has gotten so fucking out there in so many different ways. And so, like, the, the especially the Trump section of Reddit. Yeah. Like, people... Let them be there. They're not right. doing anything to anybody. They're not planning attacks. But people who, if you say, if you own that company yeah. and you were one of the people that was responsible for trying to sell ads for Twitter or for whatever, what I don't think Twitter has ads, but if you had like established guidelines of what you could and couldn't say, one of those things would probably be no hate speech, no racism, no this, no that. But you can't promote false conspiracy theories that hurt other people. Right, you you could get away with saying that. Right, so it's not about so it's kind of like the 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 Rose McGowan thing where it's like oh no it's not about you just can't dox anybody. What is this, Jamie? This is from, <clears throat> this is from a NPR interview with uh, Washington Post reporter about why. Right. He, like, Let's read this. It says, know. and when I spoke to somebody at Twitter, they said one thing that weighed very heavily on them was the way that Jones conducted himself outside of a congressional hearing where Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey was testifying about the way the company moderates content online. Jones specific, essentially went after Republican Senator Mark, Marco Rubio, interrupted one of his press conferences. He yelled at Dorsey at one point as he was trying to leave the building, and then he live-streamed the incident where he was attacking a CNN reporter, hurling verbal insults at him. The video was broadcast on Periscope. 
Periscope, which is the live streaming site owned by Twitter. And so in the minds of the company, it essentially was too much. He had gone too far. And so they kicked him off the site. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're talking about your right, it's like, sure, I guess it's their right. But I disagree with them doing it. I would, I would like a world where you're like, we don't, unless it's physical harm to someone, possibly monetary, like direct monetary harm, like I'm stealing from you, mm-hmm. infringes on your rights, then do what you want. Say right. what you want. Right. It doesn't infringe on your rights, then keep going. Well, the problem becomes who's to decide what is hate speech. Exactly. Who's so to it's decide. like we don't decide that. Yeah. And who's to decide? Is, is saying retard in a Tom Segura special hate speech. Right. It's, it's, it's such a slippery slope mm-hmm. that the only way to do it is if you infringe on someone's right, you've gone too far. If you haven't, you have not. Mm-hmm. It's yelling fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. It's, it's free speech until you're like someone is, going to get, is getting hurt from this or it's po- very possible they will. You can see why they would. Not just like it might hurt their feelings. It might make it harder for them to, to, to be a, a kid in this world. If mm-hmm. you say it's like, no. Yeah. No, I agree. But I also agree that if you're NBC or ABC or CBS and someone says things that you feel violate your company's policies, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone promotes some outlandish conspiracy theory about children that get shot in Parkland really never died, and their parents are all crisis actors paid by the CIA, okay. it's a psyop, and you know this person is on CBS, okay. you could fire them from okay, CBS, sure. right? Now, now, another, now here's the question, g- mm-hmm. but let me fin- finish here. So is Twitter like CBS? Because they're both private companies, and are the people who are on broadcasting on periscope and on youtube are they essentially someone who is i mean you kind of are you working with or for youtube if you're broadcasting on youtube i mean how do you look at it like yeah you- i don't think so i think it's a private thing and i think i think if you're making a video on uh, how to make a bomb um okay. i think the authority should get in there Right. So you can't do that. But what if you're making a video about how there's some people out there that are lying about their children being shot? Same thing. Get the authorities in if you think it's leading to harm. But it's not the company to do it. So you don't do think it. you should be allowed, if you're YouTube, you don't think you should be allowed to tell someone, hey, you say a bunch of shit that's not true and it hurts people. What's, what's, what's the word hurt mean? Well, okay. If your children were murdered and there's some guy screaming on YouTube that you're a crisis actor and nothing ever happened to your kid, your kids, it's a lie, and there's rubber kids on the ground with fake blood and they can prove it yeah. with a hologram. You shouldn't be able to remove them from your do, your platform. Do you remember um, what's his name from? Um, and by the way, I'm not arguing. Yeah, one I know, I know. The other, do you but this is the, important for people online to understand. This is. Do you remember the Kansas pastor? What's his name? He died. Kansas pastor. Which we one? talked on the radio once. The, the Baptist church, something Baptist church, and he would go to um, funerals of of. Uh, oh, Phelps. Yeah. 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 And he would go there and say the reason your son died is because gays are around. Yeah. And he ruined people's funerals of a, of a child who died. God hates fags. Yeah. Com. Yeah. yeah, and not and these weren't gay soldiers; mm-hmm. it was just soldiers. Right. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And then other people had to do things like create a blockade around their cars and say, "Give us tickets. We'll right. eventually move, but the funeral will be over." Yeah, man, that's sucky behavior. But you can't stop them from doing it. Okay, you so, can't okay, stop so go to it CBS. in terms of public discourse. Yeah, so go to CBS and say that, and say like, well. We can take you down because you've said things that are totally untrue. Right. What about the guy who gets caught smoking weed in uh, Iowa's a legal state in um, in Alabama? Could you fire him for that? 
Yeah, but that's a different thing. Well, it goes against what we think is okay. Yeah, that's a slippery slope. I I mean, mean, if you're saying, are you allowed legally? Yes, of course. But morally, no. I think you're a fucking platform for speech. So let all the speech in. Mm. And 4chan got written up as this fucking hateful place where really they're just trolls. And they know one of the best ways to troll is using Donald Trump. Well, you know, there was a really interesting case with 4chan that I, I found preposterous where they trolled Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. Because Shia LaBeouf. You know, they took down that, that podcast. Yes, we talked about to it. it. It was great. It was great. It was great. It was hilarious. And people go, how dare you promote 4chan? They're a hate group. And you're like, the you KKK. didn't listen. Yeah, you didn't listen We've just all. said that they're not a hate group. Yeah. And you're like, fuck you. I don't like that interpretation. Fuck you, Norm MacDonald. I like the interpretation. She did know that lady was black. Okay, you went real far with that. But so yeah, they're I, saying, I see fuck you, saying. you can't say Roseanne wasn't racist. Uh, he's, like, he's not saying racism's okay. He goes, Norm is saying, I don't think she was, knew that lady was black. I agree with you. 4chan is not saying, pro-Trump, fuck all of you. Pro-Trump, uh, 4chan is saying, this will fuck with you. Let's yes. fuck with you. Well, they're saying, fuck Shia LaBeouf, because he's, he's a goof. And they, they decided to use science, and they literally, they, they, they studied the stars in the sky. Oh, it was amazing. Amazing they, trolls. They had someone drive around and beep their horn so they could triangulate the area where this was taking See place. See where the airplanes were going overhead. Took the, fu- yeah, took, wow. took the fucking flag down and went, fuck Shia LaBeouf. In a day. Yeah, they found it, it somewhere in the world. And the podcast was great. Mm-hmm. And there was no hate involved. It had nothing to do with political ideology. It had nothing to do with racism and nothing to do with hate. And people were saying, oh, you're supporting 4chan. You know, 4chan supports Hitler. No, listen, 4chan is just a bunch of people. And it's like, yeah, they've just said in that podcast that 4chan does not support Hitler. Yeah. They go, Trump will fuck with people. Let's align that with some fucking weird frog yes. for no reason. It makes no sense. Right. Yeah. And that's now explained to me where that frog thing came from. And I'm like, oh, you just pulled a random thing out. Well, most of that frog thing was fu- was fun. Yeah. And there was a few instances of that frog which were racist or KKK versions or Nazi versions. And then people decided that whole frog sure, was racist. But, but the swastika is used all over major- Indonesia as a good luck sign. Different different case. The vast majority of the use of that frog was not racist. Right. The vast majority was feels bad, man. Yeah. It was silly. Trolling. It was just being silly. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was like you can't like and it's you okay. can't ha- let people co-opt a frog, mm-hmm. you know. And NPR, I think it was NPR uh, podcast. It might have been. I'm not sure what the company was. They were like, "Yeah, we'll take it down. You can still have it. It's still on like YouTube." It was Radio Lab. Radio Lab. Okay. Yeah. And they're like, "Sorry about that. We'll take it down." I Is think it still on YouTube? I just heard it. Well, I, after it was I taken downloaded down. it, and then when I went to send people to it, I found out on the show on the podcast that it had been taken down. And I was like, you got to be fucking I think the iTunes me. version is down, but you can still get it other places. But for them to apologize is me saying, okay, you're weak. You're allowed to take that down. Right. But for someone else to come in and say, you can't make podcasts anymore. Right. Is yeah. like really dangerous. Good point. And that could have happened from that if someone had said, no, we're not going to take it down. So NPR Radio Lab is now panned. a hate monger. Right. Exactly. They support they support 4chan. 4chan supports Hitler. Radio Lab supports Hitler. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a circular logic. Yeah, yeah, so the only answer is you have to have a strong line unless it's causing direct physical damage to someone. You, it's, everything's allowed. Well, what they, they were... The internet's they, a horrible they place. Should have ne- it's a great place, too, though. Yeah. They should have never fucking taken that down. Nope. They should have been like, that you guys are wrong. You need to listen amazing. to it. And it made something... me laugh so hard, so hard how hard they trolled him, how they yes. got together. 
in a trolling as a troll. And they use science. Oh my god, they use logic. These things. These are smart fucking people that figured out where that flag was. Fuck you, Shia LaBeouf. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's hilarious. It was such a good podcast. But meanwhile, by the way, me talking about it on on people are like I can't believe you don't get it. You know, you you're fucking. You always have all these white supremacists on. Are you alt right? Are you this? I mean. Every day people will tweet at me with stupid shit like that. And that one podcast, me saying how great that podcast was in particular, people saying, what the fuck is wrong with Joe Rogan? You know, I used to think he was a good guy. Now I think he's a white supremacist. Or he's a fucking racist. He's a KKK Dude, person. Yeah, I get it's this so stupid. One of my favorite books, maybe my favorite, I don't like to use that word favorite, but like The Fountainhead. It's Ayn Rand. Mm -hmm. And people go like, oh, yeah, she's a socialist, just so you know. Oh, you know, she took fucking Social Security in her old age. She never did. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I used to shit on and Ayn Rand all the time myself. And then I realized I've actually never read a book, read The Fountainhead, and it changed my life. Like, not even a little bit. It's the direction of my career. My stand-up so? career. It freed me as an artist. It, how so? You got to read it, bro. But it's, it's, it's all about how- I read a chapter of it like 15 It took me a year ago. and a half to read. Yeah. It, every chapter, I'd sit down and I'd think about it for two weeks. What I read, the, the the and Jordan Peterson talks about her as a as a philosopher. He doesn't like her as a novelist. She he's like she's great. What 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 was about it? Made it shows you like a true artist and it shows you a a, a jobber, and a jobber. Yeah, hmm. like pro wrestling style. Sort of someone who's just like doing it for the money. Oh, okay. as opposed to a, a pure okay. like Abby Abby Martin. Abby mm -hmm. Harris, what's her name? Which one? The journalist. Abby Martin. Abby Martin. Where she's like, oh, I don't want to just take money for reporting. I want to actually real report now. Yes. So she's a kind of a true artist, at least yes. in that moment. And none of us can be a fully true artist. And none of us are really just full jobbers. We all have a little bit of artistic taste. Even the jobbers have the fucking little bit of like, I want to do something interesting. Mm -hmm. You know? And the full artist, it's just, uh, it's almost an impossible 100% ideal. But if you can only aim for that, if a sponsor says we need you to fucking tone it down, to realize like, oh fuck, I just gave up another four grand. Nah, sorry, I can't use you anymore. God well, damn it, what, I hate this. That's what fuck you money is all about. Sort of, yeah. But this guy didn't have fuck you money. In the fountain. This guy's like, I'll go back to open mics. I'll go back to open mics. You can't take away my ability to freely do this, no matter what. So it freed me in terms of like being able to think that way. It was really, really informative to me. But if I had just heard these people going, fuck her, she's a socialist, and then you read it like, oh, I'm not getting what you're saying out of this. I, I, I'm missing this amazing stuff. Mm. So the people who just go, fuck you, 4chan is hate mongers, like, you didn't really even, you're not even listening to what they're actually doing. Well, as soon as you eliminate nuance and you, you, you have reductionist ideology, right? You just want to reduce something to, mm -hmm. oh, he's racist, oh, he's hateful, oh, he's this, he's that. that, that is the, that's where ideas go to die. Because you, you, you eliminate what, is, what it is to be a human. What yeah. it is to be a human is to be constantly conflicted, to deal with a bunch of different contrary ideas bouncing around your head left and right all the time. You know? And if you, if you want to eliminate the ability to talk to people that you don't agree with, boy, you're living in a fucking bizarre bubble because you're not going to agree with yourself five years from now, most likely. Yeah. I mean, if I had an argument today with exactly. myself 15 years ago, I'd be like, yeah, man, you're a fucking dumbass. Like, yeah. You need to stop thinking this way. You need to stop doing this. You need to look at yourself more objectively. I, I like, would argue I with myself. Can I tell you what I, why I think that? And just yeah. like, listen, if, I mean, the fact it was so divisive, but like no one listens to the other side. I'll, I'll give the easiest argument to me is abortion, mm -hmm. where it's like, well, both sides are pro-life, the idea of life. 
And, and both sides are also pro-choice. No one's against choice. But you're not hearing the other side. So one side is saying um, it's a woman's right to choose. It's her body. It's her choice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but yes, it's her body. But it ain't a tattoo. There's, you know there's more to it than just her body. Right. And then the other side, it's like it's a human life. Like, okay, yes, it's a life. But also this chick has to carry it for nine months. She's got to change her whole body in order to carry it. It's not just simply it's a life. It's not like they're going in and murdering babies. Right. It's in a human life. So can you guys actually talk? Can you guys really talk and own up to like it's no more than just one side? But no one's willing to give up any ground. Yeah. Right. The so people then we won't on, talk. The people with the pro-choice are saying, no, it's a woman's right to choose. And the people that are pro-life say, no, you're killing a baby. Yeah. And if you give up any ground, the babies are going to die. So then or you can't even talk. Or you're going to take away a woman's right to have an abortion. And then she's going to have to carry a bunch of kids from people that raped her. Uh-huh. I mean, this, this is the worst case scenario and extremes on both ends. Yeah. As a booker, as a former yeah. booker, it's uh, someone who books a show, they're like, you need more women. It's like, oh, I'm looking hard. But you have to understand that I'm not going to hurt my product over it. I do want diversity. I want diversity of opinion on there. I want diversity yeah. of experience. Mm-hmm. I want some Australians. I want some mm-hmm. fucking black people. Ali Sadiq gives a far different life experience than I do. Right. You know, forget about my race. Just his life experience is way different. You know, Ali Sadiq and Byron Bowers, both black guys, gives a far different worldview. Yeah. You know, so I do want that diversity of experience. But I'm not going to hurt my. Pro- I'm not going to get some shitty guy who just was in prison and doesn't know how to tell a story. Right. So I'll work hard. Meet me halfway. Right. I will do it, but find me quality people. Yeah. So I'll go this... to fucking Atlanta and find Miss Pat, but I'll go. I have to go far for it. So if somebody cancels on my show and now I have five white guys, don't be like fuck you. Look into it a little more. It's like I just had two chicks cancel. So meet me halfway. Well, whenever you're looking for diversity as opposed to looking for the best possible product, you've, uh-huh. got, a, you've got an issue. Yeah, and part of that best product out, is some diversity of sure, opinion. That is, that is, but but it should be good. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why the two are mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that there's only a certain limited amount of good ideas that come mostly from white people is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So there's plenty of ideas that will come from Asians and plenty of ideas that come from all sorts of different ethnicities that are also excellent. So it's just finding them. But when you guarantee that you're going to have five of this and five of that, that's when you're going to have a real fucking problem. Yeah. So I had my friend, my uh, friend, um, Colette said that what they're doing in the, in the, um, in the business world is they're taking what their industry is, the numbers of, let's say men and women only forget Mm -hmm. about black and white and latino whatever just men and women they're taking the number of people in that industry and in order to correct uh uh, an overuse of males let's say or the other way overuse of females in like autistic training you know but let's just say in the business world it's 70 30 making that up okay Uh, so what you do is they forced you instead of face where california does like you must put a woman on your board yes which means like okay if we just we had three board members one left and we have to hire a woman now. Wait, Bill Gates just became available. He wants to work on our board. Can't hire him. Can't hire him. That's hurting my company. You got to hire him. He's Cindy great. Cunty He's face. great. Yeah. So what they said is, in order to correct it, they will interview at a 10% higher rate than the industry numbers. So that they'll be exposed slightly to more of the people that are underrepresented. And over time, that would correct the issue without hurting any company. I have hmm. to hear... Well, let me hear why you think you're right for the job. And eventually, you will hear people like, wow, she was actually really good. Let's actually hear her there. But if it's still Bill Gates, you're probably going to get the job over him. He's got his fucking, he's got his resume. Well, that's where Jordan Peterson comes in with this equality of outcome uh, argument. And the equality of outcome argument is it's a dangerous argument. If you guarantee equality of outcome. But I want to hear you. If you guarantee that 
women are going to make exactly the same amount as men. And so even if the man works harder, the women is still going to make the same amount of money. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And vice versa. It could happen the other way, too. Yeah. Sure. But so th- with the anybody NFL or did, anything. Yeah, the NFL said you have to interview. I mean, we're predominantly black. You have to interview. Interview. Not hire. Interview one black candidate before you hire somebody. So at least these people get heard. And sometimes you go like, that guy was actually pretty fucking good. Let's really consider him. And then they get hired a little more until it just shifts the needle. But only qualified people. Right. Ideally, what you would want is no racism. Right? No racism, no sexism. That's ideal. And not to have to make some laws for it. Yeah, but we're not in that world. That's not the world we live in. But it would be nice. Yeah. That would be what we would really want. For sure. Would really want is this is never an issue at all. You're only getting people that are great at it, and that way, we, if 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 racism was not an issue at all, if there was no racism whatsoever, what you would say is, oh look, it seems like Asian people gravitate towards this. It seems like people of this color or this culture rather gravitate towards this activity. Yeah. And I wonder why that is. Instead of, instead of saying, why don't you hire more white people? You'd say it seems like white people aren't really interested in that job. I mean, the, the cleaners, se- the cleaners in, in New York is the very Asian job. Yes. Why? But you're not like you need to hire white people. You right. need to hire black people. It's right. like it's, but because it's not it's a sought not a after high job. prestige job. Yeah. That's why so nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. But if it was a CEO of large financial institutions, you would say this is ridiculous that it's all this yeah. and not that. Ideally, it would be a fascinating social experiment or a, a, a social observation to find out what genders, what sexual orientation, what race, what, ge- what, what ethnicities gravitate towards specific jobs if those jobs didn't have a hierarchy of desire, right? If, if there wasn't some jobs that are far more desirable. Yeah. I mean, the, the, one of the arguments I had really early on in Hollywood was with this guy who was a really nice guy, but he was Asian. And uh, he was saying, there's no fucking roles for Asian actors. This is bullshit. And I was like, okay, why don't you make roles? It's like, it's not that easy. I go, I get it. I understand that it's not that easy. But do you think that someone should have to write an Asian leading man because you have a hard time getting a job? Right. Like, what should they do? Like, how should it be There's also no roles for ugly people. Right. It's true. Like, what about, you know, what about people who are dwarves? Yeah. There's no, there's very few jobs for that. Very few, and but one guy's killing it. What, that one guy's dominating. That Game of Thrones dude. They, what would you do? Like, what, what, what would you do to correct that? Is the question. It's not whether or not the world is fair. The world's not fair. There's no five foot tall white guys that are playing in the NBA. No. That's not fair either. Yeah. There's weird shit that just happens to be reality. Like, what do you do to correct that? And, you know, he was really adamant that Hollywood is racist. They're not hiring Asians to be leading men and Asians. And I'm like, okay, I see how it would be frustrating for you as an actor. But if you if you're a screenwriter and you're a guy who writes a story about a white guy who moves into a haunted house and, you know, he falls in love with this woman and they buy a house together and the house winds up being haunted and there's monsters. You're saying should you should someone have to change that to an Asian guy so that you get a job? Like, yeah, it's what? also simplistic because it's like it's in terms of not not hearing the other the other argument. It's like okay, sure that that guy could be anybody. Right, that guy could be any any race. Right, but if me, I'm not Hollywood. I'm a guy making this one movie. Right, and if I cast an Asian, I'm probably going to make far less money than if I cast a guy who looks like most of the movie ticket purchasers. Or, which is a white guy. Or a famous person, which you know absolutely. is going to sell big-time tickets. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So then it's like, 
you want me to correct what Hollywood is, but I'm not Hollywood. I'm just this producer for this movie. That become that's something that my friend Frankie Renzulli said to me once. He said, "There's no Hollywood. Right? There There's no, no. That's what they said about the AIDS cure. They're like yeah. doctors have the cure, but they make oh. more. They make more money in in selling off the uh, treatment. Off the treatment. But I'm like, but there's no such thing as doctors. There's no doctors group. So right. if one doctor had it, he would be a billionaire. Right. If he just released the cure. Well, this is the main problem with conspiracy theory, is that everyone's working together. Mm -hmm. They think that everyone's working together as a part of some grand thing to keep the knowledge that the world's flat away from the general public. Like that kind of stupidity. But that comes from a, a lack of understanding of how human beings interact with each other and about how magnificent a discovery so gigantic would be to the one person that exposed it. Yeah. But that person's going to keep their mouth shut. For what fucking reason? For yeah. what reason? That's n nonsense. Now, I will say with that in mind, there is a thing that when you interview a, a white lady or a black dude for a job, a lot of times your uh, predispositions towards those races or genders go in and go like, I don't I respect you as much as your mind is there. I, I kind of like disrespect you a little. I don't think you have the brain that uh, someone who looks different has. So now you're like not letting them get the part or get the job they would have gotten not the part. Not Hollywood's the part. so the garbage. Part, yeah, the yeah. part doesn't work. But the job, job, because like, ah, really? You're smart? No way. Right. A woman's going to do the best yeah. job. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. Yeah, when you ever see like a, an actor who goes on to like write and direct his own thing, you're like, what? Because most actors are fucking idiots. Right. And then when you see one that's actually intelligent, you're like, I would not have expected that from you. And that well, happens also with race and gender. So that you do want to correct. Yes. Well, that's what Billy Bob Thornton did with, with Sling Blade. He couldn't get jobs. Made his own. So he decided, you know what? Swingers. I have this crazy character. I'm yeah. going to swingers. Exactly. John Favreau. Yeah. They decided to make his own movie. Rocky. And, yeah. I mean, sort of. He just made sure he played. And he wrote character. it. And he wrote it. Yeah. yeah. But he did go to a major yeah. know, studio. But you, you can't mandate creativity. Creativity is a different element. Because, like, look, how many fucking books has Stephen King written about Maine? Yeah. Like, it's right. every other book is about Maine. You but, can't tell him he can't write a book about Maine because people from Kenosha, Wisconsin are upset and they think that yeah. you're, you know, you're locationist. But I do like what they do in the UK in their, like, the first year of Black Mirror, which was UK-based. Mm -hmm. They don't, they just let black guys play roles it's not they're not playing black person they're just like there's mixed race couples they're just right. they're just people they're way further along than we are in terms of that in terms of their social consciousness of the zeitgeist in general they don't see Who race is? as much the, Europeans? English, english english you know well uh, that they say they see they see sure, indians and pakistanis and stuff like that they see that race mm -hmm. really hard still we actually probably see that less but in terms of black and white, they're they're which is way more like uh, okay, they're just people, right? Um, That's interesting. Yeah, because they don't have a history of slavery like we do. Mm, maybe Civil it's War. stopped earlier. I'm not mm. sure. I mean, way back they had the Moor in in, in sure. Shakespeare, but like, I don't know. It's just not as bad as us, right? For whatever reason, I'm not really sure of the causes. But then people, black guys, can just play a role. Yeah, there was an argument about that with with Black Mirror that I I found was kind of silly. Someone was saying, "Oh, I'm upset about a Black Mirror because it's like every show has a woman lead in every show." I go, "Step away and look at the shows. They're fucking fantastic." Yeah, yeah. Is that the, that's the show right. is so matter. good. Yeah, why do you? But that's someone who is so upset by this whole idea of diversity and enforced diversity that they're looking for it even yeah. when it's not relevant because the, sh the actual work itself is yeah. so good. So like you shouldn't say the new Ghostbusters sucked because it was all women. You right. should say the new Ghostbusters sucked because no one was calling for a remake of it. Right. And it sucked. Or 
Star Wars, the new Star Wars, like when you had uh, Carrie Fisher and Laura Dern were like the major generals, and you're uh -huh. like, what? Yeah. This doesn't even work. Like, maybe it doesn't work because it wasn't written well right. and because they didn't really pull it off, but you're telling me you couldn't have some badass chick like Sigourney Weaver when she was in Aliens who dominated the film and nobody gave a fuck that she was the lead. I mean, look how good exactly. it was. Because so good. And look how, Alien cool, was so look how good. cool the blonde chick is from Game of Thrones. Perfect example. You know, and Cersei's. Yes. They're like, yeah. they're so, no one's like, oh yeah, whatever. It's like right. no one thinks of them right. as, as women. They're just right. like strong characters. Yeah. Omar from The Wire, who was gay and black. Like, no one cares. Right. Because it was just like, good. he nailed it. Yeah. But then how do you, the, yeah. You have to like, like not see it and be like, who's going to be great in this? And also give a representation of, you can't make all the gangsters white because it'd be unrealistic. Right. Well, you know what I mean? We've seen this in comedy too, right? We've seen, there's a difference between enforced diversity and people who just happen to be diverse but are brilliant. True. And we've seen this where, where they're trying to enforce like certain aspects of stand-up comedy. If you say nobody comedy, with mustaches, you're yeah. going to make your product worse. Yeah. Well, we, I mean... How many times have we seen this? And people will say, hey, you know, why aren't there more women at the comedy store? Why aren't there more this? Why aren't there more that? Whoops. Oh, yeah. That, la that lady who said, like, Whitney Cummings only got three spots last month explained that. I'm like, wait, you, what you're doing is accusing. But if you're actually asking why did Whitney Cummings only get three spots last month, it's because Whitney Cummings called in for three spots last month. Yeah. She gets every spot she wanted. Yeah. She will tell you that if you ask her to her face. She's one of the ones so who's carte blanche. So are so, you. Yeah. You don't get you don't call in and not get a spot. There's certain people yeah. who get the spots they want. Yeah. So she's one of them. Yeah. She's so the answer is she's busy. She yeah exactly. The she's answer is not busy. sexism there. Yeah. Well, that's nonsense though. That that kind of thinking almost always comes from people who suck. If you look at their art, they're almost always bad. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact. They want equality. And that's not of new. Outcome. I was talking to Lisa about this recently. It's not new, it made me realize. Same thing when Dane Cook got big. People were like, oh, because he's good looking. And that was a bunch of sucky guys who weren't killing every set like Dane was. Sure. And they were going, there must be a reason, other than it's on me, right. why I'm not as big as him. Yeah. So how about the good looking thing? That's off me. I have no control over that. Right. And it's yeah. really like, dude, that guy kills 19 times out of 20, and you kill two out of 20. Yeah. Like, can you possibly say it could be based on that? But it's the people that are complaining are almost never doing well anyway. So this why are they complaining? Are True. They, I mean, what, what's, what's going – I mean, you're not going to hear certain people – you're not going to hear Bill Burr complaining about other people doing well. Well, Chappelle well. said it. He goes, right. I mean, black comics who do well, they're all successful. Hugely. You guys, if you're doing well on stage consistently – as a black comic, there's no question you'll be you'll be doing a, you'll be making doctor money. He didn't say that, but like yeah, that's what it is. But that's what it is. Yeah. Well, comedy in many ways is very egalitarian in that way. You get laughs, it's, you don't. Yeah. You, I mean, you are what you are. You, yeah. Either you're really funny or you're not. And, and there's black rooms for black comics. There's something that's like so. Like I mean, that doesn't relate to certain white audiences. Like I just can't figure it out. But there's rooms for them. There's yeah. a lot, the Mexican rooms where they do half their punchlines in Spanish. That wouldn't play sure. at the comedy store, but it would play in certain audiences. Well, when Diaz used to do Miami. He would do Spanglish. Yeah. He would half his punchlines would be in Spanish, and people would fall out of their fucking chair laughing. Because they understood him, it. And if you were a, a white guy who didn't swear, Fuck good it. luck. Yeah, good just luck. Just jump out a window. That was another thing. Oh, you're dirty. That's why you're successful. And oh, it's like, yeah. That's a big Hey, one. man, just start crushing, and it won't be an issue. Yeah. Well, that was a nonsense issue, too. Like, I don't want to follow someone dirty. Yeah. Well, why not? Yeah. Why? What, what difference does it have? Yeah, but this idea that, like... I'm not getting ahead because of a reason. It's not new. I just right. realized this has been going on as a reason to be like, 
off me why I'm not doing well. Yeah. And it doesn't – I think the real sexism – especially for women, is having to work with a bunch of people that are trying to fuck you all the time. Especially, I think, at open mics, when you're already ready to quit anyway. Yeah. You're about ready to quit. And now this fucking, these creeps are around, and there's no one to talk to. What, and they're the fucking half crazy. Co- the coffee shop owner, they're half yeah. homeless. I mean, yeah. for real homeless. Yeah. People who line up for open mics, there's a giant percentage of them that are out of their fucking mind. So if you're yeah. some girl who already feels vulnerable around men to begin with because you're smaller and you know and you're a you're a target for there's no, sexual there's harassment. There's no like manager or, to go talk to. Like, oh, hey, this guy's fucking. Can you walk me to my car? There's no rules. Yeah. You sign up. There's 30 other people signing up. You wait around for your name to be called. If you're lucky, you get three minutes. And you're still, no matter what, five years away from making a dollar. So yeah. it's like you know what? Fuck it. I'm yeah. done. If Mary Lynn Rice Cub today gets harassed. She's not going to quit. Right. She's still making money. Right. You know, she she might not come to the store anymore if nobody does anything about it. Um, but people would do something but, but, about but right, it. There's a place yeah. to go to for like, hey, you need to get rid of this guy. This yeah. audience member can't come anymore. And that's just comedy. I mean, with any job, when life the, I think women the real have issue. To deal with. Well, also with men. Men are fucking stupid. Okay. If you're working with a man and uh, you're nice to that man, he assumes you want to fuck him. Because this, this is evolution. This we're is monkeys. how it worked. Yeah, we're monkeys. Touch my arm and it's like, I'm in oh, for the next two like days. Oh, you must like me. Yeah, so if it. a woman is like kind to a guy and gets some coffee, the guy thinks she wants to suck his dick because yeah. he's stupid. Because this is how we're programmed. We're programmed to think that women who are nice to us, if that woman is attractive, she must be sending a signal she wants sexual attention. It can't just be some completely plutonic workplace situation. That's not possible because eight hours a day when you're working with someone, yeah. you develop feelings and thoughts and ideas about that person. I realized that when uh, we were doing the Nasty show in Montreal and uh, there's all these young interns. Um, some of them women, and you know, young people are cuter than old people. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'll stand by. You can be You're mad at me all ageist. you want. Yeah, you can You're be mad at me all you want. I fucking talk to every magazine. Yeah. Um, and you get this idea, and you're there a week early from everybody else. The nasty show starts way earlier, so you're pretty much the only English speaking show while the French stuff is going on. And these interns um, come out, and you're like, ooh, I think I can fuck one of them. And then it hit me like, oh, wait, there's also male interns who are also showing up to the shows. And you're like, oh, they're all just comedy fans. Mm. And I'm reading in these women must be flirting because they're coming when they're exhibiting the literally the exact same behavior as the men who are coming. Right. Coming to like, I want to hang out with the comedian. Yeah. And they might want hookup. They might not. But I'm putting something on them only because of their gender. And then it's like, okay, step back. You can't fuck any of these people. Right. Yeah. And that must be what it's like if you're the manager of an office and there's mm -hmm. a cute woman who works for you and a guy who's fat and gross and they're both exhibiting the exact same friendly behavior towards you. You don't assume the fat guy wants to suck your dick. Right. And then and then also it's like if you can still hook up. But they have to do all the work. The underling has to Man, do all the pushing. Can you even though? I don't think you can in an office environment. I think if the underling keeps pushing, then well, they you have could to push hard. They have to push hard. You can you can be like, "What are you doing this weekend?" Everybody, and a friend like, I'm of going mine. to a movie. You want to come? Like, uh, sure. Anybody else want to come? Like, you you have to like really not push and put them in that position. Mm, yeah, and there's people going to take advantage of that on both sides. Yeah. And even on the female side, um, there's a friend of mine who works at Vice, and uh, he was talking to me about this woman who was making these, like, really obvious... Um, Flotations? Well, advances. Uh-huh. She was trying to have sex with him. And uh, he contacted one of the other guys that he works with that is also there, and, he, and he's like, do not fuck her. 
Like she is upwardly mobile. Like what she was doing, she's trying to fuck her way up to the top. Uh, she did it to this guy, and then she called sexual harassment on him after she flirted with him. And sure, then this she, Rex. Anthony and then dated she one of those people. Some fucking some advance that she shouldn't have, and you know, some some nonsense went on. People are political. Some mm -hmm. people are very calculated, and some people are sociopaths. Mm -hmm. And they exist with vaginas. They exist with penises. It's just this is part of being a person. There's some people that are just bad people. But there's also some women who like power, and that's not wrong sure. either. That's and so it's like, either. oh, you're a manager. Right. It's oh, justifiably makes me want to fuck you a little more, and so that's okay too. Yeah. And well, there's some women also that but, like being in power, and we hate those women, but we don't hate the men who like to be in power. That's a weird thing, too. Like a woman yeah. who wants to run shit, we're like, look at this crazy bitch wanting to run everything. Whereas a guy who wants to run shit seems totally normal. Yeah, I will say it's a bigger wrong. It's like, what do you most likely want to avoid? You know, and it seems like a bigger wrong for someone to have to like worry about getting fucking, not just being able to do their job yeah. versus. Uh, oh, this chick wants to sleep with me because she wants to get ahead. Yeah, well, that's easy to avoid. Yeah. It's for the guy. It's, there's no physical threat. Uh, you oh, know. Way easier. There's yeah, never a physical threat for nothing. the guy. When, when people are like, well, I got my ass grabs. Like, and you could end it any time you want. Yeah, it's not the on. same. Stop it. I mean, unless you're like really f a mess and you know, you're just vulnerable psychologically, physically, all the above. You're, rare. you're an aberration. Yeah, you're an aberration. Yeah. Yeah, Has, I don't look, know how to I correct it, but like we were I, lucky we don't have to work with people all day, man. Be, people in a fucking office environment that are working around people all day and, and people have some weird shit. And then you go to the company Christmas party and some guy who works with your wife says some creepy shit to you because, you know, like, he's mm -hmm. been like he's been coveting your wife behind your back and you know, he wants her and you know, he's, he talks shit about you to her and she tells you and that kind of shit is so normal, man. Because you think about how many hours are in a day. You have yeah. 24 hours in a day, eight of them you're sleeping. Okay. So how much time is commuting? How much time is work? Most of your day is at work. So your That's life is not with, with your spouse. Yeah. You might not hook up with them, but you're interacting with them and in a disproportionate way. Yeah. But you, do you think with people sometimes talk about Me Too going too far, but let's talk about for a second, like Me Too going the right level. Do you think, and we don't work in office jobs, so we're just guessing. Right. Do you think sexual harassments are down now in the last year? I think men who are creeps are probably a little more cautious. I remember after the Mencia video, people all over open mics were calling each other out on it. Yeah. And then occasionally... It was a question of it went too far. We we're like, you stole that joke from me. It's like, dude, we both talked about the same movie. Right. You're trying to write me off my whole career off because I talked about, uh, uh, you know, whatever, Dance with Wolves, and so yeah. are you. But your right. thing was about the Native Americans. Your thing was about the fucking, mm -hmm. it, you know, the the dog they yeah. had. And so I'm sure it went too far here or there. But it was nice where it like it was no longer acceptable to steal jokes. Yes. And it wasn't just something we we're gonna tolerate. Right. It's gotta be like that too with this Me Too stuff. It's yes. no longer acceptable to fucking pat an ass. Exactly. And you can be like, what? I, ju I just wanted to, and everyone else, uh, even the guys like, dude, no. Dude, I couldn't imagine being a man were rather the opposite. Now. I couldn't imagine being a woman working for a man who wanted to fuck me and me getting a raise, me getting uh, some sort of uh, upward movement in my career is dependent upon this person making a decision and this person's always trying to fuck me oh. that would be disgusting and that's what a lot of women have to deal with all day long and that's only one step of it how about the fucking bill cosby step how about you can't leave your fucking drink alone
Oh, you yeah. can't leave your drink. That's a reality with a lot of women. That's not a reality with you or me. Yeah. We're not always trying to rape us. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of shit yeah. that women have to think about that we don't have to think about. A lot. Many, 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 many things. Yeah, it is interesting. This now is all coming up. Like, what? How many of you had something? Like, damn. Fuck. It's worse than I thought. A there's... lot of it's too because like, you just want to believe the best in, in the world and people. And so when you're like, this, you're like, no, that can't happen that much. It's not like you're the problem. You're not doing it. You just don't want to believe that's possible. We're so removed. You don't from... want to believe some kid can get chopped up by some, you know, some monster. Right. You're like, no. Right. Yeah, we're removed from it. We don't see it as much. It's not directed at us. We so live it... in fucked up worlds, man. Our world is everybody smokes pot. Almost everybody drinks. Yeah. You know, everybody's a deviant. Everybody is uh, impossible for them to have a regular job. Every single one of us that's successful as a comic, it's virtually impossible for any of us to have ever existed in an office environment and survived. Yeah. We're too fucked up, but we're perfect for comedy. You yeah. know what I mean? So like yeah. us, us talking about office politics and office environments. It's kind of it's silly. We have, no, we have no idea really what it we're is. fools. That's why I think it's funny when people say like, talk about, I don't know, Louie or something where it's like. It, it was a comedy festival, so it was it was at their job, and it's like, oh no 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 no, you just don't understand what comedy is. It's a is. workplace yeah. safety issue. If it was a workplace, then 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 you would yeah. have to say like, by the way, actually, do people do coke at the workplace right. in our job? Right. People actually consensually fuck during work. Yeah, at our at our workplace, like Cause that happens too. Like yeah, 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 a lot of pot smoking at our workplace. Yeah, like it's not it's yeah. not it's our not. Our workplace has a designated pot smoking place, and now where we While are. While you're now, in the green room, you yeah. can't fuck with anybody. But you can you can smoke. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a workplace. It's not. Well, it's but just, you should still have the rights to safety, but it ain't a workplace. Well, and you should. It's all like here's the thing. Like say if you're Tom and Christina, yeah. you're, you're married together. Yeah, you could fuck in the green room. Absolutely, just lock the door, and who's gonna stop you? So you could fuck at the workplace. Yeah, yeah, you could. That's not an issue. Yeah, people fuck in the green room all the time. Like, yeah, hey, but, beat it. This girl's coming in. But you can't fuck if. You know, you're the manager and she's a secretary and you pull her into your office. You get fired for that, even if it's your wife. You're not allowed to do that. Dude, at real work, you can't fuck at you work. You can't fuck at work. <laughs> Remember Constanza got fired? He goes, is that not allowed? What did he do at work? He fucked the mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, we caught you on camera. He goes, oh, I did, was that a problem? I didn't realize. <laughs> trying to lie his way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think people are listening more and it's slow. And I think it, the, the, the conversation gets sidetracked when you, you, you hit on punishment too much. When, when people hit on punishment, like this person needs to go away. It's like, can we get back to the fucking same thing with Michael Vick? It's when you're talking about whether he should be allowed to play football. It's like now you've sidetracked me from just saying, don't kill dogs. Yeah. I'm on your side. But like, right. oh, now you've sidetracked me to go. No, no, he should be allowed to play football. That has nothing to do with it. Let's just get back always to the argument. Like, let's make it safer for chicks in the workplace. Let's not let a black guy not get hired when he's deserving. Right. You know, let's fix that stuff. The punishment sidetracks us. You can still talk about it, but not when you're emotional. I think one thing that we've come with in this conversation is that jobs suck. Jobs do suck. And no one should have them because if you have them, people want to fuck you that you work with. Yeah. I think that's the that's the solution. When it's like men need to shut up, it's like, <laughs> all right, well, then we can't help you or hurt you if you need well, to shut up. Well, those people are just the, – there's fringe. There's loud fringe people like, you know – that's just one one of my favorite tweets that I saved from this feminist woman that said, "All white males are trash unless proven otherwise." Like, like, okay, all right, or great. Well, maybe... we're not going to then great. Then you, you but you want our help, so yeah. you, 
Okay, well, well, good luck with that. Unless proven otherwise, is a that's a ridiculous way to look at things. You yeah. Know? I mean, what if a man said that all women are cunts unless proven otherwise? That's a bad person. Well, it's right? also like the answer to I don't know white dudes have been in charge forever is not fuck these people over who I wasn't here for forever. White people just need to stop talking. Yeah, and it's like okay, okay, okay. that's. But the answer is, is lack of racism, lack of sexism. Yes, complete lack. Even. In judging white people, even in judging white males, even in judging white males in a position of power, yeah. like there should be no racism, there should be no discrimination, and that, people that, should be. That presidential candidate early, early last time, and they're like, how do you feel about Black Lives Matter? And he hadn't heard about it yet, mm-hmm. you know. And he goes, Yeah, what? And he was super progressive. Was like, of course, Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. What do you tell? Yeah, and they're like, all lives matter. That. You can't say that's that. a logo for the. That's a slogan for the other side. And yeah. they like wrote him off, and he's like, yeah. I just didn't know about your fucking three-word summation of the whole argument. Yeah, Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. And Bernie Sanders said Black Lives Matter, and he said why. And people are like, oh, you're super progressive. We love you, Bernie. You're playing by the rules that we've established, and you're saying the things that we make you say. Yeah. Well, of course, all lives matter, but Black Lives Matter as well. So do Yellow Lives Matter. Also, it's I mean, too. It's, it's too fucking crazy. It's too. It doesn't work as a slogan if you go. Hey, we need to figure out why black people are getting shot at a higher rate in their percentages um, than white people by cops. So we need to like curb that immediately, and we need to make it somewhere where you can actually trust the police to represent you all and not have a fear of them. It's like that's not a slogan you can throw out, right? But of if course. you said that, then nobody's gonna be like, no, you should have to worry about cops not doing. <laughs> it's well, like we were just like, yeah, I'll get behind that. Super deep and complex conversation about systemic racism in communities where, like in Baltimore, where they literally established zones where black people couldn't buy homes. Yeah, and now I you're mean, gonna sum it up into three words. Yeah, this is you've got giant cultural issues that should be addressed on literally a nationwide scale yeah like we're, we're interested in building nations and helping people in Afghanistan and, and giving aid to Saudi Arabia and all these different we're, uh, all, fill in the blank with whatever yeah. country it is how the fuck are they not fixing the south side of Chicago yeah I mean how the fuck are they not fixing Baltimore how are they not Flint. going to Compton Flint the fucking water is still I mean, undrinkable god damn it Elon Musk has to step in and, and say he's gonna fix your water and by the way you and I we have no idea about the Backstory to it and how to fix it. We have our no. opinions, and our opinions are worthless. They're just opinions. worthless They're and just opinions. no solutions. We're just neither, talking. Neither one of us have any skin in the game. We're talking yeah. out of our ass. But but we're not doing anything really things, wrong to people. We're not hurting anybody. But if we look, want to look at things objectively, that is a real valid yeah. argument. A real valid point of discussion. It's like sure, Black Lives Matter. But you know what else matters? really bad communities that have been bad for decade after decade after decade and they're not being addressed by any politicians they're not being addressed by any community leaders no one is stepping in and saying hey before we do anything involving any other country we've got to fix all the problems we have right here and they can be fixed they can be fixed and it might take decades it might take years i don't know how long it's going to take but it's not going to be fixed at all if we do nothing right i mean if we, we've we've that's also part of this argument when it goes too far as the pendulum was here mm-hmm. we want it back in the middle so it's just gonna have to swing like well, a little too far and then come back when we're talking about me too and and sexual harassment and rape and all this stuff i think one of the things that we're dealing with is information the distribution of information is occurring at a rate that's unprecedented it's never been like this before yeah and i think there's a real step that's going to happen with human beings where you're not you're going to be able to literally read minds 
And this is going to happen through some sort of emerging with humans and technology. Elon Musk believes it's going to be this thing that he's, he's releasing something in the next few months called Neuralink. And this Neuralink is going to somehow or another increase the bandwidth between people and information at a rate that's going to literally change what a human being is. And the way he was explaining it was very vague. But, you know, when you're talking about a guy like Elon Musk and the, the insane ideas that he has bouncing around inside his fucking robot brain, yeah. I believe him. And I believe this is one step. Just like no one could have ever predicted the Internet in 1960. You know, no one ever would have thought, other than I think Malcolm McLuhan uh, had right. a, uh, some, some people had some but no ideas. No one understood this. Yeah. Um, some people had some ideas of, of what, what could possibly happen. But... No one, no average person saw this coming. And I think no average person is going to see these next stages of integration between human beings and technology. And one of them is going to be some sort of a translation device, some sort of a translation device that translates not just languages, but thoughts and a universal language that is it's, it defies economic boundaries political boundaries, geographic boundaries, something that everyone's going to be able to understand. Like the real problem with Tower of Babel argument is that, you know, if someone's talking in Bangladesh and someone's talking in Japan and someone's talking in America, there's so, so many different ways of saying things. It's too hard to understand them all. No one knows all the languages, right? And, very and few the nuance. Do. Oh, yeah. There's so when much. When they translated The subtlety. Stranger, it, yeah. the first sentence is, um, and it's in French, I think, but it's it's mother died yesterday or was it the day before i can't be sure and they have to have arguments about should you use mother should you use mom should you use mama mm -hmm. like which one is he actually meaning in right. french to not just get like a sterile one but like a, a, a like a normalized Intimate. one it's like yeah, yeah it's like it's it's beyond just translation right. so yeah so go ahead and i think this is one of the giant problems with Whenever you're dealing with nationalism, whenever you're dealing with this idea of the other, that someone from another place is different than you. It's different than you. Yeah. yeah. Kids in Yemen's lives don't matter yeah. nearly as much as, um, I don't know, well, a, someone yeah. not getting hired for, sure. for late night Sure. Kids in Yemen TV. is a perfect example because they're using drones to launch missiles into a country that we're not even supposed to be at war with. Kids, six-year-olds. Yeah. Not, not insurgents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A six-year-old little girl is dead right. times a thousand. Right. But... You know, if one died, because like, but it's why is that okay? It's not happening in Chicago or San Francisco. Right. It's a, there's not drones launching into the East Village, so because that's not happening, we don't think of it as a, a concern of ours. Yeah. And this, I think, these hurdles, these are informational hurdles as much as they're geographical hurdles and they're language hurdles, and th these are. These are hurdles of understanding, and I think as our realm of understanding expands and we get a better understanding of the idea that we really are just human beings in different places and that you are no different than me and I'm no different from some kid who lives in China and that we're all just human beings and that whatever our differences are, they pale in comparison to our similarities. And also the random chance that you were born 
in Maryland and I was born in New Jersey. Yeah, that and too. This randomness and this idea that you take pride in that is so foolhardy and so ridiculous. And the idea that somehow or another we're on some sort of a tribe. And this is something that human beings cling to for security and safety. And we go with tribe left and tribe right. And we go with tribe progressive and tribe conservative. And we go with tribe America and tribe Canada and tribe Mexico. It's mm. all foolishness. And I think as technology expands, that will be more and more preposterous. And you're starting to see this with even the, the way people view religion. If you look to people from just a few decades ago, um, how many people in this country thought they were, uh, how many identified as atheists? It's quite a bit less than today. Hmm. Quite a bit more identify with today because you start to understand more about religion. There's Google. People can, um, and Bill Maher and Sam Harris were actually talking about this on a podcast recently um, because they were talking about the 10th anniversary of religious Bill Maher's documentary, and they made a really good point that Google came along, and when Google came along, people were allowed to then research the history of Mormonism, where they never really could before. And they go, right. wait, he was 14 in 1820, and Joseph Smith was just a kid, and he made up a bunch of... Find me a 14-year-old that's not full of shit, and right. that's way more impressive. And then Scientology and, and, and many of the, you know... Many of the chapters in the Bible, when people look at the difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament, and who wrote it, and why, and, and, and how many passages were removed and edited by human beings, so like, how, we, you decide the work of God, like what gets to be released and what's not. Yeah. All that stuff is, it's kindling. You see it now, it's like, meh. It's kindling for the fire of enlightenment, and, and that fire spreading. And I think that it's an informational tool. And these, uh, this... Yeah. I think fire that's of a, enlightenment is, is it's a bad term, fire of enlightenment. But no, just but the then when you, spread when, when you realize ideas. it's like me too, when it really does get out, we're like, whoa, I didn't realize how right. bad it had gotten. And we think about how many women, you like, they were talking about this a long time ago, and you're like, come on. Yeah, and you're like, man. Relax, honey. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's nah, okay. And now you're like, fuck, I guess it is really bad. Well, the Cosby Jeez. thing. The Cosby thing. I remember hearing about that when I was at news radio. Yeah, like, it was always a thing. Like, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. But I didn't think about it, like, in terms of, In like, real terms. As an actual person. An actress. Yeah. yeah. Or if, like, that was my sister who went through right. that. Or my mom. That's another reason, too, where I'll try to put myself in the place. I'm pretty good at, like... I mean, you've seen me tell stories. I get worked up. You know, I can put myself in the place I was or, you know, imagine something pretty pretty good. And so it's like, yeah, if, if it was your sister, your mom, your girlfriend, your wife, daughter going through it, you'd be like, I'll fucking kill that guy. You know, it's right. like you're so mad. But then the same thing when I hear about like, I don't know, like Louie. And if my sister is like told me that, I'd be like, he did what? Beat off in front of you? <laughs> was but it all red? You, was it right? all red? Like, uh, pubes? Was it red like, pubes? Like, How so, many of them were gray? Yeah, yeah, so it's like, right. yeah, I try to put in them as a position as best I can. I still don't have to go through it if it's wrong, but like, there's levels. There's but levels. Al but also, it's like, getting back to it, it's like, you really hear about all this stuff now, and you're like, whoa. But there's also, in terms of someone like Louis, there's got to be a road to redemption. And this is one of the problems with people that are so fucking angry, is that they don't think there's any road to redemption. They right, want his Vick. career Michael to be Vick taken should away. Michael should never play again. But the Michael Vick thing is different because Michael Vick tortured and murdered. Yeah. Didn't murder, murder. You're gonna yeah, but, murder. But he person. also went to jail tortured for four years. Dogs. He did the right. time that the state said you need to do this for what right. he did. He served his time. He lost his freedom for four years. Yes, yes. So his job that he had before has nothing to do with it. But it does come down to people going, I, I'm not through with you suffering yet. 
Okay. Same thing with Louis. I still think it's a different thing. I'm not thing. through with you suffering. You represent Killing evil to women. and torturing dogs. Of course it's different. Do you represent evil to women just because you beat off He's a representative of, them, just a of creeper? that. They're not, of course you're just a creeper, but like, not even that, I don't think. But like, but like. A pervert. I guess. What are you? I don't know, man. You're sexually deviant? You hang out with two girls who are like talking dirty to you for two days. You go on drinks with them. You start getting like the idea. It's like, I think I can hook up. I think I might have a threesome. And they're like, that's nah, not enough of a reason to go for it. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I need more signs. So like, well, let me say you want to go out for drinks. And they do. And it's like, still, no, it's not enough of a sign. It's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, I know. I'll invite them up to my hotel room. That's usually a pretty universal sign. And they're coming. They came to my hotel room. No, that's not enough. You're right. You're right. You're right. All these signs is not enough. Tell you what. I'll just ask outright. Can I fucking jerk off in front of you? And they said yes. No, that's still not enough? What are you talking about? Well, here's the... So no, not Creeper. But here's... he represents things to people. Yes. Just like Roseanne represented Trump when she said she has a character who voted for Trump in the show. So because they're representative of evil against women, they go, just get rid of that representative. Right. And they're not seeing him as a human being that people actually know. Right. That is a human, that is a person. Not only that, if someone says yes, if you ask, can I beat off in front of you, and they say yes. And then never say, no, no, I was just kidding. Just, here, just leave the yes out there. Here's this. We're done here. We're done. Did you say yes? Yeah. Okay. So if, like, if a girl says, can I, can I play with my pussy in front of you? And you go, yeah. And then she does it. You go, well, that was fucking disgusting, and I can't even believe this happened, and I'm going right to the press. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Did you say yes? Yeah. Like, okay, here's one thing is if this is a, an aggressive, angry person who traps you to a room, you, you feel like the you only the way blue? you can get out, the only way you can get out of this room is you let this guy beat off in front of you, and you're, you're fearful of your life. People don't really, most people don't really care. I, I saw him on stage. Everyone clapped like crazy. Yeah. They were so well, happy. And when he goes, guys, I'm just going to do jokes tonight. Everyone's like, fuck yes. Yeah. Just do jokes. Just do jokes. We just want to see what it. we, we loved about story. you two years ago. Yeah. I, Ten months ago. Yeah. And Michael Vick, we just want you to see you throw. We're done with that. You did your crime or we still hate you. There's nothing what to do with Michael how you, Richards? how you got your job. He, didn't, he just got, he just yelled out racist shit, but like but like nobody nobody saw nobody liked him on stage. But the thing, yeah, you're right. So but it's like I'm not missing anything about from you. Louis is you know, you there's got to be some path of redemption for everybody. Yeah, for everybody. I mean, human beings very can, can, wildly. Can Bill Cosby no not go up at a prison talent show? No. 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 It's over. He, can't even go up in, a, in prison? No. no. Disagree. No. I'm kidding. Until, I know. Look, Until you jail. show me the connection yeah. to what he did versus this job, you know what I mean? If you, Pete Rose bet on baseball. He hurt the job he was doing. So that, you like, you can't be in baseball anymore because you fucked over baseball. But did he fuck over baseball by betting on it? Yeah, he, they show he like probably threw some games. Threw or he, some games. He, he, or yeah. he like used his relievers in, in situations he wouldn't have that he can't use them tomorrow right. because you fucked over baseball. That fucked over so baseball. So you, baseball has, has shut its doors to you. Right. If you steal jokes, yes. You, you, maybe there is a path to redemption. Maybe. But you fucked over jokes. Well, you fucked over other comics. Yes. So you, you fucked over the experience you're talking about getting back but into. But that guy can go to the supermarket. Yes. He can work at another job because it has nothing. You haven't shown me a connection to another job. See, the thing about the joke stealing thing, and this is where it gets really, really weird, is there's no real punishment other than people deciding they don't like you because you're a joke thief. Exactly. And that is the real punishment. Like you're talking about, can Twitter take you down? It's like, no, no, no. What yeah, I'm saying but... is it's different than someone who steals cars. Right. 
Someone steals cars. There's a punishment set up. Yeah, you go to jail. It's illegal. If someone steals jokes, like, you've basically done the same thing. You've mm -hmm. stolen a thing. And, you know, that thing is ethereal. The thing sort is. Sort of. Yeah, you've stolen It's also a little a different because you can still do your jokes. If I steal your car, you can't have your car oh, no, anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. If somebody goes on in front of you, like we know Mencia did, yeah. and does your headline, your, your closing bit. Oh, on purpose to on fuck purpose with you. On purpose to fuck with you. He would do closing bits. The best when, was Freddie fucking with Bobby once. And he was like, oh, you're going to love this. I mean, he would fuck with Bobby. Bobby Lee, what yeah, do you do? But it wasn't to Freddy steal. Soto? Yeah, it was to fuck with Bobby. What did he say? You're going to love this next guy. He's so funny. And Bobby, all he wanted was Freddie's support. He looked up to him so hard, and he could never get it. You're going to love this next guy. He does this joke about selling corn on the side of the road. He's like, yelling corny, corny, yells. So good. He has this other bit about, about his dad. He would tell his bits? He would just tell the, the ending punchlines of his bit. Why would he bit. do that? Just pull his legs out from under him. That's a terrible thing. To do. <laughs> I mean, he was fucking with him, but he wasn't doing to gain himself only to hurt Bobby and only in one moment that I ever saw. But it was like, fuck, you got me bad. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they were bitter enemies. It was Why like, were they bitter enemies? Something about ratting, ratting them out to somebody a long time before. Does, oh. does, does the arguments way gone. Yeah. It's done. But like they hated each other back then. Mm. Freddie hated Bobby. Bobby hated him back only because the thing about people getting caught it's like the punishment's real though it's almost better than going to jail yeah it's like we don't we, we know about you now not only do we know about you now but the public knows about yeah. you now and the disdain is palpable yeah it's real and you see it not just with him not just with mencia but there's a few of them and you can tell the difference too between somebody going that guy took that guy's joke versus that guy takes jokes Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The, yeah. That guy took that guy. That's out there and that's real. Right. But doesn't quite stick as much as like, we all just know that guy steals jokes. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, it's not a, a possible like, eh, parallel. it's like over and over again. Like There's such a clarity too in the mm -hmm. difference between the jokes they come up with on their own yeah. and, and the jokes that they steal. And sure, you can keep going up. You can still sell out theaters. So your punishment is, we know about you. I can't, you can't sell out theaters though. That's what happens to them. Eventually, but a lot of them still do. Name one. Dan Cook continued to sell out theaters while he's does those, those things dog, But dog it died them. off. Eventually, but a lot of people die off too. Um, but during while it was happening, it, there was no real. He was still doing massive numbers. Mencia was still doing living better than most A-level comics, even after right all that. Right now, this, you mean? Even right now, actually. He still makes mm. more money than, than Mike Vecchione does, you mm. know, than really good comics than Big J does, you know. He probably still makes more money than I do, to be honest. You know, and I'm doing as great as I've ever done. But like, so it's like, it, yeah, it doesn't get taken away from you completely. Exactly. You You'll never get the respect peers. of your peers. That's a big deal with us. Mm -hmm. you That's know, what Ron, else said Ron the Ron White and I were talking about this in the, the back of the comedy store. Yeah. He was talking about a bunch of shit he was going through and splitting up and all this and that. He goes, listen, at the end of the day, all I give a fuck about, do I have the love and respect of my peers? Yeah, and those guys don't have it, and it fucking drives them crazy. Oh, it's and drive so you crazy. there's your punishment. You can take jokes and do whatever, but like, we're never gonna look up to you, and that's what you want. Yeah, and on that. Nobody note. hates Larry. Nobody hates Larry. Larry they might, the cable they guy? might think he's like lame, but nobody hates him. Larry the cable guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's a Wait, great guy. Wait, I want one more story before oh, I go yeah, about yeah, MMA. Yeah, yeah. This is a really an MMA podcast. It's kind of not, but it is. But that's <laughs> we could go either way. Release it however you want. Listen, but this like, fucking podcast yeah. is always like that, though. Yeah, um, I did this thing. You helped me like organize a little bit, or or arrange it in my head, where I was 
really stoked on the experience that LA people have with medical marijuana. And I said, it's not fair that other people don't get to have this experience of taking these breath strips at a UFC <laughs> and how great it is. And I was like, I'm going to have an event called Hunt for the Edible. Oh, no. And I am going to hide marijuana, have a scavenger hunt. At first, I thought, like, have some clues and they'll come to me. I'll give it to them. I'm like, a uh, cop will do that and come to you. And you're like, good point, good point. I got to hide this. Uh, so I would hide, dr- I mean, drugs, but only marijuana, uh, one time mushrooms, but like uh, at UFCs. I would have access to him beforehand. When we went to the MGM, for the weigh-ins, half of it was shut down. So the other half, I could just walk through freely. And I would hide. I would tape these breath strips to somewhere. The first one is underneath a bathroom sink in a fucking, in one of the bathrooms. And draw clues on Twitter. Release them every five minutes. Plan them out ahead of time. Where one was like, if you want to get high, go up a level. And it was like, okay. People would like run up. People got into it. They run up levels, and then they until this guy was like, "I think it's right here, this bathroom sink." Then he looked under it, undid it, had a note in there with the proper dosage. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really want to fuck anybody over. And uh, it became such a fun, fun time. I got to assume the powers that be knew about it and said nothing. Said plausible deniability. I don't know. I don't care. Did I promote it? I forget. No. no. Did I tell people? No, I don't think no. so. Yeah, so how do they how do you think they knew about it? Twitter, I might have mentioned it on the podcast or something, but um <laughs> it was so fun for me. Um and I would do it over and over again and then I would go back. I remember looking times where I would go it was, I would tape it to like a, a a pillar somewhere, like the pearl, and I would go to see if it's found and I would just be an usher go like I, as I was looking and he didn't know I was the one who hit it, you know. He he would just go, "What you're looking for is no longer here." Because I guess a bunch of people kept coming to this oh. pillar. They would follow the clues. No one said. Angry usher. It's someone, no one said, it's found now. Cut the game. Later, I would go in and delete all the clues. I'm not looking to fuck over the cops or anything like that. But it was so fun. One time, nobody found one. I was always leaving. I'm still here. I'm fucking taking it off. I'm using it myself. <laughs> but usually, I'd hide two of them underneath a fucking fire extinguisher. Something like that. Now, one time... Um, Somebody found it and then came down and sat like right behind me and Chandra. And then um, these, these ushers slash security guards came and found the guy and said, hey, I need you to come with me. And they took him out. And I was like, fuck. He kept his mouth. He wasn't like, it was this guy in front of me. And I sat there for about 30 seconds. And I was like, I got to go, Chandra. I got to go fucking, I got to turn myself in on this. Wow. Yeah. And she was like, "What?" I'm like, I'm, I'm not letting this fucking kid do a fuck. I, I got to say, like, no, I hit it. I'll, I'll figure it out. And then I went up there, and they were like, oh, no, they were just moving our seats because we were, uh, we were sitting in the wrong seats. We're fine. You yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, thank God, thank God. But didn't you get busted in, like, Minneapolis or some shit? Yeah, at the Mall of America. That wasn't yeah. at a UFC. At the Mall of America, I got oh, found. Oh, you kept doing it outside the UFC. Yeah, sure. People would be like, party yeah. Actually, I never did mushrooms. Mushrooms was in, was in Winnipeg. was not at a UFC was just at comedy shows. Oh. Uh, but the UFC experience was so fun for me to give these people the drugs that I took, and I want yeah. you to experience this heavily <laughs> blown out on weed experience that I, me and Diaz get to do. And it was fun to spread that joy. It really was fun. It was one of my favorite memories of this UFC. I wonder if you could do that again now that it's totally legal. Oh, maybe. You're In right. California and Nevada, they're both legal, entirely legal. Legal, wow. legal. legal. Wow. Massachusetts, legal, legal. Wow. There's a bunch of states now, you know, and now all of Canada. 
All of Canada, that's October right. October 17th, Canada fucking went whole hog, baby. I wonder if I could do it again. Salute, Canada. Salute. You bad motherfuckers. Yeah, finally Congratulations. That's a beautiful thing they did. They made it legal one nationwide. Hour, one hour before the first guy got pulled over for smoking weed in his car. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, right? Yeah, no, that's what it was. It was, was an it? hour after it was fully legalized. The guy got busted for yeah, smoking weed in the do car. That. Don't do that. Smoke dummy. weed before you get in the car, you yeah, idiots. Come on, stupid. Don't be ridiculous. Um, yeah, but that was one of my favorite memories of UFCs, having that thing. We had some good goddamn times. We and it was funny that times. it took me a long time to figure out that I could combine the UFC and comedy. Yeah, I remember you taking us with us a few times. And then I was like, dude, why are we doing nothing on Friday nights? And you're like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I can't schedule a show. Can you schedule a show? Yeah. I mean, we're going to do guest spots somewhere. Yeah. Let's just make a couple bucks. What did we do? How did we start doing it? Do I think remember? we would. Okay, I think, honestly, when we did like the Pearl or something. Court McCown would be like, hey, if you, you want to come in and do a set, you can. Like like Dom Herrera right. had like sets. He's like, yeah, come do a set. I remember smoking cigars with me, you, him, mm -hmm. uh, Kevin James, and just like the common bar. Yeah, those that's the, right. I hated those clubs, but those common bars were the best. Those were great. And we were we could sneak around back Doug. then. Yeah, we didn't exactly. get attacked. Mm -hmm. We didn't get mobbed. Yeah. And then eventually it was like, hey, instead of just doing occasional guest spots, why don't we do clubs? And the clubs would get full. I remember Guy Tory doing something maybe in Omaha. And it was like, well, how about a midnight Friday show? Can we do yeah. that? You don't want to bump anybody. Right. But then you would schedule it months and months out so nobody was scheduled. Yeah. And then theaters was just one night anyway. Um, and it was just became like we're not wasting time yeah. doing these fun UFC stuff. We're actually working. If you ever want to do those again, man, we could do yeah. some. It became harder some. as I started headlining to be like, yeah. I got to give up time Yeah. to go do that. I remember one time it was uh, – you were like, can you come to Dallas? You know how there's like shows that are important to you? It might not be the most money or anything, but it's important to you. Um, case in point, I went to do the Wilbur. My first time doing the Wilbur. you know, And that was one of the ones I remember you doing and me opening for you. And then I'm doing two shows at the Wilbur. I'm like, this is, I want to show Boston. It's an important comedy city. Yeah. So then I was like, I needed to get like a really good opener. Just somebody. I got Joe Liss. It was like, you're a headliner. I need you to open for me. And luckily, he'd been open for Louie. And his schedule became clear. Um, because, <laughs> lucky for us, that's how I opened every show. Lucky for us. Is, um, but um, yeah, and you were like, you had this show in Dallas, and you're like, can you do it? I'm like, I'm doing the fucking San Francisco um, comedy festivals. Like, how much are you getting paid? I'm like, honestly, like 400 bucks. It's not about that. I agreed. And you're like, I'll give you $5,000. I'll cancel now. <laughs> Let me get off the phone right now and I'll go ahead and finish I the process of canceling. I wanted you to do it because it would be more fun. Yeah, there's that too. You know? Yeah. It would be more fun. I mean, we've had some fucking fun times, man. Blast. And when I talk to people about the road, they go, oh, the road is lonely. The road's... I'm like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're supposed to do it with your best friends. Do some fun shit with it. I, I try to stay later on Sunday and go hiking if it's like a yeah. if it's cold in New York and I'm in Austin. Fucking stay in the warmth a little bit. Yeah. Do something fun. That's a good move. You know. Yeah. But yeah, but you and your friends is the number one. It's way a different to different it. thing, man. You know, the entourage thing when we did that, it was too big. It was it too got much, out of too control. Much it was too much work. It was too hard to organize and get everybody together, and it was too much pressure on me. I was like, I don't want to deal with this. I just want. I, yeah, like, you had to be an administrator too with all yeah, these people. Even two openers or two acts with me, it's too much work. One person is fine. The only reason you brought a second opener <laughs> was because the one opener was so irresponsible. You couldn't <laughs> trust that he'd be there. But he was so brilliant that I refused to not hire him whenever I could work yeah, with the him. The obvious is answer Joey. is get someone else. Mm -mm. But you were like, no, I'll get no. a buffer in case. <laughs> 
Well, my feeling on Diaz is always that, like I have a special. I've always had a special place in my heart for him because I he reminded me so much of my friend Johnny Johnny B from New York who Johnny died. the pool player. Yeah, and like I knew what Joey was. He's this brilliant guy who had a really hard time with reality, with with re- with life, with mm-hmm. civilization. He was just, but in those moments of of brilliance, he was worth everything to me. So I was like, look, uh, what I'm going to try to do with this guy is I'm going to try to somehow or another because I had, uh, I was in mainstream. I had a television show. Pull him in I somehow. I had clubs that I could headline. I'm like, I'm going to bring this guy into the world, and I'm going to show him how I do it, and I'm going to like indoctrinate him. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, he's older than me, and I respect him, and I'm not like a mentor to him, but I am someone who was more advanced in comedy, and but was a giant fan of Joey Diaz. So I was like, I just want to figure out a way where it can work for this guy. Because I know if this guy's just out there hustling and, and being crazy and yeah, doing yeah. coke, it's just it's going to go off the rails. Like, whatever I can do. to and, and I think it helped him that someone who was established, who a, a guy who legitimately me, yeah. didn't give a fuck what he did. I wanted him to you be wild. You let him be himself. Want to be himself. Yeah, you loved it wilder than I ever. want him. I want to be fun. I, I don't care. I never cared about what went on. I wanted I wanted fun for everybody. Like that was it was important for me that I'd be the only one like that's one of the biggest poisons ever with comics. Be the I'm only the funny one. Yeah. I'm the headliner. I'm the only one who kills and you, you guys are doing too well or you guys are doing too much time. For me it was like go have fun. Yeah. We're here to party. This is a party. Case in point, Denver once when I, I mean, I just did way too long. It was just me and you, I think, but I did 44 minutes. And Red Band's like, dude, you did like 45 minutes. I was like, no, I did not. For, just didn't realize. And he's like, you did. I'm like, there's no way. I did 25 or 30. But that's such a good club, the comedy yeah. was. And he goes, I recorded it on video. I can show you the starting point and the ending point. And he did. And I was like, oh, fuck. I've told you this before. But, yeah. but I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. That was way wrong. You're like, no, it didn't matter. I'm like, no, no, I, I'm really, I'm really sorry. He goes, no, no, it didn't matter. I'm like, no, but I shouldn't do that. You're like, no, no, you killed, and then I went up and killed. So you haven't made a connection to me where it does actually matter. Doesn't matter. We both killed. Why yeah. is it an issue? If it goes off the rails one time and you go long, like who gives a shit? Yeah, and it's not a consistent thing. It's just thing. fun. Yeah. It's just that the whole thing to to all of us should be. We know the process. Try yeah. some shit. Have fun, and the audience has a great time. That's what I all. That's all I wanted. And like, and to have also that stand up wasn't something that I had to do for money. Like stand up was almost like supplementing uh-huh. whether it was news radio money shit. or fear factor money it's like i had all this money that i i could my bills were okay i was okay i didn't yeah. have to think about it mm. so i didn't worry about getting kicked out of clubs i didn't worry about <laughs> not like, getting man. booked i'm like so what like we're here to have fun and we rolled through the entire country like that and it worked god it was fun god damn dude we we had the time of our lives when you look back if we look back as you know senior citizens at the fucking the the rare great times that we had consistently all across the country. The offstage stuff was tough. Great. Uh, for me, on stage, I was getting more stage time than I would get in L.A. Yeah. And I was getting this weird exposure to an actual good crowd where I could like experiment with pausing. 
I wouldn't be afraid of losing a crowd. Packed if I, shows, yeah. you're doing a half hour consistently, oh, two shows a night. I talked to Michelle, she just went to a wolf. She just went to, uh, I think, Comedy Works for the first time. And I was like, oh, how is it? She goes, it's not fair. They're laughing at setups. It's just too good. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I'm like, it's a victory lap. You should enjoy it. And then I remember, like, I think that might have been the first time I went with Brogan. It was. And I was doing so well that he's like, oh, you're coming with me again. It was almost like, like it was unfair showcase, you know. To how... Well, I already knew you were funny. Yeah, you know? I guess that's why you asked me to go with him in the first place. But yeah, like, but I was like, this is the perfect club for anybody to try out in because it's so set. It's up. like a wind-assisted 100-yard dash, you know, <laughs> with heavy gusts of wind. Right. It's almost like you have a sail. Yeah. 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 Oh, they were fun. Yeah, we had a great fucking time, dude. But and it worked. Look, I mean, look how all the the people that went with us, whether it's Diaz or Duncan or you or Segura. They're murdering now all over the country. Murdering. Doing quite well. If I was a talent scout, dude, I'd be 100%. No, you would not. Think would harder. You're okay, about... let's, let's not. Let's okay, not. yeah. Let's I'm not going to say I was going to write down the names. But you, know you're not but you know you're not 100%. Pretty goddamn close. <laughs> you have a great percentage. Because the people that I wasn't 100% on, they failed themselves. Right, they also had the potential to be, yes. and then it's on them. Well, discipline is something that a lot of people lack, man. And yeah. it's not very, very unfortunate. And we're seeing it right now, Burt Kreischer. You're behind by a thousand points, motherfucker. <laughs> Can I promote two dates before we yeah. go? I'm doing a live reading of the of uh, um, with Danish and O'Neill in New York, November 11th, of the screenplay I wrote in college. Oh, I've been hearing about this on your podcast. Shooter. Yeah, oh, by the way, your podcast on Sober October where you're walking around New York <laughs> is goddamn awesome. I'm so angry and full of fucking so withdrawal. So fucking hilarious. Thanks. Thanks. You're my, you're my favorite when you're angry. Angry Ari is my favorite Ari. When you're so fucking furious, you're fucking. That's that's my favorite Ari. Uh, and then I got a European tour coming November and uh, and uh, November 16th starts in Reykjavik and it ends November, uh, December 9th in Zurich and all sorts of cities. So Get please check out AriTheGreat.com for tickets. Um, I'd love to see you out there, Brussels, Amsterdam, Copenhagen, all sorts of places. Boom. And uh, there's 10 more days, ladies and gentlemen. As 10 more days. And then do that hair on. 10, 10 more days, and then we're going crazy. I can't wait for November that. November 5th will be the wrap-up show where someone besides Burt Kreischer will get that championship belt. I might go work out right now. I'm going to go work out right now. I have to. I have to. <laughs> I have to twist a blade. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>